Welcome to Mr. Podcast with Claude. And Justin. <laughs> Forgot to say my name there. Uh, we have returned to discuss Twin Peaks, the return part 13. The evil number 13. What story is that, is that Charlie? Is that why this episode is so boring? <laughs> Unlucky 13. <laughs> I think it's the numerology. Didn't the giant say remember 13? Maybe. Maybe. Okay, he didn't say that. Um, yeah, wow. This episode um, reminded me, I guess, of part 10 a bit, where there was a lot of scenes, but not a lot of good scenes. <laughs> or scenes that really, like, I guess I guess really like Cap, you know, had 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 the sort of uh, forward momentum that you know some of the other episodes have had, where it's just kind of like, okay, here's the next bit of this plot line. All right, you know, we're we're clearly dragging out, um, you know, getting to the two days listed in the major's uh, the major's note. Uh, yeah, something weird. Ha- so I mean, we've talked about. Um the you know the editing that they did with some of these scenes and i think in this one it's the first time it's something that um i mean i guess you know you can you can debate like well maybe they're just showing them out of order or whatever but it's something that clearly seems to be out of sequence um because uh when um when bobby's at the double r uh, mm-hmm. He says, um, he says, we found some stuff of, of my father's today. Uh, and. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was, I mean, when was that? I think that was part. I think that was like nine? two weeks ago. <laughs> I think it was. Yeah. I mean, in, in terms of the stuff we've seen in Twin Peaks, I mean, I think multiple days have passed since that supposedly happened at least according to like you know well listen the storylines they've shown the previous night was the gunshot right um i mean in terms of we know there was a night for example that happened yeah it was the gunshot and the car accident yeah like and maybe and that was already after yeah it could have been that same day i guess that's what i was gonna say i was like maybe earlier that day is when they found it yeah. But more likely it feel it feels like at least the day before that. Yeah. Uh but yeah, that's interesting to um to say <laughs> I didn't catch that. Um but I wonder maybe that's just a prop error. This is a script continuity error. I mean, um you know, they like forgot what day it was. <laughs> it just it made me think that they uh that they maybe had written the scene to be placed earlier. Mm-hmm. And decided mm-hmm. to move it later and, yeah. you know, either didn't notice or didn't think that it was important enough. Because really, that's the only line in that scene that causes continuity issues. Mm-hmm. Like, everything else in the scene could pretty much play, you know, at any point mm-hmm. this this season. Um, and it would have been fine. So, yeah. So, uh, like, for some of these scenes, I'm starting to wonder, like... Where, where were they intended to take place? Because it seems like that would compress the time with, with Becky and Steven scenes. 
Yeah. And that would almost make those those two last scenes like happen on the same day or something. Yeah. Uh yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, that's I'm true. sure someone out there is working on like a chronology of this show, right? Like yeah, of all the scenes I've seen and... a ridiculous long list of yeah, trying to say like what day and you know, approximately what mm-hmm. time. Like every single event happened in every single story. Nice. It's really it's really quite a project. But you know, like for example, uh the sarah palmer scene um mm-hmm. like i'm not convinced that's actually supposed to be after the last uh thing we saw um in part 12 um well it would make sense if it was before because uh yeah she's out of alcohol exactly you know and then it would make sense that that she decides to go to the store the next day um but that <laughs> but yeah that's weird wow yeah uh, i was wondering i thought i thought that was so weird that it's like she's pouring a drink and then she's like oh i'm out of alcohol i'm gonna get up and leave the room for 20 minutes while the camera stays here right and you don't expect her to come back with like no alcohol like she comes back with the drop and it's like but yeah didn't you but but then it was like okay she didn't get it at the store because she left it at the store right. but what about the bad boy that, he, yeah what about the bad boy <laughs> Uh, everyone forgets the bag boy and the grassy knoll, right? I mean, like, <laughs> next to the book depository. Um, yeah, I, so whether, maybe he never came, right? But that, you know, and it was Bob in the ceiling fan unpacking her groceries. Oh, God. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yikes. Um, yeah, so anyway, yeah, that's weird, yeah. You know, that's the one thing the show doesn't need is, like, chronological issues. Yeah, like, yeah i like a lot of the stuff they've had um like you know the dr amp uh rants the uh mm-hmm. i mean even the their the scene with dr jacoby and nadine in this episode the the jerry horn stuff like in a way they could kind of slide that in anywhere you know it doesn't really affect anything hmm. else and it 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 doesn't at least so far, like, there's no, there's nothing that, like, needs to happen at a particular time with the other stories, because it's just yeah. isolated, and I feel like, you know, I mean, they showed, uh, they showed Sarah Palmer, like, watching TV way at the beginning, I think it was part one or two or something, mm-hmm. um, you know, she was watching that, like, nature show, and, um, uh, you know, it feels like this is kind of like that, like, they have certain things where they just filmed, like, I don't know, hours of like characters <laughs> like doing you know doing something and mm-hmm. or, or just sitting there and um and and they can kind of just slide that in uh, mm-hmm. you know wherever it seems appropriate um well i was gonna have a crackpot suggestion that um time is going in reverse now and we're gonna we're gonna head towards a reverse singularity at the end of the episode oh, and uh that's how Cooper is going to wake up. He's just going to unbecome Dougie. <laughs> oh, well, that's good. I mean, anything that helps with that situation. Yeah. Because um, uh, the uh, Las Vegas Police Department are not helping. Wow, what a what an interesting thing to like start that storyline and then be like, nope. Yep. Uh, they just laugh it off. Ah, yeah. Whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like wow. I was sure that that was 
Mm-hmm. You know, now of course it's still possible that you know the fact that the you know the 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 request was made, the hit came up, that could still end up going to the FBI, and mm-hmm. they could still find out. You know, and they already are on alert about Las Vegas because of Diane's yeah. message. So like, it could still come into play, but it is clear that the detectives Fusco, who are <laughs> indeed <laughs> brothers, we find out. Um, uh, are not going to be playing a big role <laughs> in uh, helping out Cooper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was interesting. Uh, yeah, I totally thought that that was going to lead to the inevitable conclusion. You know, we talked about that on the last podcast. Um, so, and it's interesting, too, to just, like, get a completely different sort of uh reaction from kind of the same evidence right you know um or you know sort of a similar similar version of the that kind of whole fingerprint thing and right uh and, and is this the real cooper and, and everything and they're just like yeah nope throw it in the trash you owe me a dollar yep 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 and can i just point out so i mean you know dougie watch is like a, a main activity for I think anyone watching the show and um, it like thinking through the Dougie story like it's starting to get ridiculous um, maybe it's past the point of being ridiculous but... I, I think it passed the point the first plot point so so we had I just want to track through like what's happening here we had originally uh, okay. we had Lorraine's people waiting for yep. Dougie to kill him yeah and then uh, uh, and I guess this is, I guess this is all Duncan Todd arranging this somehow, but yeah. th- then we had, um, Ike the Spike go kill Lorraine, yeah. and then he made an attempt, he yep. failed, so then, uh, then Duncan Todd gets Anthony to go try to get the Mitchum brothers to kill him, mm-hmm. that fails, yeah. In this one, Anthony himself tries to do it and, yep. you know, changes his mind and so he doesn't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we have, first of all, we have, um, uh, I mean, you know, I feel like there was a couple of implications, like a possible next people to try to kill Dougie, but I think there's like three possibilities on the table already, which is just ridiculous. So like, there's these two cops, these crooked cops that mm-hmm. uh, Anthony goes to, and you know they're clearly like involved with Duncan Todd. And even in the, in one of the scenes um, in the insurance office, Anthony's like, "Oh, they're worse than him." Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I'm like, "What?" So, um, <laughs> you know, so I started thinking like, "Oh God, maybe they'll end up," you know, because like basically, uh, Duncan Todd was threatened. You know, you ha- yeah. you have to do it. Uh, if you can't get someone else to. So, like, if he doesn't want to do it himself, maybe he gets these dirty cops to do it. Maybe he does it himself. That's the second possibility. And then we have Hutch and Chantal uh, on the, clearly mm-hmm. going through Utah on their way to Las Vegas, and they're also going to fucking try. And it's just like, holy shit, how many is that? That's like, <laughs> we're up to, like, five or six, like, people trying to kill Dougie and yeah. failing. It's just like, I mean, is it not getting, like, like a farce at this point? Like, what? what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when will this madness end? <laughs> oh, my God. 
Well, I think they, well, I guess it's, you know, if you, you know, what you laid out basically means like it has to end at some point. So the, the obvious conclusion is that Mr. C has to do it himself. Yeah. I think that's the last person that could be on the list because obviously no one's going to succeed. Right. We're going to probably have everyone try. Um, And um, yeah, so I I think maybe everybody just fails. There's three more rounds, right? Uh, Todd, Chantal, and Hutch. Yeah, and the cops. uh, uh, The cops. I was also going to put in um, uh, what's his name? Is it Randy? Uh, who's Todd's assistant? Roger. Um, Roger. Sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. He might. He might try to get Roger to do. He it. might try to sick Roger on it. He kind of called them in. So. Yeah. Uh, so that's a yeah. total of four attempts that failed. Yeah. And then four possible future attempts, not yeah. including Mister C himself. Right. Right. So that sounds like a plan to me. Uh, How and- about you, Mark? <laughs> <laughs> we only have five uh, parts left. Oh, good. Then we have one to spare. <laughs> so, it's just like... And that'll be for Mr. C. That's really... They each have a part to... Yeah, wow. I mean, is the that next really four parts. it? I mean, it's, you know... I mean, they've already squandered their Cooper time, obviously, but it's mm-hmm. like, if they push it that deep, it's like, wow, I, I can't believe the the commitment it's like that plot point in in the original series when uh, when Josie uh, tr- uh, tried to kill Cooper, but it's it's a whole bunch of Josies, right? Yeah, exactly. And sort of failing worse. Yes, <laughs> she yes. at least hit the target. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It it ended up being like um, uh, well, he was wearing a bulletproof vest or something. Like it's. She, she mm-hmm. definitely shot him. But he had it uh, up high because he was scratching an itch right. from a wood, a wood tick. Right. And then the bullet, like, <laughs> killed the tick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but it, definitely more successful. I mean, he ended up in the hospital. Yeah. You know, so that was, that was a... a... He got to see the giant. Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. That was good for Josie. Yeah. Sure. Good, yeah, good yeah, job. yeah. Thanks, Josie. And all she got for her for her trouble was to be locked in the woods. <laughs> um, yeah. But, you know, one of the things I want to say about Hutch and Chantal is, you know, we saw her and him uh, take out the, um, the sh- not the sheriff, warden. the warden. Yeah. And we know they like to do it at home, outside their home in a long range. So I think that gives us a hint about if they do end up in Vegas and are the ones who try to do it, what they how they might try to do it. Right. And, uh, you know, you can kind of think about how could Dougie survive or get out of that? Or is it, oh, you know, as soon as they pull the trigger, he drops something and picks it up. Because it is a yeah. it is a farce. That you was know, the like, first, uh, yeah, when mm-hmm. uh, Lorraine's team was there, that was kind of what happened. Exactly, exactly. He just dropped something at the right time. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, if he can't even see them coming, then there's not much he can do. Yeah. Um, like realistically, so then yeah, then it has to be some coincidence, some maybe other the, party uh, intervening, or maybe the owl will alert him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the owl's still there. Sure, why not? Well, but yeah, that's a good point. Like maybe that is part of the part of the scene. It kind of establishes the the way they are going to carry out these mm-hmm. hit jobs, and so. Uh, 
Yeah, and you know we're going to see those two crooked cops again because if there's one thing David Lynch loves, it's a pair of cops. <laughs> um, and it's like it's like number one is a woman in trouble. Right. <laughs> number two is a man in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> and number three is a pair of cops. Yeah. A yeah. pair of like middle aged cops. Yeah. Yeah, he's all about that. And then you know this time he has a triplet, which he really upped the ante with the uh, Fuscos. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The three, the three Fuscos, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The the three Fuscamigos, is I think <laughs> what their friends call them. <laughs> God. Um, but yeah, overall, yeah, there was a lot of it was it was a tough episode to watch in a way, you know, like that early stuff, really like. The first nine parts, you know, uh, were like consistently good and interesting. And um, but, yeah, I think we're in the part of the season where it's it's not really not spinning its wheels per se. It's just not in high gear, which would sort of make sense. You know, you'd get some ebb and flow to the story so that, right. you know, it, it can sort of ratchet up towards the end. Um, you know, but I think any episode where. Where, where James gets to play at the Roadhouse, his <laughs> infamous song, is really operating in first song. gear. Yeah, his one song. He that, can still hit those high notes 25 he, years later. Guys, he hasn't lost it. He doesn't smoke. He takes care of his <laughs> vocal cords. He can hit the falsettos. Um, he's still not playing that guitar quite what the track is, but he's... He's like ninety percent there. I, he, it's really those little ham runs he's not doing, and I'm yeah. like, I, you could really do that, man. Like, it's you're you, you look like you're really playing it, but I just I want you to hit those ham runs. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's wow, what a dreamy, what a dreamy song. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but was there a new verse? Or was that always was that 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 part in in love we go strolling together was that always in there? Yeah. Uh, okay. But uh, the song does get cut off uh, in the uh, in the original series. Oh, because, because uh, someone's making googly eyes at yeah. someone else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's kind of that. Yeah. <laughs> Donna gets jealous scene that we got so many times. Yeah, yeah. James is looking at Maddie, and then yeah, Donna runs off, and James goes mm-hmm. after her, and then Maddie sees Bob, and <laughs> Maddie lost. Maddie lost out in that little scenario. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she drew the short end of the stick. Yes. <laughs> I guess that begs the question: if 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 Bob would have showed up anyway. I mean, I don't think they would have all seen him, but I wonder if, if right. he would have shown up, showed up anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, That's a good question. And, and and I not to start a tangent here, but was 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 Bob interested in Maddie because she's like basically sister's uh, Laura's doppelganger? You know, like yeah, she, you know, she's like the next best thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, um, uh, I think I think it's never been answered um mm-hmm. what you know why maddie adequately i know uh cooper has like two theories that he throws out there and the first one is you know she knew that leland killed laura which is not true uh-huh. and the second is that bob wanted to like relive the experience um something like that yeah um, that's right i remember that was the one time cooper like you know surmises something and like he's like wrong or sort of not quite right. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. I mean, I do feel like it's supposed to have something to do with the fact that she looks like Laura, but, um, but yeah, other than that, it's sort of like, why not just let her go back to Missoula, Bob? Like, yeah. And, and, you know, speaking of Maddie, uh, I wanted to connect her little, her little part, uh, back to, um, Audrey's scene in this episode where she goes on this tangent about her dream life and not feeling right. Right. And it's very similar to what Maddie said, you know, when she was just like, you know, um, all I know is that, what was it? All I know is that I, um, Laura's my cousin and I love her or something like that. Mm-hmm. And if that, you know, and it just makes it seem like, wow, is Maddie even a real person? You know, is she some like, collective dream brought up by the grief of the town of losing Laura, you know, like (laughs) they all had this mass delusion that like actually physically created her, you know? Um, And she only existed, you know, from like right after Laura died to right when she died, you Mm -hmm. know, everything else was imagined. I feel like, you know, That's not out of the realm of possibility, you know, given uh, David Lynch's other works and stuff. Yeah. Um, Or, you know, you could even make it really kind of connected back to this season and say, you know, was she manufactured? Right. You know, Bob manufactured her so he could relive the experience, you know. Um, Yikes. Uh, <laughs> something to think about, but um, yeah, a lot of interesting scenes. The Mister C scene was great. The whole long sequence. In yeah, the yeah, yeah. I think that was the the meatiest part of the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, my my notes on that are like really long, um, longer than anything else. We definitely got some information some exposition out of that scene some it clarified certain points that weren't really clear um and introduced some new problems mm-hmm. <laughs> introduced some new problems it's not a good scene unless it unless it introduces new problems yeah it definitely did uh but yeah yeah that um i mean it was kind of ridiculous uh the the setup for it um this whole arm wrestling thing mm-hmm. but um you know, once we get past that, um, yeah, like finally getting sort of a, a direct <laughs> confrontation, um, even though Ray clearly doesn't know that much, mm-hmm. um, it still gives some insight into what's going on there. Clearly, Ray is not undercover FBI. Yeah, that's, yeah, uh, true, true. However, uh, Philip Jeffries did set up the thing with Warren Murphy. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I, I, I knew somebody had to set that up. <laughs> yeah. I just couldn't figure out who or why. I don't know why he would listen to him, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, I don't know. Maybe he convinced him that. I don't know. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think, wasn't there a line that Ray said something about? Like, he. The idea of he would be able to stop Mr. C, so that was kind right. of the idea or something. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's the idea. He, you know, he had clearly been threatened. And so, yeah, maybe somebody coming in saying we can take care of the problem. It's sort of. I I would really love it if really what's going on with Philip Jeffries, if he's really just doing his Blue Rose, Blue Rose Task Force job, 
like this whole time, you know, he's he's sort of, you know, peered beyond the veil in his fire walk with me stuff. And he realizes sort of what the threat is. And and like in this intervening time, he's been like <laughs> on the on the case, mm-hmm. you know, and like really trying to stop whatever is happening from happening. Uh, I wonder if it's that simple or if it's like or if he's got some other weird plans you know, uh, but I wonder if it's like, no, Gordon, I was, you know, after that weird, you know, experience when I teleported into the uh, station in Philadelphia, you know, um, went back to Buenos Aires and yeah, I was on fire, but uh, I was fired up to solve this case because I saw the, I saw them in the convenience store. So I know what we're up against now. And, you know, and uh, I'll see you again in 25 years or something, you know, right. So, uh, I don't think it's Philip Jeffries. You don't think the person who set it up with the warden is Philip Jeffries? I don't think, I think it's someone saying they're Philip Jeffries. But I don't think it's actually Philip Jeffries. That's something I've thought before, but, um, you know, it really, to me, there's, it's, it's two very small things, but to me, they seem like they're pointing in this direction. The, you know, the first time, uh, the first time when he calls, uh, Mr. C way back in like part two or something, um, it's like, is this, is this Philip Jeffries? And then in this one, Ray says, um, you know, it it was a man named Philip Jeffries. At least that's the name he gives. I never saw him. I only talked to him on the phone. Like, mm-hmm. to me, like, all of that is pointing towards, like, that's just a name he's using. It's some other, it's some other character. It's some other mm-hmm. person. Uh, you know, I mean, I know, like, yeah. For, just, largely for practical reasons, I think maybe they did intend this to be Philip Jeffries originally. But, um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm expecting this to be someone else. And, in fact, also... Uh, from from this conversation, I I it sounded like, you know, Ray was insinuating that it's not just this Philip Jeffries guy; it's actually a group. There's more people involved. Mm, mm-hmm. um, he says they, you know, um, and he says like it came through a man named Philip Jeffries, as though like he was a representative of some mm-hmm. larger you know cabal of people who 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 want bob apparently mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know which is the is the kind of reveal where it's like oh that should have been <laughs> i should have thought of that before uh but i guess it didn't seem um i don't know i didn't think of that as being something that someone would want um but he said i'll be with bob again and Ray's thing. I think that might. I think I might have seen what this is all about. You know, and and well, now like they want the thing inside you. The only person this could be, if it's not actually Philip Jeffries, is Wenda Merle. I will accept no one else, <laughs> um, because no one should should to know about this stuff, except for like Wenda Merle or someone else who knew about Project Blue Book, and and would know about these Blue Rose cases. And be a Machiavellian, like, uh, shapeshifter, you know, like an alias taker, you know, which is what Wendemarle did all the time. Mm-hmm. 
pretend to be other people. So that's the only person I would I would fathom to guess it could be if it's not actually Philip Jeffries. I I take your points. I think that I I agree with the analysis if I'm trying to second guess the plot, but my instinct tells me my instinct is saying it is Philip Jeffries, but we will never see him on screen. Um, but yeah, the fact that, you know, he says they, um, by the end, he's, uh, he's supposedly going to go meet up, confront Philip Jeffries. So, Mm -hmm. um, it's actually confusing the final lines here. Um, but so I, I feel like we're heading for some kind of clear answer on that. Well, I mean, this is also the episode where the Fuscos just threw out the fingerprint information (laughs) after what was clearly going to be, you know, where that story was going. So it's, you know, it is tough to tell sometimes how obvious the plot is when it's like, you know, because he also said, you know, I mean, you remember where this started when he was like he was going to drive to the prison to get Ray, and that yeah. was like twenty parts ago. Right, uh, and he was headed, you know, east or west or whatever. Oh God, you know, that confusion! That, you know that whole thing. The so like the plot, that? the plot is notorious for not going in a straight line, um, and having detours in it. Um, but True. you know, there are times when it, they do eventually get there. Like Mister C, he's you know he is here with Ray, like he had planned to be um so you know so long ago (laughs) so long ago um but yeah it's interesting i uh do you have an idea who it is um i really don't i really don't um your argument for windermerl makes sense uh except for the fact that i think he's dead um well listen i you know my explanation for why Windermere should not be on the show is that if your soul getting taken in a Black Lodge doesn't, t- you know, kill you, then what does? You know, yeah. like, but that being said, you know, the big thing we've learned about the supernatural stuff in the show is that the, you know, the 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 universe is a big place. Right. And, you know, they definitely could say... You know, yeah, Bob took his soul, but his soul went somewhere, or it his, whatever was left went somewhere and made mm-hmm. its way back to the real world. You know, right. uh, there's that box in New York. You know, so like, right. they, there is a bit of a loophole there to 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 kind of like have him back. But I do, I, you know, ninety five percent think like he should just be out of the story. I mean, and yeah. also don't want another season two where the bad guy just becomes, you know, out of nowhere, the bad guy just becomes Wyndham Earl. Right. And that's who we have to stop. And like, he was an interesting bad guy, but you know, he, he didn't do that much. Yeah. You know, um, he was just very fun to watch be maniacal. Right. Um, so yeah, so I don't know. I I'm I'm not necessarily hoping it's Wyndham Earl, but in terms of you know, who could who could impersonate Philip Jeffries without them just like inventing a new character that's like, oh yeah, right. this guy was in on everything from the beginning. You just didn't know that before. Yeah, you know, which would be kind of weird. 
Um, yeah. Well, another um, another implication of this scene is that whoever this is has a direct Black Lodge connection. Mm-hmm. Um, because mm. they obtained the ring, which we know was in the Black Lodge oh, yeah. as of not that long ago. Um, so, yeah. Um, now, Windermere went in there, and, you know, if he somehow managed to hang around, I don't know, maybe he wants Bob for revenge. Um, I guess that would make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that he would have that connection, and that he would be able to uh, plausibly know enough to... to pretend to be Philip Jeffries. Or does he want revenge on Bob for stealing his soul? Maybe he wants his soul back from Bob or something? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's yeah, that's what I was thinking. It's weird cuz I just don't think it's Wendell Merle, but that is it is pretty plausible. Mhm. <laughs> uh and I don't have necessarily a, a theory to um, you know, it's Mike like uh, um it just that just seems uh, <laughs> that just seems unlikely to me. Although Mike is a good candidate in terms of the line, "I'll be with Bob again." Right. That's yeah, a great that's candidate for that line, and again. for knowing, yeah, and for knowing, and yeah, I mean, really, again, because he's the OG with Bob, you know. Um, yeah. So that. It gives a lot of credit to that idea, uh, but it, it it would be weird for Mike to be. I mean, I just I don't see Mike really impersonating Philip Jeffries like actively. Like I could see Wendell Merle doing it. Mm-hmm. So that's you know that's kind of weird. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it'd be like Mike like I just see him on the phone like trying to change his voice or something. And it just seems really weird and hilarious. Like it doesn't yeah. seem realistic. Um. Uh, and plus, wouldn't he be speaking backwards? I mean, like... Well, I think if he goes to the real world, he can speak forwards. Okay, can he? Have we seen that? Yeah, 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 in the original series. Well, okay. That, yeah, but I, I feel like he's and been... With me. Yeah, yeah, he was out. But he was he. That was weird, though. I don't know what to do with all that stuff. I mean, all that Philip Gerard stuff is really muddled to me, um, <laughs> you know, and how they were portraying it, and and uh, it is but kind yeah, of a fair, mess. Fair but... enough. Fair enough. When when he did sort of like take over Mike's body, he was talking. I mean, Philip's body. He was like talking forward. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um, I just feel like he's such a black logian now. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Like, like, He's, he's that's his home base and and um it, i don't know it seems like something happened after he got his garambosia back or something or um you know why isn't he out selling shoes you know yeah like, yeah yeah it's just it seems like he's different now i agree uh, so that's kind of why i don't really really think uh, he would be like out in the real world plotting and doing shit yeah 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 I agree. I agree. It doesn't. It doesn't seem right to me. It's just that you know he's he has the connection. I'm thinking. I'm thinking it was Philip Jeffries up until some point. You know, up until the point, or maybe it's still Philip Jeffries is still operating out there. But I, I mean, I don't think we'll see him 
Um, you know, he will not show up. Mr. C won't find him where he thinks he's going to find him. He'll be dead. Um, you know, something, something's going to prevent the meetup, but it'll, but it's still supposed to be Philip Jeffries. Cause I, I feel like it's, you know, sort of mirroring like, you know, Harry's situation on the show where right. he's sort of on the show. People talk about it, but yeah. like, we're never going to see him. Uh, right. you know, so that's kind of what I'm, my instinct is telling me, but yeah, otherwise I think, I think you're right that like, it, it, you know, the other, the other sort of clues in that scene with the sort of bigger, you know, and that, that actually might be, might be why they, they, they have to include some other cabal, uh, uh, around Philip Jeffries is if they're never going to show Philip Jeffries. Right. You know, so then they have to show, well, who can, we have to show someone. And so, okay, we'll have these people be you know, on the same goal and the same page with Philip Jeffries, uh, a proxy, if you will. But, but, right. uh, you know, so maybe that's why, you know, they're yeah. doing that. Yeah. That would make sense to have someone yeah. like, yeah, like, okay, I'll call, I'll call Philip now. And yeah, exactly. Then, then you don't have to actually <laughs> mm-hmm. have him appear. Yeah. Philip's not here. You just missed him. Get him on the phone. Yeah. I'll call him now. I can see that scene. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. That could definitely that could definitely work. Um but I if it's Philip Jeffries, they're going to have some explaining to do as to why he wants Bob. Yeah, that's true. Like nothing we know about Philip Jeffries, which isn't that much to well, be fair. Well, I think well again, I think, you know, it could go back to what they just kind of set up uh about the Blue Rose Task Force and that Philip Jeffries was in charge of that. And it, like I said, like, I would love it if that's really what's going on. Like, he had this original mission, you know, and he had the sort of, I mean, a lot, you know, Cooper has, you know, peered behind the veil as well with, like, some of the stuff that's going on here. But, um, you know, with whatever happened with Philip Jeffries actually going to the convenience store, um, you know, as well as right. the Black Lodge, um, I think, uh, if they're different <laughs> or the same, yeah. you know, that whole, that whole thing. But yeah, I, I think that could give him sense. a perspective of like knowing sort of like what the real end game is for the bad guys and like really trying to stop them, you know, now it would beg the question, why isn't he contacting Gordon and Albert? Why isn't he getting back up? Why isn't he doing a bunch of things? But like, Obviously, this, you know, whatever he's doing is very kind of secret and hush-hush, and he's playing a crazy game yeah. against Mr. C. But, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to hold out hope, you know, out of wishful thinking that it's it's actually Philip Jeffries, and, um, and he's sort of just... <laughs> he's been trying to crack this case all this time, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, and he's, he's, he's close. Mm-hmm. He knows where Bob is now. Yeah. I mean, I like that idea, you know, if it's, um, if it's just some random new character, then, you know, that just seems kind of weak. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and the, you know, the other candidates seem kind of unsatisfying or like Mike or, or just kind of not consistent with the story, like went to Merle. Um, mm-hmm. and so... Yeah, I mean, I, like, I hope it goes that way, but it just seems like the clues are pointing to that it's not him. Well, as the log lady once said, beware the clues <laughs> for the for the off lead astray. She literally said that. 
And you know you gotta listen to the log. Always. Always, Always listen to the log. log. Yeah, so anyway, okay, well we'll get into more uh, theorizing with that once we get to, to all that that whole long fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sequence. There's a whole thing there. But uh that that was definitely the uh most exciting part of the episode. Um and I mean I mm-hmm. enjoyed some of the other scenes, but yeah, it was definitely a lot of um <laughs> you know. how much did you enjoy uh Nora's uh financial planning? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I uh that was great. <laughs> weren't you weren't you wondering about the the uh the like uh overall trend of, you know, uh price, you know, revenue per store of the double R franchise? I, yeah, like, I was wondering about that. And so I'm uh-huh. glad that they addressed it. So Yeah, clearly. and like which stores are doing the best and which stores <clears throat> excuse me, Miss Norma, are doing the worst. <clears throat> Yeah, the flagship <laughs> store with the with the um, the the pie queen herself, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, Pies are just too good. They're too good to the, make a the, profit. They, they just can't. I'm sorry. I don't. <laughs> I love it. She's just like, listen, my pies are the best. I, you know, what am I? What am I gonna do? I told them how to make it. They're just doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't know what to tell you. Financial planner slash boyfriend. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> it was a weird scene. I was like, oh, oh, they're a couple. And then he's like 20 minutes talking about financial planning. I'm like, yeah. oh, okay, no, they're not. They're just friends. And then there's like, okay, we're going to go out later. I was like, yeah. oh, okay, wait. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It seems like, it seems like it's well, both. And that was the big revelation, you know, for this for this thing was, uh, was uh, good old Ed. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, we get Big Ed for the first time. Yeah. We finally get the big... Ed, big reveal. Um, looking pretty good. Yep. Pretty, pretty much this, you know, not too bad. Looking similar, you know. Yep. Still, still's got that Ed quality. Uh, but recognizable. I, yeah, but you know, I gotta say, of course, the disappointment was that he and Norma are not together. Right. Still. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That's just never gonna work, apparently. <laughs> Well, it's got to work. I mean, the show can't end with them still never together. What is this, a noir? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, with Shelly and Bobby, uh, I don't know. Ben and Sylvia, a lot of the couples uh, <laughs> didn't really... Brad and Angelina. together. <laughs> I mean, Anna Ferris and Chris Pratt just called it quits. So, mm-hmm. you know, if they can't make it, love isn't real. Good point. Nadine and Mike. Nadine and Mike. I mean, I assume they're not still together. I guess we don't know that for sure. Mm-hmm. Probably not. I'm Probably assuming not. Big Ed and Nadine are also not still together. And she's going to, well, like, start up a thing with Dr. Jacoby. Big, yeah, I don't know. Ed is wearing his wedding ring, um, for whatever that's worth. Okay. Uh, I don't remember if Nadine is wearing, I think she is wearing one. Okay. Uh, I have. We'll, we'll catch it when we get to that scene, but uh, and we also get um, the answer to what we were we sort of were, were thinking about the last podcast with um, we, you know the the circumstances of of Nadine's uh, Mr. Amp's the sorry Doctor Amp's shovel yeah, yeah in the in the window and why that's there and does he know and they yeah. just completely like they were listening to us just completely <laughs> it was weird. 
directly addressed it. I didn't think that was a question that they felt the need to answer, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, they have a scene where they really address it pretty clearly. <laughs> yeah, they just they make it clear like she just did it because she likes it, and yeah. he had no idea. And yeah, um, yeah, I thought there was a whole thing, and they talked about it, and you know, it was a business venture, and right, like right. she's selling them wholesale. You know, <laughs> yeah, he um, hadn't seen her in like seven years. Yeah, it's so weird. And he, yeah, and she's just like admiring him from afar, you yeah. know. But like, it she does know him. I mean, right. you know, she went to him when she was, you know, in her younger state. Yeah. Uh, and like most of his clients, he did nothing to help. Right. Right. Well, that's why he's not practicing anymore. <laughs> <laughs> the state won't let him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that was kind of interesting to get that uh, that little uh, detail. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right, you want to uh, you want to jump in? Uh, yeah, let's do it. All right. Okay, so the first scene we are at the insurance office in Las Vegas. We have the Mitchums. Candy, Mandy, and Sandy, and Dougie, and they're all celebrating the uh, the events of the um, of the last one. Um, they give some uh, presents to Bushnell, including a new car, the same one they gave to Dougie. And meanwhile, Anthony hides and calls Duncan <laughs> Todd. Uh, Oh man! Uh, to tell him the uh, the plan failed, Duncan Todd tells him he has one day to kill Dougie. Sounds like a '90s movie. One day to kill Dougie. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, John Cusack, <laughs> <laughs> Patricia Arquette. Um, wow. So, I mean, this episode started out weird with, uh, as the sub, uh, as the captions calls it, uh, zany, upbeat, percussive music. Mm-hmm. Um, I often like to think that, uh, James's song is like the song you hear as you're dying and you just like, it just repeats forever until you're dead. Uh, but I feel like zany, upbeat, percussive music is the song you hear in a very particular type of hell. Uh, <laughs> it's <laughs> maybe like Japanese game show hell or something. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really, really, really specific. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I was like, where is this noise coming from? <laughs> I thought like something else might be playing on my computer. Like I thought, like there's no way this is the song. This is the this is from just the just the episode. Like, like where is this noise coming from? Um, yeah, it was really it was really something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it, it's very uh, yeah. I don't know. It's it's kind of. Um uh zany and <laughs> are you the um, caption person who had the right one describe it you're like it's zany i don't know what else is this it's so hard to describe it's upbeat percussive i don't know i guess percussive and a technically music 
Yeah, yeah. The strange thing is there's no established... Uh, there's a word for this. There's no, like, established source for the music. Yeah. So I guess they're not hearing it, and it's just... They're just kind of, like, dancing to silence. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the music is being just played on top of it. Um, it sort of seems like that's what they're dancing to. Um I think you, the word you're looking for is uh, diegetic. Diegetic, yes, thank you. Yeah, and diegetic means Yeah, non-diegetic is what this is. Yeah, yeah, diegetic is when it's actually like part of the scene that the music mm-hmm. is, is happening. Like when James yeah. performs Just You and I, for example. Exactly, great example. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not the kind of music anyone would play right like you're not like oh we're happy someone quick get out the cd that has this (laughs) you know like this is on no one's ipod or no one's phone this isn't on on spotify you know (laughs) yeah you can't access this in the world um so yeah so it makes sense that idea that uh it's just sort of score um as opposed to something that they're actually hearing uh because because like it's it's like a cacophony train it's just like a horrible tornado of sound (laughs) (laughs) um should be their album name or something to put it mildly um yeah, it was really weird, uh, but you know, I I'm giving David Lynch credit for this because he likes sound and music, uh, and he makes weird stuff. So, um, yeah. Anyway, that really that really that really caught, caught, you know made an impression, if you can tell. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, they're dancing the uh, conga mm-hmm. uh, because they're so happy. I really thought it was sort of going to be over. Um, with the scene at uh, Sagiato's, San Antonio's, Santino's. Santino's. Yeah, that was yeah. close. Um, and uh, I thought that was kind of going to be it. But then once I saw this scene, I'm like, oh, yeah, Anthony needs to see that there's no way they're going to kill Dougie. Right. Now. So that's what the big sort of thing here was, was to, to a way to let him know that, like, OK, I failed. Now yeah. I have to call Duck and Todd and, like, tell him what's up. Yeah. Um, Because there's no way Dougie was going to say, guess what I did last night? Right. Exactly. (laughs) You know. Yeah. Um, And I guess we see what the girls are around for. Um, (laughs) You know, they'll dance with you when you're happy. Right. uh, And carry box presents. (laughs) Right. (laughs) It was so weird to have, you know, have like them doing exactly what the guys wanted them to do. And there was none of that, like, you know weirdness with trying to get Mm -hmm. them to do stuff yeah they were like normal right yeah yeah that was that was kind of strange um but yeah i guess they like partied all night and Mm -hmm. showed up in the morning i mean the implication is that oh that's another continuity thing so the implication here is that like they they went to santino's and they stayed out all night like dougie never went home um like that's mm-hmm. what uh that's what Jane E says um mm-hmm. later and they also say it in this scene here um like you should call your wife you know um, yeah and uh then if you uh in the last part uh part 12 
uh, there's that scene with Dougie and Sonny Jim, you know, where a uh, brief scene where they're playing catch, you know, and mm-hmm. Sonny Jim throws the ball and stuff. That scene could not have happened between parts 11 and part 13 because his his time is completely accounted for during between those two those two parts and there's no point when he could have been playing catch with sunny jim because he was basically at work all day and then went to the mitchums yeah so he was he was yeah he was out with uh as of the end of part 11 he was out with the mitchums in part 13 we see that he stayed out with them all night and Mm. oh uh, i see yeah he went straight into work and then the other the other thing is that um they deliver this gym set uh, to his house, which is not in mm-hmm. that scene that they put in the backyard. So uh, it's just it's just not possible that that happened between uh, the events of part 11 and the events of this one. He went home for lunch. They, they drove him from San, Santino's. <laughs> what is it? In the middle of the night? <laughs> Santino's. Yeah, Santino's. Um, no, before... This would have been before he left, before the driver took him. Like, because basically he was at work, right? And then, because right, Bushnell's like, we're going to talk about this tomorrow. Then Bushnell's like, okay, I'm going to give you the check. You're going to go meet the Mitchums because they want to meet you. Then Dougie leaves work, and then the driver drives him to the desert, and then they go to Santino's, and then they come back. So that scene would have had to been like not you know not even really that day like the day before that yeah. if he was supposed to be at work all day during the day yeah um so yeah that's interesting it did feel out of place anyway <laughs> yeah 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 so it makes me think it's a scene that they filmed that maybe was originally intended to be earlier or something and mm-hmm. uh I mean, one thing people brought up is it's the only scene with Kaba Gawkland in that one and maybe that's why they put it in. Um, yeah. Like maybe he's contractually <laughs> obligated to appear in every episode or something. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it, it doesn't seem like it was intended to take place at that point in the story. Um, it's not a big deal, again, because it's just one scene, but it's sort of like, I guess my assumptions when I was watching it were wrong because... I really thought that meant like, oh, he just went home and everything's back to normal now, mm-hmm. you know, like, and that wasn't really yeah. true. That's another reason why I didn't expect this scene from them coming from the party. Uh, yeah. Because I thought it was over. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, no, they stayed out the whole time. And it's like, oh, okay. So yeah, it's a, it's, you know, it's one of those things I feel like you try to make an 18 hour movie and, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> There's some continuity issues. The continuity issues can can get pretty ridiculous, I'm sure, at a certain point. Well, and who knows? I mean, it's so, you know, in context, it's a flashback, but maybe it's a flash forward, Ooh. you know? Maybe now, you know, maybe they'll do that later. <laughs> when they get rid of the gym set? <laughs> oh, is the gym set a problem? Yeah, because they're, they're in the backyard, and that's where the gym set is, and it's this big, giant thing. It's just like, ah. Maybe it's just off screen. <laughs> yeah, okay, maybe. It was too big. They returned it. Yeah. Um. Okay, interesting. 
Uh, but yeah, I don't really have much more for this part. Yeah, it's mainly, like you said, uh, the clear function here is um, is for Anthony to find out that the plan failed. Mm-hmm. And to, uh, yeah, then get the assignment to do it himself, which they had already set up. Yeah. Um, and which was, yeah, the thing the thing I was expecting, like, a while ago when this this whole, like you know the incident with the ladders and the stairs and you know which we didn't stuff. ever actually get an explanation of uh what exactly the ladders and stairs no. and dots like Bushnell really understood to... it and that's all that seemed to matter he gave him a lot to think about yeah um yeah so you know the again we've talked about the Mitchum brothers being sort of these like anti uh, gangster tropes. Um, uh, and again, they're just like super nice and cool and like, like <laughs> giving gifts, mm-hmm. you know, to the company that's sort of stiff them, but sort of wasn't Bushnell's fault. But like, yeah, they're going like above and beyond what I think is reasonable. Yeah. Like they're really happy. Um, <laughs> So it's you know it, it's you know we we got this sort of thing where Ducky is like positively impacting the lives of the people around him in like this very like big way you know we had uh, Lady Slot Machine <laughs> <laughs> right I'm sorry I'm sorry Madam Lady Slot Machine <laughs> Addict. she's she deserves a little more respect uh, <laughs> yeah 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 now that she has a house and yeah. She's, she's got a title she now. can afford her own slot machines now you yeah know? um because she's still an addict i mean just because she has money doesn't mean the addiction goes away it's true uh, that's the dark side that's the dark side of addiction no one talks about yeah <laughs> that when you get rich you continue your addiction yeah no one talks about that lame stream media right um so, yeah, anyway, I just want to talk about that, how, you know, we, we're still just getting more of them sort of really subverting this, like, gangster trope that would they could normally be a part of. Right. Uh, and, uh, and, but, you know, in sort of in an opposite way, but also in the same way, Anthony, I think, really sort of uh, has subverted expectations yeah. of what his character would be. Because um, I feel like you don't get Tom Sizemore... Unless you want him to play a tough guy. Right. And he's playing the opposite of a tough guy. Yeah. Um, so that seems pretty deliberate in a way. Uh, yeah. Uh, a, an interesting way to get him to, to play something we haven't really seen before. Um, and, and you know, like turn up to 11. Because he's not just like, oh, you know, I'm not that tough. He's just like a sniveling, you know. Yeah guy yeah. um and uh and and completely just crumbles in all these situations and i mean he can't even poison somebody without yeah. being upset about it i mean you know he'd never survive on game of thrones that's right. all I'm saying. yeah um <laughs> uh but yeah so i found that pretty interesting um and uh you know i think i'm still a little unclear about how Todd and Anthony really started this whole thing and like, why would Duncan Todd even think Anthony could even do this? 
if this is who Anthony really is, um, you know, how well does he really know him, you know, sort of a thing. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I'm looking at the jungle gym again. I, I forgot there was lights and a spotlight. <laughs> it was, it's like a game show set piece. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, it could have been in the other corner, but yeah, this is clearly, that's not what happened. <laughs> I forgot it was uh, a spectacle. It's, yeah, it's completely ridiculous. I love that it came with its own spotlight, though. That's, yeah. that's something special. That's really, you know, not enough quality jungle gyms come with their own spotlights. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I agree. I mean, how many times? We've all been there, right, folks? You go and get a high-quality gym set for your lovely backyard. And guess what it doesn't have? Mm-hmm. It's own spotlight. <laughs> We've all been there. It's the worst. It's problem in our modern times. How are you supposed to see yourself periodically in the dark? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when it <laughs> happens to cross your path or light it's not up the quite... thing you want. It's not quite a follow spot. It's not some a follow spot. spot. It's not following him. It's not following him. It's just sort of a free roaming. Yeah. Oscillating spotlight. It's doing its own thing. It might light up the place you want. It might move. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. But you're going to have fun either way. Yeah. That's the important thing. And there are also like blinking lights all over the thing. And yeah. The giant, you want lights? Like... You got lights. <laughs> yeah. It's like the electricity. God. It's like it's like it's like kid crack, you know. Yeah. Like there's no way a kid could resist this thing. Yeah. Um there's just no way. Yeah. Um all right, next scene. <laughs> uh all right. Uh speaking of, so in the next scene we have some movers unloading a gym set at Duggies from the Mitchums. Um, Janie E receives them with delight, uh, and she also sees the new car uh, that they uh, oh man delivered. So I guess like the like terrible car line mm-hmm. um, was kind it of was a, a list of yeah, it was a list of things you know um, that that they could change and she would like because uh, she just hated that car. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, so they got a got a nice new car now, um, and then uh, and then as we were discussing, we see J- uh, Saudi Jim playing on the on the new gym set, and Janie <laughs> uh, tells Dougie he did a good thing. It's like it's like it's like this is like a scene from like a sitcom called like My Dumb Sexy Husband. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And she's yeah. like, my dumb sexy husband's not so bad. I just got a gym set in the car. All he right. Really, he really came through. And it's like, God, if, if JDE had any idea what the fuck is going on here. Oh, man. I don't think she would blindly accept this so uh, mm-hmm. so easily. Yeah, it's, it's like, really, yeah, it's really crazy. First of all, it's not even Dougie anymore. Mm-mm. Uh, second of all, the... You know, I mean, he's completely unable to communicate, but, like, the only reason any of this <laughs> happened is that he's getting messages from a from another dimension. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that, like, pointed him in all these directions. I mean, he wouldn't ever have been able to do any of this all by himself. No. Nope. 
Like, they, they're helping him every step of the way, and it's like, if they can do all this, why can't they fucking wake up, Cooper? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the one thing they can't do. God damn it! That's, why that's not? Like, I mean, you're you're basically ar- arguing, uh, you know, for for the existence of God. You know, well, if he can do all these things, why can't he stop? You know, mm-hmm. bad things from happening to good people. Well, that's just uh, this is the one thing you can't do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it, everything else still is true. It's just there's just the one case. You know, that's just the one thing. There's got to be at least one. You want to do everything? Of course, of course. You know, come on, come on. He's all powerful, not all powerful. It's just weird watching a story where you know he's basically just being, you know, controlled or driven by, you know, by Mike and the Black Lodge members and like. Mm-hmm. You know, like being able to fake his way through situation after situation. I mean, I know I'm just describing the Dougie storyline, but it's like. Well, you know, in a way, you could. I mean, this doesn't work because the key really helps to make this not work. But you could, like, go down a crackpot theory road and and sort of, like, theorize that this whole Dougie storyline is a dream sequence or not real, that this is part of his white lodge test or his black lodge test, you know, mm-hmm. and, and you know what I mean? You could, you could, you could go down that road. Like I said, the, there's a bunch of things that I think prevent that from really being sort yeah. of true in a good way, but the key being a big one. Yeah. But if you just sort of isolate this, Mr. this Dougie C's story from, yeah, if you just isolate just what's happening from Dougie's perspective and the people around him, it does seem super fake and super yeah. sort of still, you know, very like specifically still a part of the Black Lodge world because their influence is so powerful yeah. and ever present. It's almost yeah. like, well, of course it's like that way because he never left. Right. You know, uh, he's just in some other, you know, version of it. Um, right. And that's why, you know, all this stuff is happening like this, you know. Because, yeah, it's, otherwise it's just, it's like, why are we watching this and how is it happening? And, yeah. Um, and, yeah, what, why can't they wake him up? I mean, what's he going to need? If it's a bonk, if it's a bonk on the head, you know, <laughs> I'm really going to be. <laughs> well, yeah, I saw I someone upset. say that. And it's like, I, I, I do start to get into that, that um, Nikki and Paolo territory where it's like, even if it's even if it's I not, don't get that reference. If, <laughs> it's a lost thing. It was on this Oh, it's on Lost. Show called Lost. Never heard of uh, it. they have these new characters and a lot of people didn't like them and they killed them off. Mhm. Uh, you know, but the the problem I had, you know, in a, in a very harsh way, um and you know, on one level, uh you know, I, I want Cooper to come back and for the Stucky thing to be over. But, you know, from a story point of view, it's like as much of it as they've invested in this, I, I agree. Like it's at this point, it needs to be like a like a multi multi episode ritual or something like how are <laughs> they ever going to how is he ever going to be Cooper again? Mm-hmm. You know, as long as we've spent with this. I mean, this this is clearly the. In my mind, stra- you know, with all the strangeness in this series, I mean, this Dougie thing is the is the big gamble. This mm-hmm. is like the riskiest thing that they're doing. 
Yep. <laughs> Strangely, not part eight, but this. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I agree with that. Um, because like, uh, you know, they're sidelining their main character the whole time. Basically, mm-hmm. I mean, we're already 13 out of 18 and literally the one character everyone wants to see in action and the character who who by which we have gotten the bulk of the story and the character who who basically we left on the, the biggest cliffhanger of the show. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and it's they're just gonna be like, well, we're not gonna give you that character for most of the show. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I was thinking about it, and I I realized that it's it's kind of like, um, it's it's not even quite on this level, which really shows how ridiculous it is. But it's kind of like Fire Walk with me, in that like, I enjoy it. It has a lot of interesting stuff. Um, and there's just not a lot of Cooper in it. Mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. Um. Now, Firewalk yeah, does find, have yeah. Cooper in it. It has you more. You find other reasons to like it, yeah. Exactly, yeah, yeah. I'm into the other stuff, and I, I do enjoy the, the new series, and it's like, I don't have to have, but it, I guess, like, it's it's really fucking with your expectations, because, like, Kyle McLaughlin being part of the series was, like, one of the earliest things they announced. He gets mm-hmm. top billing in every episode, and all the promotional materials are featuring, you know, it's just, you're just like... There's no way it's going to be like Kyle mm-hmm. McLaughlin's in it, but, but <laughs> he's not, not fucking AJ playing Cooper. Cooper. Yeah. Like, really? He's not He's not really playing Cooper? Like, hardly at all? Like, what if at the so end, strange. what if at the end he's like, I was Cooper the whole time? Oh, God, fuck you. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh man, that'd be the best twist. And just with this lineup of like like we said earlier, you know, four or whatever more people to come try to kill him, it's like there's just no end in sight for this. Mhm. How is how is this ever going to end? And it's like it's like is it is it not going to end? <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm really just starting to wonder at this point. And is that well, what they're doing to me? Am I going to get to the point of desperation where I think Maybe Dougie's just here forever, and then mm-hmm. that's the moment. <laughs> well, at a certain point, that's true, whether or not that's their intention. Um, you know, if they wait long enough and then reveal Cooper, then I think that'll just be true. <laughs> we'll right. just be that desperate by then. Right. Um, yeah, it's really, it's, I, I don't, yeah. Well, I, I think that an interesting question is, can they make this worth it? You know, yeah. if if presuming that um, Cooper does return and whatever the end game is, you know, based on what was wrong or what they say was wrong or why he didn't wake up before and what he ends up doing later and all this sort of that circumstance, like, could that be like, oh, wow. Well, in that case, that really makes up for all this Dougie stuff. Like, OK, then I see what they're doing. It was worth it. You know, it was worth having to do deal with all this Dougie stuff because, you know, the what they're going for is such a big idea or so interesting or so like, you know, is necessitated by the story that they're telling or something or, you know, um, it's foreshadowed in some way we haven't guessed yet or something or, yeah. you know, it fits in in some way and we'll go, oh, okay, it's, it's the inverse of when Bob took over Cooper or something, you know, or, you know, some, some sort of way where it'll 
parallel something, it'll it'll kind of be interesting in that respect, you know, right. relative to something else. Um, yeah, that would be the I'm, hope. I'm holding out hope. Yeah, I'm holding out hope that it's not just like, oh, and now he's Cooper, and that was a complete waste of time. They get filler. nothing out of it. Complete just filler. Keeping yeah. him busy. Yeah, it's like Nadine 2.0, where it's just like, you know, you, you you spend all this time, you know, and like, whatever. It's like reasonably entertaining, but like, you you get to the end of it, and she gets bonked on the head, and then she's like, where are my drape runners? And you're like, we're just back to that? Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. after all that, that's it? Where are my drape runners? Yeah, you and Mike, you know, Norma and Ed were about to get married, and, like, you and Mike were about to get, you know, yeah. this, like, this, you got, you know, it was, like, this close from, like, you guys going down crazy paths, you know? Yeah. Um, and Mike's and like, a, well, I guess I got a little carried away. Yeah, it is, yeah. Um, and it's just, like... Something happened. Something was weird. Okay, now we'll just pretend like this didn't happen anymore. Yeah, I don't know. The Dougie stuff is weird. Um, and I feel like it's something that gives me hope that it is a big idea that's going to make it this all worth it is the fact that Kyle McLaughlin signed on to the idea. Right. That he's like, oh, I'm going to have to play this Dougie character for most of the show, which is yeah. like this really pulled back reserve performance like yeah you know that's a that's a whole thing that i think i i would think that um he wouldn't necessarily want to do unless it was like really worth it by the end yeah um so here's hoping yeah i was yeah. also gonna say you know we, we've talked about why dougie and what's the purpose and is he sort of seemingly bringing happiness to the to the lives of people around him or is he sort of solving people's problems you know, in a way, it's kind of like Quantum Leap, you know, except he's he's sort of leaped into... Um, it is exactly like Quantum Leap, because you have, like, Mike is playing, like, the uh, the, the sidekick guy. What was his name? Um, oh, God, I forgot the guy's name. Uh, but he would, like, teleport in from time to time and help him with, like, whatever the case was. Mm-hmm. Same kind of setup that, like, Mike is doing for Dougie. But, yeah, you know, Quantum Leap, where, like, Scott Bakula would, like, leap through time and take over someone's body and live their life and, like, solve some problem that they were going through at the time. Right. You know, it's really kind of like that. I didn't think about that before. It's He basically Quantum Leaped uh, into Dougie. Um, Wow. That's weird. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, so, anyway, I was thinking about that. Except he can't. I mean, I assume in Quantum Leap, like he could form a sentence that. Nope, nope. It was completely no no sentences. He only repeated. That's why the show got canceled. It was bad. (laughs) No, um, but no. I mean, sorry. I was gonna say. um, I'm wondering. You know, we were talking about him helping everybody and all this sort of positive aspect. But I wonder if that might take a turn at a certain point. You know, maybe things will get worse. Maybe. So I'm like, how could he get bonked on the head? <laughs> right. And so maybe, you know, maybe... <laughs> trying to figure out... Where's the bonk going to come yeah, from? Who's going to bonk him? And so maybe, like, you know, maybe the jungle gym breaks and Sunny Jim hurts himself. Maybe mm-hmm. Janie E's car has a problem. You know, mm-hmm. maybe, like, it'll seem like things are going well the next part or two, and then 
it'll go back downhill for the people around him, you know? Yeah. Just just want to throw that out there. Maybe, maybe, and then it'll get worse for him. And then, because it's like the more people like Dougie, I feel like the less there is a reason for Cooper to emerge, you know? Because right. um, he just can be complacent as Dougie. And he's sort right. of happy when people are happy around him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I feel like he needs to be jolted out of out of this kind of uh, you know languishing personality. Um, so if things got bad around him, you know, and that's really you know that's when we've seen him be more Cooper, you know, when he got attacked by like the spike, and you know when he kind of well he got help, but when he was sort of solving the the case files and yeah. you know had sort of a problem to solve like that, um, yeah. Yeah, it's weird. I would have never guessed we'd have this much Dougie. I yeah, like going back to uh, you know part three. I think that was when we first saw Dougie. Um, yeah, I had I I. It was really like I remember that that first sip of coffee, right? It was. Mm, like, I was so oh, hoping Cooper's back. <laughs> Cooper's back. Oh, I mean, man. If coffee wasn't going to wake him up, what would wake him up? Well, cherry pie would wake him up. Well, if cherry pie is not going to wake him up, what would wake him up? You yeah. know, that's really where we're at now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He finally got to uh, coffee and cherry pie. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, that didn't do it either. I didn't <laughs> so. do it. Oh, yeah. that's funny. That's funny. Oh, man. Oh, man. If they do this, it's genius, partially because I just thought about it. <laughs> what if he wakes up when he has Norma's cherry pie? Oh, God. Because they just set that up, that hers is that's different. True. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't that's know how new, that's going to happen. That's but... my new That's my new crackpot theory when he's going to wake up. Is it going to be... No, if it's one of the franchises, it won't be the good one. Like, no, how, it's got to be hers. Like, so then someone's going to have to take him to Twin Peaks. I don't know how he's going to get there, but that's my new... Because okay. I, no, I had nothing before, <laughs> except a bonk on the head. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna go with... Uh, it's like Family Feud. I'm going to go with uh, Norma's Cherry Pie. Yeah, I'm assuming it's gonna have to be some elaborate ritual, like like I mean maybe the FBI will have to get involved or like someone's gonna have to like take charge, but like he, he's gonna have <laughs> to they like. They won't know what to do. They won't. They won't know. They won't. They won't. They won't be able to understand the dilemma. I don't think because he is Cooper. You know what I mean? Like he's he's gonna have Cooper's prints. Um, you know, he's, it's, he's got Cooper's body, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, they won't, it's not like they'll be like, oh, this is clearly Cooper in Dougie's body. You know what I mean? Like, so I don't know how they'll even be able to find out what the problem is unless it's, unless there's like a med, you know, the, the doctor said there was no medical issue, but I mean, unless it's like a, a physiological thing they could see in some scientific way and then they say, oh, look, he's got an aneurysm or he had a stroke. He needs surgery right. right away. Or like, look at this MRI. These scans tell us that there's a personality trapped in here. You know, like, unless it's something like that, I don't even see how they'd be able to even figure out what's wrong with him when they see him, you know? Yeah. To even help. Now, in terms of a ritual, you know, that would have to be Mike doing something, right? Is that what you're thinking? Like, Mike does some sort of 
magic? Yeah, potentially. Okay. Potentially. Um, but yeah, I was imagining it, it, they take him back to Twin Peaks. They Yeah, maybe they take him to one of these locations or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know why they're going to end up thinking that. Maybe the log lady. I don't know. Someone needs to step in to like say, here's what <laughs> you need to do. Yeah. Um, well... My other idea was before was that he'd wake up if they take him to the Black Lodge. So, you know, and, and sort of the, the obvious end game is if both he and Mr. C are in the Black Lodge. Right. You know, and they can they can have whatever duel they're going to have or whatever. Um, so that might be a thing because that, that actually would be a, a sort of sort of understandable sort of uh, mirroring. You know, he was sort of himself before he left the Black Lodge. Right. So it makes sense that when he goes back, he's back to himself. Yeah. And, and there, there is still that dangling idea that it's his shoes that got left behind in the purple world. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, he's those shoes. And that's what the giant meant when he said, it's in our house now. <laughs> <laughs> he meant his shoes. <laughs> that's wow. what he meant. His shoes are in the house now. They're getting cleaned up. I understand. Yeah, Senorita Dido is buffing them. <laughs> and he'll get his soul back when he gets his shoes back, you know? Sure. No, I like that. I, I mean, I feel like that's, you know, it's as good as anything I have. I mean, I just have kind of a vague version of that. I guess that would be the shoe ritual. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, because it, it begs the, the ritual begs the question of why hasn't Mike done it already, and yeah. why is he just sort of relying on helping him through these issues, well, you know, issue at a time, problem at a time, conflict at a time, yeah. instead of just like doing the ritual if the ritual's going to wake him up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess that's why I'm thinking maybe he needs to be taken to a specific place or something. But yeah, it's like, can he only communicate with? Ducky, like, can he can he not, uh, you know, send a message? Um, I mean, what about Gordon's vision of Laura? Like, where did that come from? Uh, for example. Good question. Good uh, question. Because that's you know, and I mean, uh, I mean, when he was at the site, presumably that's why he had that um, vision of the vortex and stuff. But. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I guess, uh, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm wondering if he can do better, <laughs> <laughs> you know, because, yeah, like, helping Dougie through crisis after crisis, like, at a certain point, it's like, yeah, it just becomes somewhat uh, repetitive, and it doesn't seem mm-hmm. like it's necessarily getting anywhere, mm-hmm. you know, and he, he did have that one part you know way back when case files when he was like you know you need to wake up um yeah and he hasn't really said anything since about that unless he thought well okay he hasn't woken up when i told him to wake up therefore i don't need to try to wake him up again because that's not gonna work i guess so i'll just help him until the such time at which he will normally wake up the other idea maybe is this this sort of uh, these two dates that the the major mentioned. Um, right. His little note. Maybe maybe the the planets will align and Cooper will wake up somehow. Uh, a sort of a celestial bonk on the head, I right, guess. Right. <laughs> um, that's an idea. 
Or maybe he needs the ring now that the ring is in play, sort of in a very specific way. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, or maybe he'll get the ring and that'll take him to the Black Lodge and then he'll wake up, uh, sort of a thing. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I can't wait till we get to that scene. I want to. I want to talk about that ring fiasco. That's a whole thing. Well, do you want to mm-hmm. get into that? That's kind of the next thing here. Yeah. Let's okay. do it. All right. So uh, we cut to Western Montana, which mm-hmm. uh, is a location we haven't been to yet. Um, so Evil Cooper, uh, Mr. C, pulls into a garage. Uh, Ray is there with some other men. They let Mr. C in uh, eventually to the elevator and upstairs. We find out uh, Renzo is the leader uh, and he wants to play with Mr. C some uh, first before they give him to Ray. And he, he tells Ray to put his gun down when Mr. C arrives. And then uh, at that point, uh, Muddy, Muddy, uh, explains the rules. Um, so Renzo's the boss because no one can beat him at arm wrestling. And Mr. C will get one chance to beat him at arm wrestling. If if he loses, then Renzo's his boss. And if <laughs> if he wins, then he's the boss. Yeah, but only during recess. <laughs> when we go back in school, teacher is boss. <laughs> it's yeah. such a playground child's thing. It's really... I, I at a certain point I thought arm wrestling was a metaphor, <laughs> like when when he when Lorenzo or whatever uh, punches Mister. Oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> I was too formal. Um, <laughs> when he punches Mister C in the back of the head, mm-hmm. I thought, oh okay, arm wrestling is like a, a euphemism for just like fighting or something mm-hmm. or like. Or, you know, a brawl. But no, then no. they go and sit down and then they actually do the thing. So It's pretty literally, as soon as Muddy said arm wrestling, I was like, mm-hmm. oh God, seriously? Mm-hmm. This scene is going to be about an arm wrestling match? You've got to be yeah. kidding me. Like, well, not only was it about an arm wrestling match, but it was about a weird arm wrestling match. Like, Mr. C was like, has never arm wrestled before. He has no idea of like the the sort of like um, um, like the nuances or the sensations that 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 you know you get when you arm wrestle. Like he he was coming off so strange the way he's like, oh, this hurts my arm. Mm-hmm. This is a little better, but this neutral's where it's at. Like you know, I'm like, I don't. What are you What are you doing? Like, are you really analyzing? how your arm feels or are you just doing a bit like um yeah i found that to be really really strange and every time the couple of those times when he's like on their security screen every single time he walked toward the security screen i thought he was just going to materialize through it mm-hmm. you know like the giants whole theater right, thing i right. just i just was like uh, because and that's what i meant to say earlier with uh, mr c is that one thing they still they've done pretty well with this character is 
there's still quite a bit of mystery left in terms of what he's capable of. Yeah. You know, they really haven't, you know, uh, jump the jeeper, as I like to call it, uh, or, you know, the jeepers creepers effect. Oh, yes, right. Uh, where once you see the creature and what it's really all about, it loses all horror and scariness and mystery. So they really haven't done that. So these scenes still play with a lot of suspense because you really don't know what he's capable of. And, you know, there's still the open question about if Bob is still in them or not. But, uh, but yeah. like, I thought the resolution to the scene was going to be, he's just going to rip the guy's arm off. Mm-hmm. And instead he kind of sort of punches his face in. Yeah. But, but I thought like, Oh, he's just, he's so strong and overpowered that he'll just rip the guy's arm off and that'll be right. it. You know? Um, but yeah, so anyway, so that's why that's why my mind was open to the possibility of him just like materializing through the screen, you know, unexpectedly. Yeah. Um, because you know, also with the technomancy stuff he's got, and, right? Um, yeah, it was very what a weird what a and it's just like, are these the lost boys? Is like Peter Pan gonna show up? You know? Uh, yeah. Which I guess would make Mister C Captain Hook, maybe mm-hmm. I don't know. Um. <laughs> <laughs> trying to think does he huh he doesn't have a hook for a hand but he is haunted by something hmm hmm maybe there's a parallel there if i dig too deep you can find one <laughs> um yeah chantal's like tinkerbell i guess uh... <laughs> oh god <laughs> Yeah, uh, or she she's not windy, right? No, she wouldn't be windy. Maybe she's windy. Hutch is Tinkerbell. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, but yeah, what a weird scene. Again, like we're in a like '80s action B B yeah. movie action thing here. Definitely. Like Jean Claude Van Damme should have shown up and like challenged him to a <laughs> Belgian duel. <laughs> Yeah, um. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Why not? Um, yeah. So, uh, so they uh, so they go into an adjacent room to play. Uh, Renzo hits Mister C in the back of the head, as you mentioned. This is from mm-hmm. the nursery school teacher, I guess. He makes a crack about what is this kindergarten, mm-hmm. nursery school. Um, they sit down at a table. They commence wrestling. There's a lot of to-do, as you mentioned, you know, my arm is good here. My arm hurts here. What Mm -hmm. if I put your arm here? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it was like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It was like, this position is just right. Just right. So uh, eventually he, uh, Mr. C, that is, wins and gives uh, Renzo a death punch to the face. Mm -hmm. That's the name of the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so I guess, you know, he won, he won, so he's the, he, you're the leader now. Like, I don't want to be your boss. I love a... that line. That was great. He's like, I don't want to be your boss. Which was a little unexpected, because I thought, oh, he's free henchman. But That's kind of like, what oh. I thought, too, because he already has, like, a crew like these people. Mm-hmm. So it's like, why not? Yeah, like, grab them, get them to do something. And, but... and I just got to say, you know, the stock market may be doing well, but clearly the, the economic upturn has not affected Western Montana because there's a lot of guys who are out of work, legitimate work, and they're just hanging out at warehouses, 
and you know doing this criminal enterprise mm-hmm. i really think uh it's 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 a socioeconomic statement you know about <laughs> the, the about the plight of the uh the uh the working class male you know yeah 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 uh, even the accountant uh mm-hmm. ends up uh involved in this yeah um you know he's probably pretending like he's going to the office and He's uh, hanging out with these, like, insane, I don't know what to call them, Peter Pan mm-hmm. thugs. It's almost like a fight club. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Fark, yeah, fight club with arm This weird, yeah, this weird, like, yeah, they're not that tough. Um, they're like, we'll just arm wrestle instead, yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. They don't, they don't have that much, whatever, desire to hurt themselves. But, um... Uh, yeah, so he, uh, as leader, he asked for cell phones, which they, uh, they give him some cell phones. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he asked them to leave. They leave Ray in the room with Mr. C. Ray tries to run. Mr. C shoots him in the leg. Uh, the accountant asks if Mr. C wants money. He says no. The accountant leaves. And now um, Mr. C gets to question Ray. So here's where we get the the juicy exposition. Uh, so uh, who who hired Ray? Uh, mm-hmm. It came through Philip Jeffries. That's what he says. That's his wording, not mine. Um, he mentions that at least that's the name he gives. He never met him. He only talked to him on the phone. Um, he uh, he Philip Jeffries set up the prison thing with Warden Murphy. Um, why uh he said that mr c has something inside that they want uh so i'll just pause here and say that um uh i don't necessarily i mean this doesn't prove it but this reveal suggests to me i think that bob is still there with mr c at this Mm -hmm. point um I don't, I don't think he's gone. I think the point was that Ray was supposed to see it. Um, I don't think we're mm-hmm. supposed to think he was extracted. Um, yeah, because cause where would he go? Yeah, yeah. And it's sort of like this plot doesn't work anymore if Bob's not even there. Mm-hmm. Um, like, too bad he's gone. <laughs> like, so yeah, I, I, feel like, I feel like Bob's still there. Yeah. Um, especially because, like, Bob is now, like, a MacGuffin. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, we called it when he, that first happened, when he came out of the stomach. It's like it turns Bob into an object that you can acquire. Yeah. Now, yeah. it's a really weird proposition, right? The idea of taking Bob and then what? What are you going to yeah. do with it? What could you do, you know, in terms of, like, your will versus Bob's will, you know, like... If you yeah. have the borb, you can, you know, manipulate it or something. Or yeah, what is it, can is you it do an, with it? Is it an energy source? Is it a gateway? Is it a ingredient in a recipe? You know, um, you know, <laughs> borb salad. I don't know, <laughs> borba ganoush. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, baby borb ribs. Uh, <laughs> um anything else (laughs) any other food puns i can think of bar barbecue (laughs) barbecue either one wow 
Hey, you never know. Steak bar barb. <laughs> barb nanas foster. <laughs> There's a lot of these, so I'm going to stop where I'm ahead. Uh, there's a lot of food out there. <laughs> Things you can just insert borb into. Yeah. Yeah. Um... <laughs> I'm assuming it's not just because he wants to eat him in a <laughs> recipe. But... All right. Well, you know, I just want to put all the reasonable suggestions on the table. That is, uh, that is an interesting theory that I haven't heard anywhere, anywhere else. So, you know... Um, nice. points for originality mm-hmm. um, because hey listen Bob Borb came out of something like <laughs> Experiment's mouth right? so maybe something else wants it to go in its mouth ah it's the circle of um... <laughs> oh no don't say what it's the circle of <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't know Yeah, it's uh, interdimensional uh Vomits, uh, becoming food. It's a, it's, it's sort of like mm-hmm. a metaphor for. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I give up. You're almost there. Oh, you were almost there. You were you were just so close <laughs> just to cracking it. I, I, I felt could, it. I couldn't get the I couldn't get the final piece there. That seems like or, there's something there, but. Or maybe like Bob is like a zygote, you know, like. Or a sperm, you know, he's like, uh, he, he can, he can seed something, mm-hmm. you know, or, or, uh, create something mm-hmm. if you put it, you know, this whole alchemy idea. So, you know, <laughs> something plus borb just equals, that borb. <laughs> just that borb. <laughs> That's the name of the cookbook. <laughs> What's all your favorite borb recipes? <laughs> just that borb. <laughs> it's a cookbook the cookbook uh, yeah it's like uh what was it the day the earth sits still whatever that is you know to serve man the, to serve man yeah there it is yeah yeah yeah. Zone. yeah yeah there it is <laughs> yep it was a cookbook all along Classic. <laughs> oh they want to help us so much <laughs> yeah into a fricassee <laughs> Oh man, it's hilarious. Um, okay, so uh, right, Mister C asks, uh, did uh, did Philip Jeffries ever mention Major Briggs? No. Interesting question. <laughs> Not sure why he asked. Um, it feels like that's leading somewhere, but it goes nowhere at this point. Um, uh, that seems like the only reason I can think we hear this question here is to cross-reference the idea, you know, what we heard from when, when Mr. C was talking to the guy on the phone, and he says, I know you met the major. Oh, so yeah. So maybe, maybe he's trying to try to determine if this is the same guy. Yeah, right, um, right. That's the only big reason I can think of why we have that line here. Right, you met with Major Briggs, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a weird one. What the fuck was that? Did he meet him in Buckhorn? <laughs> oh man, that plot is a fucking mess. Bobby said they met, but I think that's supposed to be in Twin Peaks. Well, that's the thing. So I mean, they definitely met in Twin Peaks. I know that for sure. 
But it's weird if Philip Jeffries, whoever this is, is like, you met with Major Briggs, but he means 25 years ago. You know? Like, mm-hmm. like if, you know, because... Well, but that's, he, can't, he shouldn't mean that because we know Major Briggs was alive very recently with, uh, you know, with uh, Hastings and Ruth. Yeah, so, so and, 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 I mean, he's there, right? Mr. C is right there at that time. Uh, trying to get the coordinates from the fucking secretary for reasons I still don't understand. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, did he did he meet with them? Like I, I'm just I'm still kind of. Well, why would why wouldn't he have if that's what the person on the phone said and he didn't sort of dispute it? Because at the time, is a discrepancy in your head that at the time we're thinking. You know, when we saw that scene, we're thinking he met with the major 25 years ago or some some longer period yeah. of time. But now yeah. it's sort of like, well, he could be meaning this recent More time recent. when the major yeah, was alive. Yeah, because we didn't know Major Briggs, like, showed up there. Yeah, so I, you know, he says, I missed you in New York, and that was a recent thing. You right. Know? So I think those events are supposed to be a, re- you know, he's referencing recent events. Yeah. So then, then the question is like, just what's going on with the coordinates? If he was there, like the and, coordinates thing is confusing. Well, and that was also, you know, um, it could maybe he met with him before, um, before either before he went into hiding or before um, Hastings and Ruth came back with the coordinates. Uh, so he like didn't have them when. He was Mr. C was with uh, uh, Briggs, mm-hmm. um, but I was gonna say also remember this is before the um, the whole thing where Cooper comes through the machine and 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 right. uh, Mr. C avoids going to the Black Lodge, right. you know. So I think this person on the phone was sort of thinking, you know, that next day he would be with Bob again, yeah. you know, like, so he, I, think he th- he I think he was thinking that was going to work. Yes. Because he didn't know about the manufactured um, Dougie. Seemingly uh, not, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think so. So anyway, I guess my point is that would also suggest he's talking about, like, you know, he's talking about what's happening right now in right. recent times. Not 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense if he's there. It's just, yeah, the coordinates. Mm-hmm. The, the mysterious coordinates that everybody knows and yet no one knows, and they all need other people to get them from what if other Ruth, people. What if Ruth wrote the coordinates on her arm in, like, spy ink? <laughs> so, like, it only shows up later. <laughs> it's like invisible for a little while yeah does that help yeah. does that help it would help it would help yeah yeah i mean uh, i mean maybe maybe when they're at the military base you know they're they're down on the uh you know i'll see for coordinates <laughs> and then you know before they leave they go i'll i for invisible ink <laughs> to write down said coordinates <laughs> that's how the military works right sure they organize all their top secret things alphabetically. Alphabetically in a clear, obvious way. Yeah, why not? Okay, just making sure. That's Yeah, that's what I got from every movie about the military ever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the X-Files. And the X-Files, yeah, please. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so... Yeah, there's just... There's definitely a lot of questions there. But I think you're right that it it's... 
it's uh it's just connecting those those dots um with the with the previous thing it has been a while um and with no previously on it's it's nice to uh fill out the exposition a little bit well and if you choose to read too much into this line did he ever mention major briggs and ray says no you know would that mean that this is not the guy on the phone you know, that the guy who says he was right. Jefferson on the phone was not the guy who called. Yeah. Uh, I I still think it's the guy, and he just didn't mention Major Briggs to Ray. But... I mean, I think that, that, that it makes sense. <laughs> That's probably yeah. the case. But, you know, if you want to read too much into what this line could mean, it's like, well, the guy on the phone mentioned Major Briggs, and if this right. guy didn't mention Major Briggs, then he wasn't the guy on the phone. Right, right, right. I see what you're saying. Yeah. I see what you're saying. It could it, it could be true. It, it, yeah. I mean, I would I would say the guy on the phone, if it wasn't Philip Jeffries, it's someone in Philip Jeffries' cohort. You know, whoever this mm-hmm. whoever this crew is that's that they want. I mean, that's Ray's word. That's what they want. You know, he doesn't say that's what he wants. Um, mm-hmm. So that that's part of where I'm getting that like in you know now, insinuation a... that there's a group here. Here's a suggestion. Do maybe uh, could the woodsman be working with Philip Jeffries to get Bob in like you know the scene oh, where they the scene where they you know sort of dug Bob out of Mister C's body like they didn't they didn't really get him or they couldn't get him yet or they need him. You know, they need uh, Mr. C in the convenience store first, so they need him in the Black Lodge first, so it wasn't the right time. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe there's some sort of caveat there. Because that's the only other they we know that's operating on the show, right. sort of collectively like that, 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 that could be connected to wanting Bob. Um, that's true. Without being, like, just random new characters we haven't seen before. Right, right, right. That's, yeah, uh... It's a little, it's a little confusing if it's them, but, um, uh, but then we don't know that much about the Woodsmen, so. And, and, you know, we, we know Philip Jeffries went to the convenience store and the Woodsmen are from the convenience store. So there's a connection between the two of them. True. It's a good point. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't know. Hard to deny. Um... So, uh, Ray reaches, oh yeah, here, yeah. So Ray reaches in his pocket and gets out the Alcave ring. Um, oh no. Yeah, yeah. So here's where things like took a turn that I really wasn't expecting. Oh uh, yeah. So apparently Jeffrey said to put it on Mr. C after Ray killed him. Mm-hmm. Um, Ray got the ring at the prison from someone dressed as a guard that he had never seen before. Um... Uh, Mr. C tells Ray to put the ring on his ring finger left hand. Mm-hmm. The spiritual Uh-oh. finger. Oh no, you think about that, Ray. <laughs> um, uh, uh, Mr. C asks for the coordinates that Ray got from uh, Hastings' secretary. Ray asks if Mr. C can trust the numbers. He says, I know who you are. Um... That's a weird one. It's, I'm getting lost vibes with that line. 
It's like it seems mm-hmm. like it means something crazy, but I you know I don't I don't really don't know what he means, honestly. Um, Ray uh, asks again to reach into his pocket. The coordinates are written there, apparently. Um, meanwhile, in the other room, the remaining gang watches the proceedings on uh, the camera feed. There's a giant video screen there, and. Um, Richard Horn steps out from behind the group mm-hmm. to add another, like, what? Yeah, all this of a sudden Richard shows up. Yeah, Richard's there, like, what? So, I mean, that raises some questions. Yeah. I assume that, you know, I, I'm assuming that this is definitely his daddy at this point. I'm, like, totally convinced. But how did he get here? How, how his car he, how but how but why why would he go here how, how does he know these people do these people know red do these people like what's the connection i mean how would he mm-hmm. you know what i mean what's it's it's so random is it coincidence is it is it just random coincidence that he goes here to hide out and his daddy's there <laughs> oh jeez. yeah i mean first of all if Mr. C is his dad, how are they ever going to find that out? Like, you know, unless he's well, like, he my mom. Him. Well, he well, he would have to know who Richard is and, and have to real, you know what I mean? There should be some logistics of just like, who are you? Okay. And who's your mother? Okay. And yeah. that's the one I raped? Okay. <laughs> I raped her. Check, I'm check, you know what check. I mean? Yeah, so it just would take some dancing. Are you an evil bastard by any chance? Yeah, that's what I mean. Like they can be in the same scene, but it can it it doesn't. It's not necessary that it ever comes up. You know, they don't like look alike. They don't like you know what I mean. It's not like right. It would be necessitated just because they're in the same place. Yeah. So they'd have to like figure out a way to kind of make it clear, or he gets a you know, Mister C gets a weird vibe from him, or yeah, you know, something something would have to happen where that that connection becomes, you know, um, text instead of subtext, I guess. Right. Um. But I mean, there's a lot to talk about here. We're not even done with the scene yet. No, um, no, no. Shall I uh, finish it off here? I guess uh, so. Jeez. So Ray hands the coordinates to Mr. C. Uh, he asks, uh, where is Philip Jeffries? Ray says the last he heard, Philip Jeffries was at a place called the Dutchman's, but it's not a real place. Ray, <laughs> then at that point, Mr. C shoots Ray in the head, killing him, and says, I know what it is. At that point, we see the ring that Ray has on disappear and kind of drop into the Black Lodge. And mm-hmm. we also see Ray's body in the Black Lodge. Um, we Then we see the empty ring table, and then we see a hand replace the ring there. Mm-hmm. A hand wearing a wool jacket. Yes. Yes. <laughs> like everyone's favorite one-armed man's jacket. Yeah, so um, definitely this ring stuff is... Uh, Monumental. Uh, yeah. Not not what I was expecting. It's like, it's like you put the ring on and it transports you to the Black Lodge somehow? Well, we knew... We always suspected that, right? We suspected something like that was true with Agent Desmond's disappearance. Um, now, I think oh, yeah. what's... Yeah, don't forget about that. 
Um, Forgot some, about that. Yeah, something like that's true. And, and we did sort of see that's what happened with Dougie, right? Um, he went to the Black Lodge. He had the ring on. Right. Uh, now right. that was, you know, another big event happening at the same time. So it wasn't a sort of clear-cut um, scenario there. But I, but there's a couple, I think, things that still muddy it. Like, is it, you know, I, because at first I thought, oh, if if the ring is on a person who dies, then the ring just teleports back to the Black Lodge. But then his body was there, which made no sense to me. Why would his body be there? And and I don't remember. I meant to look for this. Do we see Ray's body? again after we see it in the black lodge or are we supposed to believe his physical body is now in the black lodge i don't remember i don't think we see it again but um but i don't think we see definitively that it's not there either yeah i think they cut to the fuscos here yeah uh so that's what i was confused about because first i was like okay listen if you kill somebody with the ring on the ring goes to black lodge i can deal with that if you kill somebody with the ring on and then their body literally is not in the real world anymore and goes to the Black Lodge, that's a new crazy thing. Um, that to me is really crazy. Or is it that that was sort of the representation of Ray, his soul or something in right. the Black Lodge? You know, because we saw a version of that with um, the in the season two finale. Oh, like uh, with, with Laura. With Cooper. Yeah, with Laura, but 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 also specifically with um, um, Annie, you know, being shot on the ground, um, you know, when Cooper and Annie are lying on the ground, that kind of shot, and also with like Caroline, that whole right. thing, yeah, you know, that whole like a body on the ground in in sort of like the murder pose or something. Um, so we've seen that kind of thing before. I don't, you know, we're not supposed to think those are their actual bodies from the real world. Right you know yeah no i was uh, just saying uh laura put on the ring but clearly her body didn't get transported because mm -hmm. you know it's <laughs> the discovery of laura palmer's body is kind of where the series started <laughs> well and that begs the question what actually happened there because i think the prevailing theory is that laura putting on the ring prevented bob from doing the ritual where he would take over her body right but in turn he so in turn he had to kill her um, but, but yeah, why didn't the ring, you know, or, or, or did the ring take her to the Black Lodge, but just, you know, her spirit or something? Right. Also, you know, what that's about the... Teresa? Like, who gave Teresa the ring? And yeah. Why? And it didn't seem like Teresa went to the Black Lodge when she died with the ring on. No. Um, but I guess that's the question. And that's always been an open question to me is who gets to go to the Black Lodge when you're dead? Is you know now Hawk seems to suggest every every soul passes through there, right. but it, that seems unlikely to me. <laughs> and and I wonder if only certain souls pass through there, or you or you can you know sort of be summoned there. Mm -hmm. um, you know it's a bit weird with when when Windermerl and 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 Cooper are having their confrontation in the season two finale because you know he's seeing all these different Cooper seeing all these different people. And then it sort of said, like, oh, that's Windermerl. But is he causing projections, you know, or is he really bringing forth these people, you know, uh, to, to sort of mess with Cooper? It's kind yeah. of unclear. Yeah. 
Yeah, it seemed like he was the, uh, uh, he was the Laura doppelganger at some point. Yeah, yeah, they make it seem like he was doing his his same old like costume changes, you know, yeah. where he was he was sort of masking himself in the guise of other people, but in this like supernatural way, but still like classic Wyndham, you know. Right. Um <laughs> so that begs the question, you know, again, like who gets to go to the Black Lodge, you know, because may, you know, to me the simple ex- explanation is, you know, everyone doesn't just go there if you die. There's certain ways you can get there. You know, Glastonbury Grove is a portal you can get there. Right. And the ring is a way you can get there. Yeah. Um, and we also talked about before on the podcast about, um, uh, you know, after, let's see, uh, after Leland kills Teresa, we see the grandson in the motel parking lot sort of dancing in a circle, doing some kind of ritual and my sort of crackpot theory was he was sort of opening up a portal back to the Black Lodge, presumably taking the ring back there, I think was my idea. Um, but, you know, that begs the question, you know, what happens? What happened to the ring after that? And, you know, who gave her the ring? I think Leland gave her the ring? Or Bob oh, gave her right. the ring? Oh, right, I remember I had the theory that, that Mrs. Tremont and the grandson gave her the ring. I forgot about that because they were living seemingly. I mean, it, it feels like the clues are there that they were living in a trailer like right by hers. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's where the ring in her. Yeah, the ring is returned to her trailer afterwards. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Right. That's right. Um. Uh. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know exactly why, <laughs> but um, the grandson did it. Uh, did tell him to fell a victim. Yeah, and you know, maybe, maybe, yeah, what is, the, does the ring take a dead person's soul to the Black Lodge, and then something happens, they can access it, or, you know, yada yada Garmambosia. <laughs> it's always that Garmambosia. It's yeah. always there for the taking, I swear. It's, Fit yeah. it into whatever, whatever theory you have, you can yeah. fit in some Garmambosia. It hasn't played a big role yet, um, and it doesn't seem like it will, but, um, but yeah, it's a, it's a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so... This, I mean, this makes me think even more that actually, so just to track the ring a little bit, um, uh, so, so the first time we saw it, you know, in the new series, Dougie had it, right? So, mm-hmm. I mean, I think, I, I think Mike and, and so on, like, I think they didn't know about Dougie. Um, I think they just learned when, you know, mm-hmm. the whole like extraction thing happened and then it, you know, it didn't work. And it seems like the ring was part of that, um, that it that it somehow uh, helped to allow him to uh, be transported to the Black Lodge instead of Mister C. Um, which is it? You know, which you know that that what's weird about that little sequence is it is it the ring or is it Mister C not spitting up his garmambosia right, in time? Right. You know, and whoever spits up first gets to go to the Black Lodge. Right. You know, so it is a bit little little, not cut and dry there. Uh, yeah, I agree. But uh, I would say uh, my my assumption would be that the ring uh, came from. Um, Mr. C. So I think 
like, so where did he get it? I mean, I guess he could have taken it from Annie or taken it from the, the nurse, if, if that scene mm-hmm. counts. Um, uh, cause he was, you know, I mean, he was there. Uh, it, is it, you have to, is it the ring transports a person once someone is dead who was wearing it? Because otherwise, shouldn't he have been transported or even really sort of dug in a way, like instantly, you know, if we yeah, follow yeah. the it doesn't, the it doesn't seem like it transports you instantly. But there, I mean, the Chet Desmond thing is a special, that that seems to not usually happen. I mean, he, I don't think he even put it on. I think he just... Well, that's the thing. If but But what I'm saying about that is, if Teresa was the one who died, but the ring was sort of taken off of her before she transported... Then it still has like a, you know. Oh, a transport. It still has a, like loaded has a, up. Yes, thank you. It has a transport ready to go, and so that's why as soon as he touches it, he just vanishes. Right. Um, that's interesting. Know. It was just like a yeah. leftover, like yeah, mm-hmm. transportation ticket or something. Yeah, it's like when you go to Express. a parking meter and like yeah, there's time already on it. Yeah, it's just it's exactly like that. <laughs> I'm trying to make this work, you know, because I feel like they would have thought about the whole entirety of what they've shown about the ring. Um, yeah. And so I, I, you know, I'm trying to figure out how to make it consistent. Um, but yeah, I mean, we we definitely were thinking that it had it it, it took you to the black lodge. The question really becomes like, you know, who keeps bringing it out of the black lodge and how? Well, yeah, I mean that that's what I was trying to say earlier, like that the introducing the ring the fact that ray is carrying the ring when so right so uh presumably mr mm-hmm. z had it gave it to dougie dougie brings it back to the black lodge and we see mike place it back on the ring table there's mm-hmm. only one ring i feel like right i mean there's not like more than one mm-hmm. ring that just like they cycle them through you know they're not mass producing those things yeah. um so uh somebody got it from that table and gave it to Ray. Um, you know, perhaps it passed a few hands, but, you know, somehow it got from that table to Ray's pocket. And, so I'll be Philip Jeffries. Uh, yeah, that seems like the most likely candidate um, through this guard or whatever. And uh, that implies that he has a direct Black Lodge connection, which is not mm-hmm. something that I necessarily thought um before well it's it's sort of piecing the you know tying into this whole piece of the puzzle i don't know what metaphor i'm trying to go with here um with philip jeffries painting the picture if you will of philip jeffries um because you know we do know from fire walk with me he 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 he's one of the few people that have been to the convenience store right uh slash black lodge and stuff so that gives him some inside knowledge, presumably, about what's going on. You know, how... Now, the question, I guess, is, like, how do you get the ring from the Black Lodge once it's yeah. there? Do you have to go to Glastonbury Grove to do that? Is there other... way? Are there, are there other sky portals that go there? Um, you know, do you just do you just find the right sky portal and it leads you to the convenience store and then you open a door and you're in the Black Lodge and then you go to the table and get the ring and then how do you exit? um so that's a little confusing um but the idea that he and even even muddles really the whole the whole 
gambit of uh, of Mister C going back to the Black Lodge in the in the beginning, right? With you know where Cooper is coming through the machine and and like Dougie and Mister C are freaking out. Like it muddles that because this suggests that this person, presumably Philip Jeffries, um, thought that the way to get Mister C back to the Black Lodge was to kill him with the ring on. Yeah. Whereas what really seems to be true in the first part of the series is that Cooper coming through the machine would have done it if right. not for Dougie's existence yeah. slash Dougie's existence having also having the ring. Right. So that's why I'm assuming that's a plan B, you know, like that's something that that he's doing after that fail. Okay. That helps. That helps. You know, because, because the, I think they make clear that, yeah, Ray got past the ring in prison. So that's after, that's after. The so Dougie he was switch. given the ring. He was given the ring. Oh, what did he say? Oh, right before he walked out. Yeah. He walked out. So. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So during it, the, it when they the were prison. let go by the warden, yeah. he, somebody gave him the ring then. So, it was most likely retrieved more recently. Yeah, so I think I think it's a I think it's a like well the first way didn't work, so now so, we'll kill him and put the ring on and that'll that'll yeah. get him back. This is mirroring the Dougie story where there's just all these assassins failing to kill their target. <laughs> Definitely. So the idea was 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 you know the guy on the phone was like hey, you know I'll, I'll be with Bob again. You're gonna go to the Black Lodge tomorrow. Because yeah. now I don't know if, why he would know this, but see that's why I feel He's like it got doesn't a work. Well, but I feel like he should know that Cooper's coming through the machine. So I feel like maybe even then he's he's expecting the ring to, um, because because at that point Chantal has been talking to Ray right on the phone. And whoever hired them knows that Mr. C is alive, right? But yeah. I guess was that, but that was before. That was before Cooper goes to the machine, I guess. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Maybe it doesn't work still, or maybe it still works. I guess it depends on how you look at it. <laughs> like he, so this person. Oh, but he hasn't given the ring yet. I guess maybe the beginning is that he. He's like, oh, how am I going to get rid of Mr. C? I know. You know, and then Chantal and, you know, he they hire Chantal. Well, see, yeah, why would why would he be... Why would, Sorry, I'm all over the place. With, now, by Chantal, you mean Daria, right? I keep saying Chantal. Thank you. I okay. meant Daria this Just whole time. Just sure. Thanks. Um, so, but if they were hired to kill him, why would they be hired to kill him before they have the ring to put on him? Right? That wouldn't make any sense. Oh, yeah. They were supposed to kill him back then. Yeah. So that Oh, no, but I think he says... Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Because... So that makes me think, like, maybe he had the ring then. I mean, I I guess maybe Ray had it then. But no, he didn't have it then because he just said when he got it. Yeah. So the plan was there. Okay. I'll have... We'll have them kill mr c and then they'll tell me when he's dead and where his body is and then i'll bring the ring and put it on him and he'll go to black lodge but 
what ended up happening is they don't kill him. Cooper comes to the machine. He doesn't. Oh, but he's going to have the ring because Ducky has the ring. Ah, that doesn't work either. Yeah. <laughs> so he can't even think to use the ring because Ducky has the ring. Yeah. And then why would, like, Mr. C get the ring to give it to Ducky where two days later this guy, Philip Jeffries or whomever is going to get the ring to put on Mr. C. Like it's, that's a little, that's a little crazy. Yeah. It's uh yeah, it's kind of a mess. It's kind of a mess. Um, I also wanted to throw in, is it future? Is it past? Like, like what's up with the ring might be that we're seeing it at different points in time that don't, align normally mm-hmm. you know maybe when we're seeing it on the table it's at a different point when it's is also in the real world <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah mm-hmm. well if you throw that in that's uh yeah that's i have tough. to there's it's tough without it yeah it's a little i, I don't know i i can't figure it out so it was great to see the ring, though. Um, and, you know, Mr. C, I guess it's not exactly the same symbol, but, you know, when he showed Daria that card with the little splotch on mm-hmm. it with the chicken wings, he's like, I'm looking for this. Now, he wasn't saying I'm looking for the Alcave ring, is he? I assume not. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, here it is, and he doesn't seem to want it Um, but maybe he wants it for this kind of situation i mean i don't buy that but (laughs) (laughs) yeah it does seem like it does seem like the symbol should be connected but yeah I i don't think i don't think it just means the ring he's looking for a giant owl i swear that's what it is he's looking for the mother of all owls and by mother of all owls, I mean experiment. Owl experiment, mother. Yep. <laughs> when I said she's my mother, I meant owl mother. <laughs> Yours and mine, owls. Owls. Mm-hmm. That's how language works. See what I did there? And here's the other thing. If Ray's entire body went to... Um, the Black Lodge, I think the guys who are watching on screen should have reacted in some way that suggested they saw a person disappear. Yeah. And we didn't really see them do that. And he would, you know, they wouldn't, I mean, he wouldn't have to explain, but I think they'd be like, uh, why'd that guy vanish? Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe it's just, maybe it's just the soul or something. That's what I'm thinking. I think it's just the representation of Ray is is there. Um, it seems like Mike should just hold on to that ring. Like he like like he's involved in in helping Ducky slash Cooper. Seemingly try to wake up, and I don't know what he what he wants him to do once he wakes up. Right, that's an open question. Right. Presumably stop Mr. C or, or bring Mr. C back to slash Bob back to the Black Lodge. But yeah, so maybe he, he's collaborating with Philip Jeffries as well. Mm-hmm. Sure, maybe, yeah, maybe Mike gave Philip Jeffries the ring or yeah. something like that. But it seems like he, if he knows the ring is in play by bad people, um, 
then he should like hold on to it and stop putting it on a table where everybody can get it. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I guess that's the question. And you know, we don't really get to see him or get a reaction, so I don't, I don't really know what he thinks about the ring showing up. Mm-hmm. Um, whether we're supposed to believe, like, you know, oh, my plan didn't work, or the ring, I, it was gone. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <Who knew? laughs> Dang, damn it! I just put table. it over there like two I days just, ago. I just put it over there. Days don't exist here, but it was whatever that means. Ago. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, yeah. This is this was this was jam packed with stuff to talk about. I don't even think we did we talk about everything in this scene. I think there was some more stuff um, even before this. The ring. Um, what else was here? Oh, the y'all. I mean, the they. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a weird one. It sort of reminds me of when Leland's doing his confession, and he's like, they made me kill Teresa, and they made me... Do-. You know, it's like... That's a really, really, really good point. I forgot about the whole they there, where all of a sudden people... people Right before they die, they want to blame they. What's it's with just, that? Yeah, suddenly there's a group when it's like... Mm-hmm. It's, it's just one it's guy, been one... right? It's been one person the whole time, and now before you die, it's a group, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, why do you even think it's a group? Why are you... Yeah, but that, but just the fact that they are... Even though it doesn't quite make sense, the fact that they're writing this way makes me think it is a group. Well, and it's weird when he says, like, Jeffrey says you were going to kill me. Jeffrey said I was supposed to put this on you after I killed you. So, so at some point, after, you know, when Warden Murphy is letting him out, he gets a phone call. Right? And he's talking to Jeffries. Uh, and Jeffries is telling yeah. him, right? Do, do, you, do you suspect it was at this point in the story? Do you suspect it was before he goes to prison he hears this? No, it sounds like it sounds like he got it at the prison. Yeah. So so somehow he's getting he's talking to Jeffries on the phone and then the guard comes out of nowhere with the ring. Yeah. Part of me thinks the guard was Agent Jeffries. I but since be he had never, but since he had never seen him before, he didn't, he didn't think know what he that that like. was him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I agree. I feel like that's the most likely candidate for who that was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. It would it would make sense. He just... You know, David Bowie has a song called "Guard." Uh, no, sorry, I made that up. <laughs> he probably does. He has a lot of probably songs. Does. He Something does. with guard in it somewhere. Something is guardian or yeah. Yeah. Um so okay, so then he says, you know, now you know what I want, Ray, and Ray's like, okay, you want the coordinates. Why does he want you know, why does he want the coordinates? And then he says, You want the coordinates I got from Hastings, rather his pretty secretary. Mm-hmm. So so again, they're doubling down that the secretary had the coordinates. Betty, he names her, just to make 100% mm-hmm. clear that it's not Ruth. It's not Ruth. Good point. It's Even though, like, Ruth's the librarian, not the secretary, yes, 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 but Betty, not Ruth. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they're totally doubling down on it. That's what the story is, and I, I, I just don't... I mean, there's a lot of off-screen stuff, so it could work, but let's just say I don't have any scenario that makes sense right now. Is Betty... Did, did they kill Betty? Yeah. Okay, Car- I was going to say... 
Car bomb. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was revealed. That was a few a uh, few parts ago. That was uh, the Buckhorn police. Like they they're they're like briefing um, Albert and Gordon when they're walking down mm-hmm. the hall, and they they say that his secretary was killed. Maybe she's the one who made the updates on the website, and uh, yeah, they have to give her the coordinates because they're going to put the coordinates on the website. Yeah, I guess. I, yeah, I guess. <laughs> I mean, it, listen, it's a bad theory. <laughs> yeah, just uh, these, uh, those coordinates, I don't know. They just went to another dimension and they told them to like break into a military facility and I don't know, mm-hmm. you're going to post them on the blog? And, and the coordinates just point to Twin Peaks? I mean, yeah. Yeah, which, which is extra weird. It's like he desperately wants these coordinates that point him to the place where he came out 25 the place years ago. He, well, the place he lives. <laughs> I mean, Major Briggs, you know. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Right, right. From Major Briggs' point of view. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. From Mr. C's point of view, yeah, exactly. Like, these are going to just leave back there. It's and, not really, and, it doesn't seem like it's a big surprise. Like, it's it's just, it's strange that they're... Yeah, I feel like he's going to be like, I should have known this was going to lead back to Twin Peaks. Like, yeah, yeah you should have known. Like, Yeah. Where did he even, I mean, it just raises the question for me, like, where did he even get the idea that the coordinates were a thing? Like, mm-hmm. did he just get this from the Major? Like, was he... Was he spying on Hastings and, you know, sleeping with his wife and, like... Uh, but then why was he even there? I, I... I don't... I just... I don't understand what happened. Maybe there. he thinks... Okay, so take apart the idea that he was maybe there. Um, maybe... Yeah, what, what you said about him spying on Hastings is kind of interesting. Like, he got close to the wife to get information from her. And she basically says, like, hey... Um, my husband, you know, Hastings met with the major. He's going to get some coordinates. And and Mr. C thinks those coordinates lead to somewhere important. And he just doesn't know they lead to Twin Peaks. But he thinks they lead to maybe the convenience store. You know, if he knows that um, Briggs has, has gone there or was hiding out there, whatever the sort of sky portal leads to. So maybe maybe he's thinking it's maybe he's just wrong and he's thinking it leads to the convenience store, although it's like well why would he want it there? It seems like he'd want to see the woodsman and they sort of came to his rescue. Right. Uh, but maybe that was you know maybe he didn't know that would happen or or he couldn't interact with them sort of because as soon as he was awake they were gone. You know they didn't like stick around for more right. planning. Right. You know like hey boss what, what do you or, do or next. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Got a mission? Yeah. <laughs> um, so maybe, you know, which I didn't even think about that as a weird thing that why wouldn't they talk more if they're on the same side? Right. Um, and they seem ever present. Um, yeah. So, yeah, wow, that is super weird. Damn. <laughs> Another mystery I didn't think about. Uh, okay, so then the other, I guess the other two big things here uh, was that, well, here's the weird thing he says, you know, you want the coordinates I got from Hastings, blah, blah, secretary. Do you really think I'm going to give them to you? Do you really think you could even trust the numbers I give you? Right? Which is weird because he's about to give them the numbers. Yeah. The coordinates. So it's weird that he would sort of put doubt in his head that these might even be fake coordinates. Mm-hmm. 
Um, which, God, if it was any other show, I would go, well, they're fake, because he just sort of said this whole thing. Right. And he sort of willingly gave them up, even though he should have known there was no way he was going to escape with his life. Right. You know, so if he's giving him the coordinates, maybe they're wrong coordinates. And maybe, you know, maybe um, there'll be a discrepancy between Mr. C and Diane with the coordinates. Right. Right. You know, and maybe his coordinates go to Vegas or I don't know, maybe I'm trying to send him towards Dougie or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, maybe that's the whole thing. He did, doesn't give him the right coordinates. Now, obviously, it would make sense if Mr. C goes to Twin Peaks at some point. Um, so this so them being the correct coordinates would sort of bode well for that. But I think it's too soon for him to go there. So maybe there's some more um, vamping to do. And it's like, you know, when Diane had her coordinates, she she made that that comment, you know, when she's like, she's like coordinates. And then she said plus two. Mm -hmm. And we were like, what does that mean? So maybe like Hastings coordinates doesn't have the plus two. So he has like part of the coordinates and they lead to like Washington, but like Mm -hmm. not quite the exact place. So there's a little bit more, you know, sort of plot to go through before he really gets to Twin Peaks. Right. Just kind of trying to figure that out. Uh, And then the next line, which is in line to be, you know, one of the worst of this whole sequence, is, I know who you are. Mm Mm-hmm. What does that mean, Ray? Uh, Yeah, yeah, that's, I have no idea what that means. Goddamn Ray. I know, it's like, this is definitely one of those, like, linen scenes where he mm-hmm. just throws out, like, all this crazy stuff. I don't, and I don't get that reference. And what then, reference is that, too? That's from this TV show called Lost. Oh, okay. You mentioned that before, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the show where they were dead the whole time, right? Yeah, that's the one. So, they, yeah. They start out dead, yeah. They start out dead and they end up still dead. They was still dead. Who knew? Didn't see that coming, folks. <laughs> but yeah, just like throwing out something crazy and then dying immediately so that we never really can just, learn. Yeah, you don't have to deal with the repercussions of your actions. Yeah, like what do you mean by that? I, I really it's like a, a doppelganger, um, a Bob vessel. Like I, I have it's no like idea. a death. It's like a story death grenade or something. It's like you just kind of lob this thing that's going to explode, but you're like dead before it right. goes off. So you don't care. It doesn't hurt you. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think uh, that means? <laughs> I mean, I have no idea. It's uh, that's uh, I mean, all, all I can think is, yeah, I, I know you're a doppelganger. I know you're. <laughs> I mean, what does he really know about any of that stuff? It's like, I guess it, it all depends on what Phil Jeffries told him. Mm-hmm. You know, and what what would he have told him? You know, um, I, I, that's not the real Cooper. That's not a real person. Who's Cooper? <laughs> like, it's just yeah, it's 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 weird. It's weird. Like, he's an evil twin of this FBI agent. Like, uh, I mean, it's it's just it's strange. He says it as though it's significant, but like, what could he really know about Mr. C that's significant? Well, I mean, what 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 is Mr. C? I mean, that's the thing. I feel like is he alluding to something we don't even understand? That's what I was wondering. Like, yeah, like what could he? What kind of thing could he know that we don't know? Because he didn't say, "I know what you are," right? 
Right. He says, I know who you are. Yeah. Yeah, and you know that it kind of echoes, although obviously that scene has some issues, Diane's thing, like, who are you? You know, um... When did she say that? Uh, in the inter- in the interrogation scene in the oh, but uh, didn't she know? <laughs> well, that's why I say that scene obviously is problematic. But the fact that they had her asking that like really intensely, and then Ray saying "I know who you are" makes it seem like somehow maybe mm-hmm. his identity is going to be revealed. I don't really know what mm-hmm. that means, but. Like, maybe there is a thing coming of, like, here's who he is, really. Oh, no. Who's his dad? (laughs) (laughs) Not ready for that. Oh, man, yeah. He's like Mike's son. Oh, God. (laughs) God. That's my boy. Yeah, I I didn't appreciate that line. I don't know what to make of that. I know who you are. Because what does it matter if it's like, if he's like, oh, Philip Jeffries told me you're a doppelganger. Like, what does it matter to tell him that? Right. You know, like that's, he knows that, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he must. He must. Um, okay, and then the last line was, um, uh, last I heard he was at a place called the Dutchman's. I love this thing. I love when he's like, but that's not a real place. Right. And he's like, I know what it is. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't quite exactly say it is a real place. Right. <laughs> right. He could almost just be saying, I know it's not a real place. Right. You know, uh, but, it, but it still means something to me. Yeah. Uh, it's also weird, you know, we had Jack Rabbit's Palace before, and now mm-hmm. we're just getting another, like, place that right. has a name, you know, the farm and the Dutchman's. Mm-hmm. I guess this was the farm. Yeah, this whole, this it's building was the farm. not a farm yeah, yeah, yeah. at all. Well, why would there be any farm, anything to do with a farm? I mean, you know, jeez. <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 so... Uh, I don't know what it means that it's not a real place, uh, but that's where he is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, what the fuck does that mean? Mm-hmm. Is it the Black Lodge? Like, I mean, that just that seems like, a way too easy. When what does something being not a real place mean? Like that that means that that's not a place you can go. That's not a place anyone can go. That's it's it, it, it's a it's a it's a um, acronym or it's a it's a pseudonym for a place. It's a mm-hmm. alias for a place. You know, um, there's no place called the Dutchman's, but there's a place that we call the Dutchman's or something. You right, know, right. Um, yeah. So maybe it, that's what I'm thinking. It's something like that. Sort of how there's a, you know. There's a the there's a place called the Bang Bang Bar, but it's really the Roadhouse. Right. right. You know, um, it's just like that. It's the Dutchman's, but it's not a real place. You know. Sure. Just thinking out loud. Um. All right. You want to go to the next thing? Um. Yeah. Let's do it. Yes. Actually, um, 
one more thing before we move on from this scene here. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so looking at the uh, the transcript from part one, uh, so um, so so Mister C comes in and you know reveals to Daria that he recorded the phone call that she had with Ray uh, mm-hmm. right before he walked in, and um, the uh, the big. Um, uh, the big line here is, um, so what do we do about Cooper? And so Ray says, I got another call from Jeffries. You have to hit Cooper if he's still around tomorrow night. So, um, so I think, uh, you know, because later, uh, this so-called Philip Jeffries character, you know, says, um, you know, you're going to be back in tomorrow. So I think, which, you know, we saw it was kind of the afternoon. So I think the idea is that if if that plan failed, mm-hmm. uh, then they were to then they were to kill him. And which is, you know, more or less like what he's trying to do now. Now, I don't know about the ring. That doesn't necessarily solve like how would they yeah, get the I feel ring? Like, I feel like he hasn't like he might know he should get the ring, uh, but maybe it's a pretty quick trip to the Black Lodge and back. So, you know, he doesn't need too much lead time, but. So, okay, that kind of fits, I think, one of the scenarios we uh, laid out earlier that that this was sort of, um, the ring was a sort of a contingency plan, the ring and the ray. Yeah. I'm really confused why we didn't remember this line, though, that Ray said, I got another call from Jeffries. Like, I feel like I completely forgot that happened. I got uh, confused about it. I, I guess the weird thing is, like, it's implied that, uh, not just in this part, but other parts too that that mr c and and phil jeffries were collaborating mm-hmm. and so it's kind of conf- it, it kind of threw me when it's like no he's actually trying to kill him slash take bob or whatever and and really mm-hmm. it's revealed here and i just didn't i guess like i was well blinded. that's a, that's what's interesting because it, it's not an explicit connection with these two sentences what he's what he's communicating it, it is once you know like he's working for jeffries because he goes I got another call from Jeffries. You have to hit Cooper if he's still around. And that doesn't mean that Jeffries said that necessarily. And I think right. maybe that's how I took it originally was not really connecting those two, that that was actually an order from Jeffries. Yeah. Uh, it was more just like, I got a call from this guy. And here's another thing that I'm going to say. Because, yeah, because <laughs> yeah, this whole thing with like, you know, how they got out of the jail and the ward and that whole setup, uh, I think I would have been factoring jeffrey's in more even with ray you know when we were thinking or when the sort of prevailing theory was he's he secretly fbi right you know and i guess it kind of connects to jeffrey's he's he's in a way technically fbi yeah like a deputy (laughs) yeah deputy ray yeah yeah wow yeah i completely forgot i mean part one geez it seems like 20 years ago 20 25 years ago (laughs) um yeah but okay, yeah, that's uh, that definitely helps. I think uh, solidify uh, that that whole idea, um, and yeah, it's interesting, you know, and this idea too that that Jeffries calls people, right? So he's called Ray, um, he's called Albert, um, and uh, you know, so I think like the idea of him calling Mister C in this scene, you know, with the with the machine. 
that the Mr. C is using would fit. Now, I guess you would say that it would fit that whoever's calling himself Jeffries is sort of doing all this. Yeah. You know, it's, it's still the open question if it's actually Jeffries. Right. Um, you know, the voice on the phone doesn't sound like what we know Jeffries to sound like. Right. Um, but I do wonder. But, you know, uh, there's production realities. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's not him. Um, and we well, don't, they didn't just recast or something. Well, yeah. So that's that's what I'm saying. Like, we, yeah, recasting aside, that's what I'm actually going to get to. But um, just in terms of what we've heard his voice on the show or, you know, Firewalk With Me, like, yeah. that's, you know, that doesn't match up. Doesn't mean it's not him. Just means right. it doesn't match up. It's not That's a, right. you know, check in that category. Um, if it was obviously Bowie, I would be more inclined. If it, or, or at least if he had, like, a southern, weird southern thing yeah. that was happening, even the sort of cadence, if that was sort of similar, but maybe the tone wasn't the same, I'd go, well, you know. But so that's kind of off. Um but that lead me to thinking about recasting, and I don't think Lynch would ever, you know, really want to ever recast. But that got me thinking, like, what's a scenario where if he's like, okay, this story really needs Jeffries, and we really have to see Jeffries at some point. I don't have David Bowie. Um, what do I do? And I'm wondering if there's a story reason where, like, you know, he can... Um, say that you know whatever happened to jeffries in the black lodge or in the convenience store like changed him and they just pull like you know the oracle in the matrix trilogy where (laughs) where she addresses it and she's like sorry i don't look like you know what you expected um you know or last time you remember me or whatever you know something happened some choices i made you know like this vague thing like something happened right (laughs) exactly um so i wonder if they could they could sort of plausibly pull something like that off where there's some story explanation of why he he's a technically you know a different actor right um but he's supposed to be the same character uh you know and obviously lost highway deals with that maholland drive deals with changing bodies and identities so that could be a thing that you know he pulls out of the ether to put into the story right right um yeah, I just want to throw that out there. I mean, obviously, there's the evolution of the arm thing. That was mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, a way of dealing with the casting situation. He did recast Johnny Horn. Not that that's a big role, but mm-hmm. technically, it's, it's not the actor who played him um, in the original series. So, yeah I, I, yeah, I mean, what I was originally thinking is maybe they just rewrote it to not be Phil Jeffries. Uh, for that reason sure um someone pretending to be him kind of like how i feel like they wrote it as harry truman and you know just basically changed it to frank and then put in some scenes where he talks about or some lines where he talks about harry you know mm-hmm. um like i feel like that it was envisioned as being as being the original truman um, well i think i think that's true if we don't ever need to really see him you know um but I, I feel like the fact that, you know, uh, the FBI brought Jeffries up, you know, as the leader of the old Blue Rose force, you know, I, I'm, I'm thinking they're leaning that way. Now, if somebody's pretending to be him, like I said before, they're going to have some explaining to do. Um. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, whoever this is, is clearly, you know, going to have some big role to play here. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So yeah, I I I assume we'll get something like an explanation uh, of what they're doing and why. I mean, it's someone who wants Bob, you know, and mm-hmm. and you know, I I don't really understand why original Jeffries would want Bob, but you know, to be fair, um, I I don't understand original Jeffries <laughs> at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, that whole storyline is completely baffling to me um and that was just you know uh that was just a small part of the now overall like jeffrey's mythos because you know you have yeah the history of of um the history of him with the the uh blue rose task force and um also there's that weird our man in rio thing um (sighs) big unanswered question uh, or yeah, or Columbia or something, but yeah, like, like something weird is going on there. Uh, Maybe I just want to quickly throw out there as an aside that because Albert you know, that, bought it, you know. Yeah, um, I just want to throw out that that the, the, the their man in Rio was killed. Right. And maybe their man in Rio was killed, and somebody put the ring on him, and he went to the Black Lodge. So maybe you know, I guess I'm trying to figure out a way where. His the one thing we know about him, this guy is dead, might you know lead to some other part of the plot where he comes back or somebody needed that to happen for some reason. Um, yeah, there's clearly some kind of South American connection in the story. Um, I, I, I don't get it at all, but um. I mean, original Philip Jeffries clearly had some kind of... He was, like, teleporting out of there. He was down there for some reason. I don't really understand. There's the uh, the infamous, like, box thing that was down there um, that, like, blinked and then it, like, shriveled or something. Turned uh, into silver or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And then there's this, and then there's this mysterious uh, FBI man who was killed. Um... And it seems like it was Mr. C and someone saying they were Phil Jeffries that Albert believed. Mm-hmm. Um, working together. And it's like, I mean, maybe it was just a long con. I mean, maybe it was like, you know, he, it's such a long con, though. <laughs> mm-hmm. I almost would want to say it, it doesn't work with the timeline as we know it. But I almost would want to say, like, you know, after that period uh, in Buenos Aires with with with. Um, Philip Jeffries, when he sort of, you know, reappears back at the hotel, like, like at some point, maybe he, I guess, and then vanishes again, you know, sort of goes to the Black Lodge or something. Um, like, did, maybe he, it doesn't really work, but I want to say, like, maybe he was, you know, uh, killing with Bob, like Mike was. And he sort of, and that's the be with Bob thing again. You know, I'm trying to give right. Mike's thing to Philip Jeffries and see if it works. Right. You know, Mike's reason for being with Bob again or, you know, that sort of same scenario. And right. so maybe there was some period of time. Maybe that's when, you know, <laughs> uh, Mr. C's is at the Palazzo, you know, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I that's think that when, was the same, in you know, the same place. Ph- yeah. Philip Jeffries took the picture of him, you know. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> uh, which could explain how I got to the FBI. True. <laughs> if he's. If he's like a double agent at some point, right? Um, but uh, but yeah, I'm just thinking maybe maybe that's a thing that could have happened. It doesn't really work, but um, 
you know, maybe maybe that's the thing that 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 could have happened, and that could be a reason why Jeffries wants sort of Bob again, in in like a sort of you know not good guy way. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's certainly not helping the FBI very much in the present. Mm-hmm. That we can tell. Um, it, it seems like he he's gone it... rogue if he um, is mm-hmm. indeed Philip Jeffries. And he doesn't seem to... Uh, and I guess, I think we were talking about that earlier, too, is that um, his wanting Bob to... Mr. C slash Bob to go to the Black Lodge, you know, on this day from this scene in part one... Uh, or the next day from this scene, um, he doesn't seem to make a connection between that and and Cooper coming back, uh, as if like this will necess- necessarily help Cooper return. Right. So he doesn't seem to be like under you know aware of the Dougie storyline and what happened there, and and it doesn't yes. seem to be sort of invested in like helping Cooper return. Yeah, he's he's you know so. Uh, he just seems to be more spe- specific to getting to Bob. Right. So that's kind of interesting. Because right. we, we sort of connected those two things, <laughs> you know, as an audience, I think. Uh, you know, Mr. C going back to the Black Lodge and then and then uh, Cooper returning to the world. Because right. those happen simultaneously. So, But it's weird that it's sort of uh, segmented which character, you know, sort of on either side of those two conjoining like plot lines you know there's characters on either side of it that don't know about the other side right right yeah 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 um uh i do i do think he didn't know about dougie um because it sounds like he thought the thing was gonna work like he would be taken Mm -hmm. back into the black lodge that next day um so i think presumably that was a surprise um, and that is when the ring arrived as well. Um, so I guess that's another thing. Like at that point, Dougie had the ring, so, so it wasn't even available. It only makes sense. I just, I think this is true. It just hit me. It, I think the only thing that really makes sense is that Philip, the, the man who claims to be Philip Jeffries, um, which sounds like an old Western. <laughs> it does. <laughs> Jimmy Stewart. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm Philip Jeffries. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, that's, that's great. Really an imitation, but... Yeah, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. <laughs> um, uh, I'm going to lose my train of thought here. Oh, <laughs> Thinking sorry. about Philip, Jimmy Stewart as Philip Jeffries <laughs> in an old Western. Um, I think the only thing that makes sense is that Philip Jeffries is the person who gave Dougie the ring. Doesn't that make sense? I I don't know if that makes sense. Because I mean, he's the one who gave it to Ray. So it clearly means he has access to it. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, so, I mean, but, yeah, in that case, he would know about Dougie, and then it's sort of like, but that's... that's oh, that contradicts what we just said. Hmm. Yeah, that I mean, and that makes it seem like he should know that that thing's gonna fail and then it almost seems like he's helping it fail and it's i don't know well, no i think it, the idea would be that he thinks it's gonna help like like putting that on dougie 
Well, see, the problem is we don't really know what, what he believes the mechanism is that's going to make Mr. C go to the Black Lodge, right? We don't really understand what he... Because yeah. there's a couple of things that are variable variables here, and we're just... It's not clear which one he is banking on. Right. So is he banking on something with the ring? Is he banking on, you know, Cooper returning through the machine? Is he banking on... The time of day, you know, there was the, you know, the clock was involved and all the numbers on the machines. Um, is he banking, you know, what, what's, you know, is he banking on, you know, Mr. C not being able to like with withhold his Garmin Bosia vomit that long, you know, all these things. So, right. yeah, it's kind of hard to really to pin that down to figure out that thing. But I was just thinking he if we, you know, we know he has access to it because he's the one who gave it to to Ray. So that's, you know, so Occam's razor would be, you know, he gave it to Dougie too in some way he thought would help. Yeah. But I guess I was thinking that, yeah, that, um, uh, you know, the Mr. C had it. I mean, the last, the, you know, the last location for the ring was, was with Annie. And, you know, so I, I was thinking that, you know, once it appears again in the Black Lodge, that's when he has access to it um you know afterwards but uh it is possible um, yeah i guess so you're saying you don't think the ring has been to the black lodge until from when annie had it until when dougie has yeah it, when dougie goes back that would, that would be my assumption mm -hmm. uh that yeah i don't know i guess i mean clearly dougie wasn't wearing it the whole time but that yeah mr c picked it I, up i just don't think mr c has access to the black lodge like that no, he didn't have oh, to. Oh, but he doesn't need to. He doesn't yeah. need to. Sorry. That's, yeah, yeah. He that's, doesn't need to. That's the key for making that work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> it did exit the Black Lodge, um, at least according to the missing pieces. Okay. Okay. No, that makes sense then. That makes sense. Um, and he was in the hospital. Mm-hmm. We know he was getting up to some business in the hospital. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, yeah. So he gives it to Dougie. Yeah. That would be my assumption. It's it could, it's possible that what you're saying is true, but that definitely makes the story. Why didn't he just more? But why didn't he give it? Why didn't he give the ring to Dougie and then shoot Dougie like he does to Ray? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, it does seem like when the interchange happened, it it mattered that Dougie was still alive, seemingly. Or does it just matter that Dougie goes to the Black Lodge? Like, whoever gets there first loses. Yeah. Well, yeah. As you said, there's a lot of variables. I definitely don't... Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But... Because it, it almost seems like... It almost seems like he didn't need... Like, why... For Mr. C's plan to work, why does he even need the ring? Yeah, I agree. I agree. It seems superfluous. You know, if it's about Cooper's going to return to the machine and he's going to go into a Cooper body and that there's two and that whoever holds their vomit long enough, you know, wins. Yeah. It kind of seems or, like um, it could be a contrivance just to get the ring back in play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's always... <laughs> Always got to watch out for our friend <laughs> contrivance. 
pops its head in. Like it isn't really necessary for the story, but mm-hmm. but yeah, it's just there so that it can be established as being returned there. Yeah, you know. Um, Not that we're gonna see anyone take it from there. Well, but we'll see it return there again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it that implies something. Since we, I mean, you know, if it was just before that, so if Ray just showed up with the ring, right? It would mm-hmm. be it would be different. Um, it Bare, like hardly. <laughs> well, it would. We would just have to guess that. Oh well, somehow he got it from the nurse. Yeah, it wouldn't necessarily mean that he had a black latch connection. That's mm-hmm. that's the thing. Like since we know it was sitting there in the Black Lodge, uh, it suggests that whoever that is has some way of accessing the Black Lodge, and so mm-hmm. that tells us something that I think wouldn't be clear. Um, well, if if yeah. they just showed up with it. But what it also does is it shows that Mister C doesn't have an explicit Black Lodge connection, so it's like doing that too. You know what I mean? Because if if we didn't see if we didn't see the ring go back, we would just we would just say, oh well, Ray got it from. I mean, he can still get it from Jeffries. Yeah. And we would just assume instead of it coming from the Black Lodge, that okay, the last time we saw it before then was the nurse had it. Right. So somehow he got it from her. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I guess my point is (laughs) we're propping up, you know, these these ideas with a lot of toothpicks anyway. So (laughs) one more toothpick. That's all they give us is toothpicks. (laughs) Doesn't doesn't change it too much for me. Um, I don't know. To uh, me, that's a significant difference in terms of how I'm viewing the character. Like if I thought he just got sure. it from the nerves. In terms of yeah, in terms of the care, what it says about the characters, yes. I'm just saying the plot level, like how the plot is working, it doesn't change. It yeah, that yeah, much, yeah. But... I mean, on the plot level, yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Functionally, yeah. Because like we know Jeffries has a Black Lodge connection, so it's just reinforcing something we already know. But I guess like an an inside one, I I don't know, like not just that he knows about it, but he can like get in there and, you know, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I guess without that, I wouldn't necessarily think that was true, or at least I wouldn't have any strong evidence that that was true. Or, you know, we we do have to also say, uh, you know, the idea of Mike giving it to Jeffries, you know, Mike did try to give it to Dougie or he showed it to him. Um, Yeah. Um, so maybe he did that to Jeffries and Jeffries took it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, uh, I mean, that's what I'm wondering. Definitely, like, Mike's role in, in the Philip mm-hmm. Jeffries storyline is called into question. Yeah. Um, and the fact that we don't get a reaction from him here, um, you know, is a little bit frustrating. Like, I kind of wish I knew what, what he's thinking when the ring shows up again. Did he know it was uh, gone? Did he? I mean, you know. He, it, you know, I gotta say, it was great, like hand and sleeve acting, uh, because I got a lot out of that. To me, it came off like, like ah, uh, yes, this again. You know, like the cycle continues. It mm-hmm. was like, it was classic Mike. You know, it wasn't. Um, it, it was. It was sort of 
you know, impenetrable in a way, but also like yeah. reassuring. Um, <laughs> I had another idea about this thing with Mike. Oh, I was going to say, what if um, Mike is inhabiting some human and that human is calling himself Philip Jeffries? Yeah, could be. Could be. Because um, he has to, you know, it's clear he wants to help with this plot. This it's story. The other one he was inhabiting was also Philip. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> A little. That weird helps my theory. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. can only inhabit Phillips. Yeah. Yeah. The and Phillip and Lord. the last name has to be a J. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Philip Juz. Right. <laughs> it's the spiritual vowels and consonants. Right. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I was just thinking, how could Mike be involved, but we not have act- real Philip Jeffries? Um. Yeah, maybe that's maybe that's the thing. It'd be weird, but I but I was just gonna say, you know, he seems to want to help, you know, help with what's going on here. He knows both sides of the plot, right? He knows the Dougie stuff. He knows the Mister C stuff. He, at least he should know about that because he's, you know, a yeah. Black Lodge leader, right? Um, yeah. So. Yeah. And oh yeah, I mean, and he's even said yeah, there there can only be one. Yeah, I forgot yep. about that. Yeah. Um. So he knows both sides of these things, um, which I think is important for the for like whoever this person one is. One of the few, right? Who does? <laughs> yeah. Um, we should so share anyway, a little. I know he needs to start a blog. Seriously. <laughs> Yeah, I hear Hastings has a has a blog that's not being used anymore. There you go. I bet he paid for the hosting for the rest of the year, I'm you know, sure at he least. Did. Yeah. <laughs> you know his login is like I heart Ruth. Yep. Um, you know. <laughs> Don't tell Phyllis is his password. <laughs> God. Oh man. So uh anyway, What's yeah. Your this wife's is... name? <laughs> oh jeez. Why? why? I'm trying to guess her login. <laughs> Maybe that's what it was. He was trying to get into Phyllis's blog. <laughs> she's got a blog now. Yeah, she's got a blog now. Everybody's blogging. It's hip and trendy. <laughs> Um, so anyway, I wanted to throw those ideas out there, um, because if this show is going to give us a million mysteries, we're going to give it a million theories. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, 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 I definitely like your, your toothpick analogy because it's, it is very much like, <laughs> I mean, we get like, you know, we'll, we'll get like something like an answer sometimes, but pretty much every clue is so little that, yeah, it's like you, you end up like building this whole mm-hmm. thing on. Yeah. And it's like it could yeah, so easily a, collapse. Yeah. It's a thing that you're sort of you, you're propping it up by your assumptions and 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 yeah. and, uh, and uh, inferences and your every, you know, everything uh, logic and, and just trying yeah. to like make it make it stay up. <laughs> yeah um 
and yeah, and, and sometimes yeah, you change out different toothpicks and it doesn't help or it makes it worse. It's like okay, great, I'm using less toothpicks now, but like it doesn't work, so you have to add more in, in different places. And yeah, it's this whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, that's why uh, <laughs> that's why we have this podcast. <laughs> Is that why? All right. It must be, right? There, if there's a reason. <laughs> Is yep. there a reason? I hope there's a reason. We should have been the, called the Toothpick Podcast. Yeah. It's clearly what we're doing. It's just all the toothpicks. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, well... Um, all right. I, so, I yeah. think we accomplished something there. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, this was, that was the, uh, the big, like, exposition in this one. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, that was, that was, like, the most new information we had found out about that storyline in, in quite some time. Um, since Hastings, I guess. Um, you know, and even that is sort of tangentially connected. Mm -hmm. Um, in ways that are, yeah, still not 100% clear. Ugh. someday someday it'll all make sense i'm sure but yeah it is interesting going back to the old stuff because like i mean this isn't like a normal show where they just wrote it as they went along like they have the chance mm-hmm. to yeah you know revise it and make it all kind of fit so it, i don't know it, do, it does seem like it more or less holds up um with what they're telling us later Mm-hmm. so you know, that makes things a little easier. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, not a lot easier, but, you know, easier than some shows where it's like, you never know when, oh, they just, they just changed the plot midstream. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you just have to deal with that now. Yeah. And is at least there's the sense that for the sort of big points of this plot, um, the big mysteries, it, it does seem like we're going to resolve it, you know, just to sort of like, yeah. you know, pulp noir story that's happening here. Yeah. Uh, with, you know, people trying to kill other people <laughs> for right. for a MacGuffin, you know, so, right. you know, and like hidden characters and, and stuff like that. So I feel like, yeah, we'll, we will figure out who this person is. Yeah. Um, um, I'm hoping it's David Bowie. <laughs> <laughs> Hoping to get hope. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it'd be great. But, uh, yeah, but I, I also would would be interested if they, yeah, like I, the, the kind of crazy thing I said about uh, if there's some sort of, you know, Jeffrey's has been to places like Carl said, and right, and uh, he came back somehow different. Like that might be interesting. Yeah, yeah. I and I would love a scene where he he comes comes back to like to gordon and he's like gordon i solved the blue rose case oh my god <laughs> it took me 25 or really like 20 he was gone for two years in fire walk with me so 27 ish years yeah uh but i finally solved it and i quit <laughs> <laughs> By the way, yeah. I, I racked up a lot of overtime. <laughs> Holiday pay, I mean, you guys owe me a bunch of money, is what I'm saying here. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, we can go to the next part. 
All right. Uh, so we go over to the Las Vegas Police Department. We have two detectives, Fusco, sitting there. Um, and we find out through this phone conversation that, in fact, they're brothers. It's not a weird coincidence that it's three detectives <laughs> named Fusco. Um, so that's, I don't know, that's kind of a reveal. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like a commotion going on in the background, but I think it's just filler. Uh, the third Fusco comes in and tells them that, uh, Dougie's prince, meaning Cooper's actually, this is a confusing point, but, um, it's, it's really Cooper's. Um, anyway, Dougie's prince matched, uh, Mr. C's in, um, South Dakota, which, you know, the infamous fingerprints, from mm-hmm. the infamous fingerprint scene that I have yet to understand. And uh, also, he's a missing FBI agent, meaning, you know, of course, Cooper. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, none of them believe this. They think this is just totally outlandish, that he escaped the prison, that he's a missing FBI agent. So they just throw the paper away. <laughs> and uh, then Anthony comes in and asks for uh, Detective Clark gives us a little transition there yeah wow um so as we talked about before it completely went in the uh took a left turn uh here um and it didn't go the obvious way where they'd say oh look and i guess you know you can't blame them it does clearly make sense that this this person who they know to be you know dougie um couldn't possibly be what this paper says right um how could one person be two people right um only on this show um so yeah it, 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 you can't blame them for for hitting that wall um i do wonder if there's some way that that you know like we said before like uh it's in the system or something like that yeah you know but so okay so if the prince match the prince from before that means that the spiritual fingerprint is not reversed because because yeah so does that go back to the the crow magnet or whatever he said i think like, that goes back like that 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 it was someone oh like they, wow i guess they they forced it to match i guess someone at the fbi or someone at the prison switched it or forced yeah. it to i guess it'd be I guess it'd be someone at the prison. Someone at the that's, prison. Yeah, yeah. Who? Yeah, that's right. So um, he's trying to match it up to what the FBI has, and he's like, yeah. "Oh, look, this. We did something wrong. Let me just flip this thing, and now yeah. it matches up to what the, who they think is Agent Dale Cooper." Yeah. And then when the cops, when the Fuscos do this, theirs matches up. It's weird. <laughs> the ones that don't match, they say is is Cooper. The ones that do match, they say isn't Cooper. Right. Um, classic. Um, <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, so, okay, okay. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I, would th- I, I do think there's a possibility. There's, you know, a record of this. Someone's noted this. Uh, somehow it's flagged or something, and... I could see uh, Gordon getting a phone call that, um, you know, someone uh, requested uh, Cooper's fingerprints in Las Vegas and, like, 
you know, yep. since they just got this clue about Las Vegas. I mean, it seems like that. Could... You're exactly right. And that's exactly what's going to happen in the scene. Like, like Tammy's going to come in. <laughs> I already see the scene. <laughs> Tammy comes in, you know, Gordon and Albert are there and, and Diane's probably on her phone in the background. <laughs> and, zap, zap, you know, with, with the scowl on her face, of trying course. to mouth secrets, <laughs> secret mouther. <laughs> and, um, and she's like, um yeah detectives in and uh just got just got a hit on dale cooper's fingerprints um and he's gonna say where and she's gonna say las vegas he's gonna mm-hmm. say lost what <laughs> or he's gonna say <laughs> it's 3 30 right <laughs> it's too early for dinner <laughs> Because he's Gordon and he's gonna miss here, and it'll be right. hilarious as it usually is, yes. which is very minimally. <laughs> and and then he'll, you know, she'll say Las Vegas, or, or Albert will be like, he'll scowl and he'll say Las yep. Vegas, mm-hmm. and then and then they'll they'll share a look, and that'll be it. They'll they'll you know realize it's it's a uh, fate or something. Yeah. And then they'll head down there. Yeah. But. This is what's strange, though. Are they really going to find Dougie? I mean, is it that simple? They go to Vegas. They, they go to the police to. station. They know where well, he Well, listen. Listen. You're, you're, <laughs> you're speaking logically here. I'm talking about storytelling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree that it does seem too easy. But it also seems like maybe... I don't know. The The problem is, there's as we talked about, there's like four other guys in line to kill Dougie. So mm-hmm. it's just like, is it going to be, I don't know. Is it going to be like, I, I don't know. Are they all going to fail before the FBI shows up? Or maybe the Mr. C one will be postponed and we'll just get three attempts. I don't know. That still seems like too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, before the FBI rises, or will they be there when one of them happens? Maybe. I think they'll be there when one of them happens. I I feel like of all of the four we named, which is like Duncan Todd, these two dirty cops, yeah. Hutch and and Chantal, yeah. and possibly Roger. <laughs> oh yeah, Roger, right? Um, yeah, uh, as sort of an alternate, like probably not, but who knows? Yeah. Um, I think I think what we're gonna see is Hutch and Chantal. I think they're definitely going to do it. I don't. I think the dirty cops. There might be something else happening there. Um, you know, I, it's still unclear to me. You know, the relationship between them and Duncan Todd, and and even sort of with Anthony. Who else? Who and how much leverage do they have over the other? And yeah. and, and and sort of why are they? You know, I, I'm assuming. You know, if the cops want to kill Dougie, then. It would be to cover their butt somehow on something, right. um, you know. But it's not clear what they're what they're doing besides just being dirty cops. Yeah. Um, so I'm thinking we'll see the Hutch and Chantal, and then I could see, and because you know how we talk, we talked about um, them probably, you know, sniping him from a distance. Uh, that you know, I could see the FBI like rolling up on them before they take the shot or something, and that's how. You know, Dougie gets out of that situation. Right. Um, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I still want to know what they want, though. Are they just getting Hutch and Chantal? I mean, they're just getting paid? Like, is it just... Mm-hmm. They're just hired? I mean, Mr. C has a whole warehouse full of lost boys now, you know, so... Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Do they... 
Yeah, do they know? Uh, Yeah, like, he didn't specifically say who it was, but do they understand they're going to kill someone who kind of looks exactly like their boss? (laughs) You know, like, Mm -hmm. is that... Is that cool? Or are they just like whatever? <laughs> I could see it playing out where they don't get a great look at his face or something. You know, it's just like that they're you know seeing through the view scope, mm-hmm. the back of his head, sort of a thing. Right. But but yeah, I mean, I you, you know in general they would probably want a description. You know, so it would yeah. it seemed like it would come up more logically. Yeah, and then, like, what's that? Yeah, I don't know. But I, there's there's been no clear motivation given except money, potentially, or, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, some kind of supernatural influence. Mm-hmm. You know, somehow he's just able to convince people to do things. Maybe he beat them at arm wrestling. Yeah, or, or <laughs> that's that's just how it works. In the crazy 80s criminal underworld mm-hmm. that is a Maybe rock, paper, scissors. Maybe that's, Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Something a little more really civilized. Good. Yeah, please. <laughs> All right. Um, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. This is definitely... I mean, the Fusco's... The Fusco's kind of bow out here as uh, potential, um, you know, major players, I guess, in um, mm-hmm. Rescuing Dougie. So... Thanks, but no thanks, Fusco's. <laughs> yeah, see what are you going to do? <laughs> I, I feel like we'll see them again. I feel like something could happen. Um, but yeah, yeah. It seems like they're they're sort of uh, stopping here for a bit, plot-wise. Yeah. Uh, Alright, so you want to go to this next thing here? Yep. Uh, so we're still at the police station. Anthony goes to talk to Detective Clark outside. He asks for poison. Clark agrees for a uh, fee. Anthony leaves. And then, this is his name, Crooked Partner comes over. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I have to look it up. Crooked Partner, just... Just in case you're wondering. I wonder if he's crooked. Yeah, I know, right? It's like the credits don't allow you to even speculate. Like, who knows? Mm-hmm. Maybe he's undercover. Maybe he's, you know, internal yeah. affairs. And he's mm-hmm. going, no, no, crooked partner. Uh, so he comes over and uh, Clark says he's cracking. He wants to poison somebody. Crooked partner says he'll call Mr. Todd. And do what? Tell him what Mr. Todd already knows? Well, I know. That's the weird thing about it. That's what makes me think, like, these characters... I mean, maybe just Detective Clark, but it just seems like these characters... Yeah, I don't don't know. It's weird. It's weird. Or maybe they'll call him and... And either... and, And maybe they'll... By the time they call, they'll know Anthony failed. Right. And maybe they'll... Maybe they'll say... Maybe Duncan Todd will be like, well, you got to take Anthony out or yeah. take Anthony out first and then go get yeah. Dougie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, it's maybe that's the thing again. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could totally see that. Um, $5,000 for poisons feels a lot. Seems like that's a lot. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. It's hard to trace. It's rare, maybe. Yeah, that's true. The hard to trace is good. Yeah. Um, 
That's the number one rule in poisoning people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah, I guess, you know, I mean, this goes back to that whole, like, there's this, like, ring of corruption in the office and in the, mm-hmm. in the police, uh, department. And yeah, it's weird well, because, like, we didn't even know about this until Bushnell just threw it out there. And this is the first time mm-hmm. we're actually seeing, like, what, you know, what that is, who those that's people are. That's why this this all seems to go back to this thing about Ducky like being good or or making people's lives better. I mean, he like his small little actions of solving the case files is like ricocheting throughout the city. Yeah. Um and up the chain, you know, up into the, like the upper echelons of like the 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 politics here, you know, depending on how far this goes. You know, I'm super, I, I can't wait till the mayor's involved, you know, or something. Yeah. Uh, uh <laughs> you know what I mean? Like uh it's just it's weird. Um Yeah. Well, that's what makes it like being there. It's like by just doing nothing, he's and repeating what people say. He's somehow having like a major impact. I mean, I guess also taking directions from the Black Lodge, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's definitely made a lot of made a lot of waves in pretty much everyone's life that's connected to him directly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, who? Yeah, literally everybody. Yeah. It's the Ducky way. It's, so, yeah. yeah, what are these cops going to do? I mean, uh, yeah, what's, I mean, what's the plot line It, here? it is confusing. It, like, it's, like, functionally it's weird because, you know, I mean, Mr. Todd told Anthony to kill somebody, so... Sort of like I don't know, it's just like they just don't know that I guess, um, and they think he's just he's just lost it and but decided on his own to kill someone. Huh. So you're saying but they it just don't seems necessarily kind of know they don't necessarily know who he wants to kill and why. Yeah. I yeah, guess he I says he wants to poison somebody. That made me yeah. think uh, they have no idea. Well, I guess I assume they 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 know it's about this, you know, fraudulent insurance claims racket. They probably know that, yeah. Um and that, you know, when he says things are heating up, so somebody's on to him and I gotta kill I think they get the idea, but yeah, it's not explicit that they know who the target is. Yeah. Or like the specifically like you know that bushnell knows and right uh all that kind of stuff right yeah that's interesting seems like it won't matter <laughs> i agree i feel like anthony's just gonna be putting the cross here especially now that he's failed in such a spectacular way yeah um not that i want him to be a murderer but you know um it's the kind of thing where, like, participating in this corruption ring is 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 kind of already doomed him. Like, it's too late for him to get redemption. Oh, don't tell him that. And so, <laughs> yeah, sorry, Anthony. <laughs> it, it, it begs the question, when, you know, was this weighing on him the whole time, you know? Uh, was he always skittish from the beginning? Was he bullied into this, this, this situation? Or was it just from his being found out that it all sort of you know, his his delusions came crashing down that mm-hmm. he wasn't as bad as he is or he wasn't 
you know, doing as much wrong as he was, you know, right. in, which would be another sort of effect of, you know, Dougie. Yeah. Um, sort of like bringing him to the light, if you will. Right. <laughs> From right. the dark side. Um, I'm saying he's Jesus, okay? That's what I'm saying. I, I can see it. Honestly. Dougie Christ. <laughs> yeah, right? Because then, then, like, Janie is, like, the Virgin Mary, mm-hmm. you know, the the frigid housewife. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not getting any from her husband, you know? Right. That kind of that tracks. Right. Uh, Sunny Jim is baby Jesus, and um, it's just anachronistic. No. Um, Jesus has good abs. Jesus has good abs. So... Well, if he can turn water into wine, I'm sure he can turn <laughs> abdominal fat into uh, a lean six-pack. <laughs> it's it's uh, staying away from carbs. <laughs> yeah. You know, when he had all those loaves that he fed to the, to the mini, you know, he oh, didn't yeah. have any for himself. True. Anyway, um... Yeah, so this cop's introduction with the cops, I would have never called it at this point in the story. We're going to get two new pairs of middle-aged white cops. <laughs> uh, it's a whole lynch trope, I swear. Yeah, it is. Um, so, you know, we got this whole thing to go through now. And, um, and yeah, I mean, just in general, though, if we take a step back, like, the story is huge and sprawling. I mean, there's parts of this story that are just segments of the, of what's happening that has like 50 characters in it. Yeah. You know, um, it's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, and it like doesn't connect to other parts, you know, uh, I'm still waiting for those roadhouse scenes at that one booth with random oh. people to make sense, you know? So yeah, them throwing like two new characters in here is, it's kind of weird, but I guess part for the course at this point. Yeah. And then what's going to happen when they fail to kill Dougie? <laughs> I know. Uh, I mean, yeah, that, that's why, yeah. I mean, I'm hoping that there's a shift. Even if Cooper doesn't come back, like, I'm hoping there's at least some progression away from this just endless stream of people coming to kill Dougie and failing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, it's... We, it's like he's, this. um... It's like Dougie's like uh, I know uh, you you called him Chicken Boo, but it's like he's the Roadrunner. Yeah. Uh, where he's just sort of oblivious to all of these attempts to kill him. Uh, he's just going around beep beep. Right. You know, <laughs> repeating people in this like stupor while like all these coyotes are 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 trying to kill or, kill him and to no avail. Right. Right. <laughs> so weird. Yeah, painting the painting a tunnel on like the side of a cliff, mm-hmm. and like he runs through it somehow. <laughs> yep, yep. And then and then the yeah, then the bad guy tries it, and it's uh, it's the side of a cliff. Yeah, just like it was originally. <laughs> yeah. Why did you think that would work? Why would it work? <laughs> just because it worked before? Yeah. Come on. That's not how this world works. You're Get in a cartoon, real. homie. Exactly. <laughs> Wake up, dude. You're a cartoon. Stop being so stupid. <laughs> I like that attitude to, like, uh, <laughs> be mad at cartoons for not being more self-aware. Yeah. I, I agree. That's that's something that 
people should do more often. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, you want to go to the next scene? Sure. So uh, we have a brief scene of Hutch and Chantal driving through Utah, I would say clearly on their way to Las Vegas. Um, mm-hmm. And they have some dialogue about Mormons. All right. <laughs> that I don't feel the need to summarize, but, uh, you know, it's in there if you want to mm-hmm. check it out. Uh, so, yeah, this is, again, it's sort of like, I mean, I guess, I guess the, the first, I guess the first scene was establishing, like, maybe how, how they would, you know, try mm-hmm. to kill Dougie and... Their, their, yeah, attack style. I think this is sort of establishing, like, that they're on their way and like how close they are and mm-hmm. sort of the impending threat. I, I think, I think that's the point of this. Yeah. I think that works structurally. makes sense. But, uh, but yeah, there's not much, I mean, you know, what are you going to do? It's Hutch and Chantal. <laughs> mm-hmm. They're, uh... Where did they stop to eat? Was it Wendy's? Yeah. Nice. Wendy's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, yeah. They really wanted, they really wanted Wendy's. Didn't look like she got a frosty though, which is you know a little suspect. I don't true, know. true. Yeah, don't trust anyone who doesn't get a frosty at Wendy's. Yeah, I mean I don't get a frosty at Wendy's, but I don't either. They're not that good. <laughs> but... So so don't trust us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, so uh, shall we move on from there? Yep. All right, so we go um, back to Las Vegas. Uh, Janie E drops Dougie off at work in the new car. Uh, this is the next day, I guess. Um, Anthony arranged to pick up the poison that night, I think. So anyway, another Mm -hmm. day passed. Uh, Anthony intercepts Dougie as he's walking in. Um, you know, standard Dougie comedy here. Um, Anthony invites Dougie to coffee. He's uh, into that, I guess, or at least he knows the word coffee. Mm-hmm. Uh, they sit for coffee. Dougie suddenly decides to go uh, stare at the cherry pie. This is, by the way, the place where he got the pie that he gave to the Mitchum brothers. Yep. Um, so he goes to stare at the cherry pie. And meanwhile, Anthony slips the poison into Dougie's coffee. Dougie gets, uh, or sort of orders cherry pie. I mean, basically the woman behind the counter just assumes that's what he wants uh correctly obviously um so then uh dougie comes back to the table and i got confused here he starts rubbing anthony's shoulders i don't really know what he's doing well i have an idea of what he's doing okay i'm keeping it to myself okay uh, it's the one mystery out. No, uh, I think what happened because when I first noticed the dandruff, which I didn't think they were going to make a big deal of. That's what it I, is, is. Dandruff. I think it's dandruff, and I think uh, maybe maybe it's from anxiety. I don't know. Mm-hmm. He's scratching his head or something. But I think it's yeah. supposed to be dandruff. And when I first saw it, I was like, "Oh, that's a weird like detail to give this character." And then I then it was like they showed it again, and I was like. Wow, it's kind of comic. It's a lot. Right. Um, uh, but then what it looked like to me was stars. It looked like a star field, basically. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking 
that's what Dougie's singing. That's my crackpot theory. Is he was drawn to it because it looks like stars. Okay. Why is he drawn to stars? Well, because of his whole space adventure. Do you remember when he was flying through space? Oh, that's the from from actual Cooper memories. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. The same way he's drawn to other similar Cooper, you know, experiences. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And Anthony is thinking that Doug that he's like sort of massaging or sort of consoling him or something, but but he's sort of like trying to touch the stars is is how it came off to me. And even that uh that jade thing, you can go out now. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. um, that was clearly a uh, Cooper memory, and and that was something that stood out because it's like I feel like they hadn't done that. So if what you're saying is correct, um, they hadn't done that again since. Um, so if what you're saying is correct, you know, aside from the the coffee and stuff, but like I guess a specific memory, you know, from from his more recent things. Exactly. Yeah. yeah not mm-hmm. just like that. He likes coffee and pie and you know and law enforcement and the fbi and... yeah exactly yeah. yeah it's more more like yeah specific and recent i guess is the right mm-hmm. thing to call it yeah that's interesting i had no idea what he was doing i <laughs> i i got really excited for a second because i thought uh i i thought ducky was gonna like transcend Become... here Oh no! Oh, they got your hopes up. Yeah, they got my hopes up. I was, I was really, I was really ready for it. I was... did you see him get bonked on the head? Why did you think it was going to happen? Yeah, I mean, clearly it's going to be a head bonk. Well, I started wondering, like, how is he not going to get poisoned here? You know? Oh, I see. And yeah. I thought, like, oh, maybe, maybe this will somehow. I mean, maybe it won't be permanent, but maybe he'll have some moment or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, alas, no, uh, he starts, uh, so as he's rubbing Anthony's, uh, star dandruff, uh, <laughs> the only thing to call it, uh, Anthony, uh, changes his Stardust. mind. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, Anthony changes his mind and takes Dougie's poison coffee away, um, Dougie takes Anthony's cup and drinks some coffee, and then the pie arrives. We see Anthony go to the bathroom and dump the coffee into the uh, the uh, the uh, urinal and uh, throw away the coffee mug, and then he goes back and apologizes to Dougie as he eats pie. Did you throw in the sobbing? Did you, and he's did sobbing. You, did you mention he's sobbing the entire time? He does time? a lot of sobbing. It's very very reminiscent of the Hastings thing. It's yes. like interrogation scene. It's yeah, like yeah, good point. Really intense um, level mm-hmm. of sobbing that you just don't often see. Um, mm-hmm. You know, especially from male characters. Yeah. Um, so that's... Uh, yeah, that's kind of a strange thing. Yeah, it made me think, especially in the the next scene with with Anthony talking to Bush. Now, it made yeah. me think like the, of the direction and just where he's just like, yeah. "I need more whimpering, Tom." <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, yep. like, like, you know, you have to, you know, you have to get to that point sort of on purpose. You know, yeah. if the if the scene says, you know, blah blah blah, Anthony's sobbing, you don't really get to this level. Yeah. So I'm just yeah, it just made me think of 
how these scenes were directed of like, nope, you gotta, I need, I need more. I need yeah. you to be the most pitiful person in the world. Okay. <laughs> you're, this yep. is your, you know, Mount Kilimanjaro can't compare to your mountain of shame. You know, <laughs> like it's, it's yeah. just, <laughs> but, um, so anyway, yeah, I, I, like I said, I think, I think Dougie was drawn to the stardust, which did sort of, um, uh, pique my interest in that he was having another sort of Black Lodge multiverse related uh, uh, memory or connection or something. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it, it's not unlike when Mr. C was uh, massaging Jack's face and beard where it's just sort of this action and you can sort of interpret it, but it's not clear what's actually happening and what the character is actually getting out of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It just made me think of that where it's just kind of like, here's something that happened. I don't know what's happening, but I can tell you what happened. You know? Right. Right. Literally, I guess. Yeah. So, uh, another thing I think, uh, we get out of this is, is kind of an answer to how he ordered the pie uh for uh mm. the Mitchum brothers like i'm assuming that he walked over there and he stared at it and then you know bushnell's there too and they're like do, do you want do you want the cherry pie and and uh and bushnell's like get, make it to go or something you know sure get him give him a whole pie make it to go yeah yeah, yeah. that's fair that's fair yeah i feel like that's that's how that could have worked mm-hmm. um uh, now that we see, you know, if he just kind of stares at directly, like puts his head down in front of the thing that he would, wants. Well, yeah, I guess you, you, you could sort of, there's two parts to that between those two things, which is, you know, if he goes in, maybe there is another Black Lodge flaming logo over a pie or something. Yeah. So he brings his focus. But it makes yeah. me think that if, if, if that's true... Where they had, where he goes in the store and Bushnell's there, and then they they say, "Oh, you want cherry pie?" You know, he probably would repeat cherry pie. Mm-hmm. So then that would mean when he's out in the desert with the Mitchum brothers, when they say cherry pie, you know, he's not just explicitly repeating them. It's something right. he knows is in there because he, you know, had the connection right. to it before. Yeah, 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 yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. That's probably true. Um. Yeah, I didn't necessarily oh, think we were going yeah. back to that place. Mm-hmm. Wow, yeah. Uh, I wonder if this is like, it'd be so crazy if it was like, you know, here's our cherry pie from the double R, you know? Like, we get our pies from the local double R or something. Oh, my God. That, uh, like, there's like a, there's like a, a franchise. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. In Las Vegas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That would be pretty crazy it's where britney spears goes when she does her show which could mean that it's the as we learn later the lower quality pie yep and so yep. maybe if he has the higher mm-hmm. quality pie <laughs> i i really think uh, unfortunately that that's a plausible theory <laughs> that <laughs> that it's really norma's special homegrown twin mm-hmm. peaks pie yeah uh from Marty's Double R, that uh, that 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 could be the nail that opens the coffin. <laughs> That's how nails and coffins work, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. You open coffins with nails. Mm-hmm. Why That's not? what I always heard. <laughs> 
yeah, anyway, that's it's at least a, a plausible theory. So uh, it's better than the nothing I normally have for how this is going to, you know, our bonk on the head, you know. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's something to go on. It's something that's interesting. Or they'll, all they'll do what they did with um, with Ben when he was, you know, the Civil War general, uh, where, like, he, you know, he, he, like, they'll just combine something with a with sort of getting hit on the head. So it's like Dougie eats right. Roma's pie, but then he falls down. Yeah. <laughs> and hits his head. And yeah. you won't know which one did it. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We'll just be we'll just be left podcasting for hours mm-hmm. about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I could totally see, you know, if Gordon meets up with 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 Dougie in Twin Peaks, I could totally see Gordon getting him some pie. Oh yeah, like you know, if he's like if you know he sees Dougie's out of it and he's like Cooper, you know what's what's wrong and let's get him some pie and some yeah. coffee and like you know maybe that'll do it. I could write an epic poem about this pie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I won't. Who has the time? Uh, all right. So you ready for the next thing here? Yeah. And also, it begs the question of, like, what would a Gordon and Shelley reunion be like? Yeah, well, we might get to see it. We might mm-hmm. get to see it. Hey, dirty old man. <laughs> what are you yeah, doing remember, here? Remember you were really inappropriate and I <laughs> reluctantly allowed your advances? You kissed me in front of my boyfriend. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Oh, man. What are you, old school? Oh, man. Uh, All right. Yeah, let's go to the next scene. All right. So we go back to the double R. Shelly gets a call from Becky. Steven has been missing for two days. Becky's upset, worried about him. Shelly offers some pie and ice cream and whipped cream. And uh, (laughs) Becky uh, agrees. Pie, ice cream, whipped cream. Oh, my. Yeah. This Becky stuff, oh man, it's so weird. Yeah, it's so like she's. I, I, she, I guess she's kind of doing the the battered woman trope, where where yeah. she's sort of you know loves him, but she wants to leave him, and then she loves yeah. him again. Yeah, and so this is coming off of. Okay, let's get this straight. There's only been like four Becky scenes, right? So the first scene, she's borrowing money from from Shelly, yeah. uh, and she goes in the car and does some drugs, and she's they're sort of happy, right? It's like a neutral happy couple. Then the next scene, we see her. He's yelling at her about finances and some insecurity he has, and she's like cowering. The third scene yeah. is um, she goes after him to try to kill him yeah. because he's cheating on her. Yeah. And now this fourth scene is she's like completely like upset and remorseful and like worried about him. Uh, so what's that about? Yeah. That's she's like, a different emotion. Every scene, uh, you know, you shot a gun multiple times into the door of his like secret girlfriend's apartment Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's not that crazy that he hasn't come back for a couple of days. <laughs> you did 
sort of kind of try to kill him, yes. Yeah, it's like, ah, yeah, I would be a little worried about going back. I mean, I think that's... Mm-hmm. I feel like she should doesn't need to be that worried. Yeah, Stephen's an idiot. He's not dumb. Yeah, it's exactly. <laughs> you know, and it was established that he heard it. Now, she doesn't necessarily know that he heard it, but mm-hmm. even still, if he comes home and there's bullet holes in the door, it's like, yeah, like, yeah. something's... You know, this is, uh, yeah, if I go home, I mean, who knows? You know, she's this crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, who knows what she's going to do? So, yeah, it's just, And why even know. go home? I don't, you know, it seems like it's over. Yeah, <laughs> it, it does kind of seem he like He clearly it's over. wanted to be with the other woman with the... Gersten. Mm-hmm. It's all about Gersten. It's all about the Gertie. <laughs> Dirty Gertie. Dirty Gertie. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, um, he's a Thurston for cursed. <laughs> Thurston for cursed, pretty good. That's pretty good. It's pretty good. Can't deny it. It rhymes. If it rhymes, it's true. That's a rule. Um, exactly. Okay, so but you know, I also I thought this was interesting. Uh, be, this scene because it, I think it gave us. You know, filled in a bit more about their relationship, you know, how Shelly is there for her. And it seems like this is something that happens. And there's always pie and ice cream and whipped cream involved by the mm-hmm. end of it, you know. Um, uh, so that was kind of interesting. Um, yeah, it's... It's it's weird that we have this scene, but not a follow-up. And, like, the next scene of the double R, she's not there. Mm-hmm. And she's mm-hmm. already gone. It's just like, I don't know, it feels a bit disjointed. Like, Well, because it seems like we're going to see that scene yeah. where she comes. And it'll have to have been after or before. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, the next scene where it's nighttime and, and you know, where, where Ed is there with Norma and the accountant. Right. Lover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I feel like, you know, because this is clearly after, you know, the previous thing with Bobby um you know when they met with becky in the double r mm-hmm. um whereas the later scene seems like it was probably before that um so yeah they're just they're i i just think they're they're out of sequence here uh and that's the weird thing it's like there's an alternate timeline here um which is probably going too far but just mm-hmm. like some of these stories are running at different rates, and I, I guess like since the crossovers are are sort of minimal, um, you know, it doesn't matter that much. But mm-hmm. I think that's what's going on. So yeah, I feel like we very well could get a follow up scene where she's there, and you know, it kind of should be the next day, but it won't be. And I guess in a way, that's that's why these are parts and not episodes. <laughs> right. <laughs> I guess. Where it's just a collection of scenes yeah. um, that that approximates an episode, you know, but yeah. fails in these particular ways. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It is. It is. Yeah. Sort of. Sort of like. Sort of like missing pieces, like edited mm-hmm. together. You know. I yeah. mean, not the whole thing. Like there are certain elements, like the Mister C, the Dougie stuff, the FBI stuff, where they're edited in a very linear fashion Mm -hmm. um from part to part but yeah a lot of these twin peak scenes you know um 
you know, some of them have things that progress, and some of them it's just like they could kind of throw that in anywhere. Yeah. You know, so uh, yeah, it's just like a little moment that is kind of you know removed from everything. So yeah, uh, I assume we'll get I assume we'll get more out of this, but this is just I guess keeping that keeping that storyline in play. I, I you know I don't know where that's going if anywhere. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I keep getting caught thinking that Stephen is Richard Horn. <laughs> oh, no. Like, I associate them in my mind. But uh, it's like, oh, yeah, Richard Horn. Richard Horn lives at the fat, at the new fat child just like Linda does. And no, he doesn't. Oh, no. No, he no, doesn't. He yeah, it's, it's messing with my brain. Anyway. Uh, all right. You ready to uh, continue from there? Yep. All right, so we go back to Anthony crying, sobbing. What was the word he used? Uh, whimpering. Whimpering, yes. Whimpering in front of Bushnell. Uh, he confesses to the Duncan Todd scam. Um, Bushnell says he already knew from Dougie. And he says that Dougie implicated himself. I didn't exactly understand that. Um uh bushnell asks anthony to testify against duncan todd he agrees <laughs> testify uh, you gotta testify, testify. Anthony. <laughs> i will dig down deep in your soul and testify brother <laughs> uh bushnell asks about the two crooked cops anthony says they're worse than todd um you know that's just the kind of line people say in things to make them more intriguing and i'm like prove it yeah i just it was i don't know it threw me um and anthony thanks dougie for saving his life uh so uh how did dougie implicate himself like is is this implying that in fact before uh the cooper switcheroo uh the real dougie was actually involved in the scam like is that is that what we're meant to believe it it was implied that he and anthony had like kind of um you know kind of a kind of an illicit friendship where they would cover for each other and stuff so are we supposed to think that you know what i mean like that actually he I, I, I it don't showed think... that he was involved. No, 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 no. I don't think so because I think Anthony would confess here and say that Dougie was a part of this too, or something like that, and they're just holding Dougie, Dougie harmless on all these charges. I think what he's saying is that the that when he was looking over all the case files and all, all the sort of all the corruption and fraud, um, that you know he was seeing the evidence that Anthony planted that Dougie was behind all of it, you know, behind it. And I think he's saying, even though there's evidence here that Dougie was complicit, he still came forward and showed me, you know, how you manipulated things. I think something like that is what he's saying. If that makes sense. That he, does that make sense? (laughs) Well, I, uh did i make a point um maybe so basically he says uh let me let me look at the transcript maybe i'm reading this wrong so 
So Anthony says, no, Bushnell says, says. Dougie even implicated himself. Yeah. Yeah, because he's saying, Dougie showed me, you know, Anthony's saying, listen, I cheated you. He said, uh, Bushnell's saying, yeah, Dougie showed me and explained this. And now that you're confessing, I have to admit I was really mad. Uh, uh, but it's subsiding. Dougie even implicated himself. I, I, that, to me, that just has to mean that 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 in Dougie's findings, there were some evidence that Dougie was guilty. Also, I, I don't know what else that means. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was. That's what I was trying to say. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the you know the real Dougie, like before, before the Cooper switch happened. No, no, no. So, okay, I guess where I guess that's where I was making a different point. Um, it's that this evidence is fraudulent, though, because wasn't the whole point that Anthony had to make it look like Dougie was responsible for this? That's why the Mitchum brothers were after Dougie for that brief period of time. So I guess that's what that's what I'm saying is like when he says Dougie implicated himself, he's saying he saw evidence that Anthony planted, but he doesn't know it was evidence that Anthony planted. Oh, I see what you're saying. Well, the th- but I mean, he had uh, the case files were handed over before that whole thing even happened. So, I mean, he he would have had to plant stuff about Dougie before he even knew that he was supposed well, to do that. I mean, someone should have been planted, right? When they, when, when, when Anthony was doing these sort of documents originally, right? I mean, he would have wanted to cover his tracks. I mean, I see what you're saying in terms of you know what we've told in the story, for sure. Um, yeah, I don't know what else he means then. Now you're saying he means that the original Dougie was involved. Yeah, that's, um, that's what I. I just, that's what it sounds like it means. I yeah, and and I could see taking it that way, but it seems like, it seems like, um, well, is, hmm, hmm. Well, I don't know. I guess I guess I I would expect Anthony to come off differently if Dougie was I guess, I guess maybe he's just not as guilty or something like yeah if he, if he was in it 50 50 I feel like some of their scenes should have played differently you know he should have he should have you know um you know there should have been more like leveling with him or like hey man if you go down yeah. I go down or or whatever if I go down, right. you, go down you know like things like that like if he was really in it for real yeah and I guess you could just muddle it up a little and just say, well, he was sort of in it a little bit enough right. to be like instantly forgiven for it and not right. being held against him in a way. So that's why it's like, I don't know. To me, it's I guess I lean towards it being the other like thing about the evidence. And maybe it's just a continuity issue <laughs> right. with sort of when the evidence would have been planted. Um, yeah. Hmm. Because he says Dougie implicated himself, which should mean it's the recent case files stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, which would which would bar it from being about the old Dougie? 
right? Well, the case files certainly came from... I mean, uh, he got the case files, I think, the first day he went as mm-hmm. Cooper. So uh, the case files must have existed. Well, no, yeah. I'm, yes, they existed, and they were you know, created during the time of the old Dougie. I guess yeah. I'm saying um, that whatever evidence implicates Dougie should have been... Uh, I guess Cooper, you know, illustrated that, too, in, in his Ladders and Stairs. That's, I guess, my point. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree with that. But, that yeah, I don't know. I guess, I guess it's, like, it makes sense if it's... If the evidence was was sort of illustrated in the case files by Cooper... But to me, it doesn't make sense if it's true that the Dougie, the old Juggy, was really involved. But yeah, I don't know. You're right about you know kind of how they, they came off in the beginning. There was a, a little weirdness there, and and Dougie, you know, the original Dougie we saw did seem like the kind of guy who was kind of sleazy. Yeah. Um. So you know, it fits. It definitely fits in that uh, in those in those fronts. Yeah. Yeah. I just, there was not an indication of that before. So it makes me wonder, like, it's kind of this strange thing. Was, was Dougie actually working for Duncan Todd? I mean, did they communicate before? You know what I mean? Did, I mean, how long has this been going on? I I don't know. It just, it raises some issues as far as the Mr. C stuff. If, you know what I mean? I don't know if, if, if he was actually, um, directly working with Dougie for i don't know possibly years i'd have to go back and see that line again about him covering for him and stuff like that and and reevaluate that because it it it, it, it's depending on how you take those lines and what's really communicated there it it has big consequences so um which which you know is like the only toothpick that leads you to dougie working for duck and todd and that's a lot that's that's weird um it is it is i mean i agree it seems like a stretch but it it also seems like potentially an implication (laughs) of this uh of this implication if you will what part was that in uh which part the uh um so like part three five i think you're talking about the uh his first day of work Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's first day at work. I think it's five, because I think four is a casino, and he goes home. And I think five... I think five is the first day. I think I'm looking at it. Tell it to your wife, Darren. Remember that? Yes. Man, what happened to that couple? I was waiting. I was ready for the whole saga with Darren and what's her name. Oh man, Rhonda, I believe. Tell it to your wife. What's her name? Um. So, are you talking about the line where he says, um, "I covered for your ass, pal. You owe me for that big time. You owe me big time for yeah. that." Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of minor. I agree, it's my... I'm not saying that that necessarily implies anything about this. Just... Mm-hmm. It says something about their relationship. Um, 
and it i think it could mean uh it could mean that you know that they were involved yeah. together in this thing or at least yeah, at least it could be consistent with that yeah it's such a it's such a minor thing that i i wouldn't want to connect it to that because that thing is huge that's a huge implication for such a line that could go anywhere you know what i mean yeah um but yeah okay no, I agree. I, I don't think it has to be true. And in a way, I don't think it matters at this point. Um, <laughs> but the line just kind of threw me, so... Well, yeah, it matters for figuring out, like, what the story is and, like, what who knows what and why. And it, I mean, is that the only reason Duncan Ta- uh, Dougie's on Duck and Todd's radar? You know, um because he has already had this pre-existing relationship with this with this um corruption and fraud you know like that that kind of significantly changes sort of the the sort of entry in the story but i guess we'll maybe get some more of that with when we find out like uh the relationship with the cops and duck and todd yeah how this all started and stuff like that yeah presumably uh yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was. I mean, I guess, I guess maybe the thing about Duncan Todd is that, like, you know, maybe he himself is not. I, I don't know. It's it's weird. It's weird that Anthony throws this in. You you think he's just trying to build up the crooked cops. By saying they're worse than, uh, worse than Todd. Yeah, and I think this 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 sort of. St- story of the show is trying to widen the scope on on the sort of drama that's going on here and saying okay well, it's not just about Duncan Todd there's a level right. above him the same way you know when Ray says they with right. Philip Jeffries it's like okay now it's just this there's a strata above him now we have to think about right so I think it's I think it's that kind of thing because um, to me it seems like Duncan Todd's whole thing there's there's two angles of Duncan Todd. One is he wants revenge against the Mitchum brothers, and he gets that through Anthony's fraudulent claims at the insurance company. Right. And then the other sort of angle is his relationship to Mr. C, which yeah. has to do with killing Dougie. Right. Uh, now there is you know potentially the you know obviously Dougie works at the insurance company. Right. Um, which is a weird coincidence um so yeah um so it makes sense that if the show is like okay we want to widen that out and have you know other people you know because clearly the corruption is not just in the in the you know like like bushnell said it's not just about the fraud at the insurance company there's like this something with law enforcement going on here right um now, I hope, like, the cops don't work for Mr. C, too, you know, or something. Yeah, yeah. It seems like they're under, I mean, I don't know, it seems like they're still under Duncan Todd, even if they're worse than him in some sense. Um, yeah, or they're, yeah, they're either on the same level or, you know, something like that. I I feel like, yeah, the the... The insurance thing is one leg of the corruption, and then, like, the police are doing something else. Uh, drugs or something. It's usually drugs, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty often. You know, Especially maybe they're... 
Yeah, maybe they're getting, you know, drugs across the border, that whole thing. Oh, yeah. Or, That'll get You know, it. selling it to the high school kids, you know. Right, usual. right. Standard. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, what else could they be into? Um, anything that we could guess from what we've seen? Do they run a hitman service? <laughs> I mean, he was able to get poisoned pretty easily. Yeah. And he works with Duncan Todd, who knows quite a few hitmen and women. Right. So maybe there's some organized assassin ring. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Could be. Um, all right. I also wanted to point out the line where he's like, I, Anthony's like, I only want to die or change. Uh, it reminded me of Gordon's whole ultimatum that he was reiterating oh, to, yeah. to Denise about fix your hearts or die. Right. Uh, it's just, uh, it's, a, it's a, well, it's one or the other. <laughs> change or die. Yep. Twin Peaks 2017. That's really, yeah, that, that is that's a pretty good summation of the whole plot. Yeah. People are trying to change, and if they don't, they die. Right. Change or die, yeah. That's actually literally what's happening with Dougie, right? If he doesn't wake up and change, he's yeah. going to die because Mr. C's going to win. Yeah. So that's interesting. Mike even said, uh, don't die. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Change. Wake up. Yeah. Yeah, wow, look at that. Weird. That's called a theme. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> I found a theme. I found a theme, yeah, well. <laughs> Stepped right on it. Nice. All right, so anything else about this uh, Anthony's tearful confession? <sighs> yeah, I guess I gotta say, like... I guess I'm a little surprised we're still getting so much Bushnell. <laughs> That's a lot of Bushnell. Yeah, Bushnell I really didn't is think... heavily featured. Yeah, I didn't think he was going to have this much to do with the plot when we when he was first introduced. I didn't either. And then once he was like, oh, you give me a lot to think about, I thought, oh, okay, I guess we won't see him too much more. And it's like, yeah, no, he's, he's quite a bit. Yeah. I do think before the end we've got to see some of his boxing moves, right? Doesn't he have to, like, beat somebody up, you know, with his old... You know, it's like, Bushnell still got it. Right, right. Battling Bud. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Battling Budhead. One more battle in him. <laughs> yeah, and I thought I thought it was going to be Anthony, you know, but mm -hmm. um, he didn't really need to do anything there. So, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's a good theory. It does seem like that... That's uh, a reasonable setup for some kind of scene where he has to he has to punch somebody. Mm hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's got to happen. So we can, uh, yeah, we can look forward to that. Whoever that's going to be, uh, you know, Hutch or uh, one of the mm -hmm. cops or you know. That's interesting. That 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 gives a sort of window because I was just thinking, you know, why would he be attacking Hutch? Maybe he's there when Hutch and Chantal try to kill Dougie. So I was just thinking, like, what if you know this whole line about Dougie Dougie implicated himself? What if like I don't know somehow 
somehow like Janie E finds out that that uh, Bushnell did something good for Dougie or gave him a promotion or something happens. And then she's like, you should come over to the house for a barbecue or something. And then, mm-hmm. like, you know, he's there when, when Chantal and Hutch come. I don't know. Yeah. Just putting up toothpicks. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Because, uh, yeah, they're more likely probably to try to kill him at home. So if, mm-hmm. um, yeah, if Bushnell's going to get involved with that, then he would have to. Uh... But, yeah, I feel like, you know, they forged a bond at this point. I mean, to, to whatever extent Dougie can bond with someone yeah um so uh so yeah i i could i could see that happening i don't think that's out of the question all right uh next scene all right let's do it okay and the next scene we go to the double r uh back to the double r bobby orders the usual Bobby goes over and talks to Norma, who's at her little table desk, um, asks about Shelly. You mean her office? Gone, yeah, that's her office. (laughs) That was made a little clearer in this little thing than I really understood from the previous things when she was sitting there. Mm -hmm. Um, Big Ed is there. We get our Big Ed reveal. Welcome, Big Ed. Um, He shows up for the first time. Um... Very uh, little fanfare, much like Audrey. Mm-hmm. Um, Bobby tells him uh, that they found some stuff of his father's, Major Briggs, today. We talked about that earlier. Um, yep. And then uh, Walter Lawford enters. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, he's there. Is that Norma's lawfully wedded husband? <laughs> yeah, I don't know uh remains to be seen but uh yeah he's there to see norma they have a little uh kiss big ed and bobby move to another table so that walter and norma can talk business uh Mm -hmm. and so then we we kind of stay with them um as big ed and bobby move to another table apparently the double r has expanded to a franchise and the other locations generally are doing pretty well, but the Twin Peaks one isn't doing as well because um, she uses, uh, I guess, more expensive, uh, better ingredients for the pies. That's apparently mm-hmm. the, key, uh, the key issue. They, they just, uh, I don't know, uh, use uh, cheap stuff at the other places, cheaper stuff. Um, he also wants her to change the name to Norma's double R. Mm-hmm. Um, she's sort of reluctant. She says she'll think about it. Um, you know, everyone knows it as double R, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, meanwhile, uh, we see Big Ed watching, I would say, uh, jealously. That's fair, but he's used to that. <laughs> That's his thing. <laughs> Yeah, he's yeah. doing that, and the, yeah, we're kind of back to, you know, <laughs> back to those old days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this was interesting. It was nice to see that Norma wasn't just sort of the owner of the Double R all this time, and she sort of expanded and, you know, to some degree grew her business acumen. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a little empire forming here. Um, 
but you know, I guess it's an open question, you know, how it started. Um, you know, cause it, it seems like she's open to other people coming to her with business ideas, but she's not, you know, just from this one scene, she's not exactly being like proactive, you know, she's no Elon Musk here. Right. You know, um, so I wonder if 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 it was sort of someone propositioned her to do one store and it's like, oh, that's so kind of you. I'll think about it, you mm-hmm. know, or was it her saying, hey, you know what I could do? I could go out there and franchise my my idea and, you know, my place. And so anyway, something about but um, I'm just still I'm upset, though. I'm upset that Ed and Norma are, are where we left them off, you know. Um, that's it's it's super disappointing, and it it begs the question: Why is it just that Ed is still with Nadine, and he could just never leave her? Right. Uh, well, hey, you, you know, know, in the next scene, we find out uh, maybe she's got someone new in her life, and maybe mm-hmm. uh, finally, I don't know, maybe she should have just gone up to talk to Doctor Jacoby a little sooner. Uh, yeah, I mean, or is it is it Norma? I mean, I mean, uh, Ed and Nadine are not together anymore, and like, like he did leave her at some point, but then by the time he left her, Norma was with this guy right. or with somebody else, so it was still bad timing. Yeah, you know, could be. It's interesting they don't make that clear though. We get, we get, we get two scenes where you know this married couple is sort of clearly into somebody else yeah yet we don't get have it be established if they're still together or not right right um yeah when we get to that scene i want to see if she's wearing a wedding a wedding ring uh not that that's going to help very much (laughs) right 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 i couldn't get this thing off you know (laughs) There's, there's any number of reasons. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it seems like Hank is probably going to be a non-presence. Um, and, you know, he was going off to jail dead. anyway. And, yeah, yeah. I mean, according to the book, he's dead. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you That's know. a good enough place for his character. There's no reason to even bring him up again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No offense, Hank. <laughs> You're a good bad boy with a leather jacket like the rest of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they, they didn't really have a place for him, I guess. Which is fine. But yeah, yeah, this is... Uh, I, I, I think it's interesting. It's sort of like... Sort of like Nadine having her drape on her place, you know. It's like mm-hmm. a kind of progression from, you know, what they, what they were before, you know. Um... Because I remember originally, like, I did initially think it was kind of, in a way, sad that, you know, Shelly is 25 years later doing exactly mm-hmm. the same job. Yeah. It's like... No ugh. offense to people whose career in food service or anything else. Sure, um, sure, sure. Yeah. Well, it begs the question but, you why, know, you know, I mean, yeah, in, it... in life it happens, and sure, why not? But also, I guess, you know, one of the night I like seeing characters sort of progress, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, like, in a way, I, I sort of wish she had gone on to do something else with her life. I don't know. <laughs> you know? Well, listen, she raised a beautiful daughter who has a lot of issues with her husband. <laughs> um, that's number one. 
Yeah, I do wonder She's involved why... involved in a supernatural drug dealer. Well, hey. It's <laughs> life dating in the big city. Um, yeah, I do wonder if Shelly... You know, why isn't Shelly running the double R? You know, why isn't Norma, you know, letting her do that? I wonder if that's a thing at all that Shelly wants to do. And she's like, Norma, you should just retire. I can run the place. Yeah. You know, I'll be the new Norma here and you can just go off and, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that would make sense. Um... Yeah, Ed didn't get a super great entrance, but he at least got a pan reveal. You at least right. got to discover him in the scene and go, yeah. wait, is that him? Oh, oh, look who that is. Instead of just like, bam, here's the character. Right. You know, like, it's a little better, but yeah. Um, Bobby and his usual, I mean, yeah, after 25 years, geez, man. How could you still eat there? I don't care how good the food is. Yeah, yeah. You've yeah. had everything. <laughs> Definitely. A million times. But, you know, Norma uses all those expensive ingredients. So Apparently. It's like it's like five-star dining at the double R. <laughs> I mean, there's no tablecloths, you know? Right. Uh, but uh, I guess the food critic isn't coming into town. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Who needs table? Speaking of Hank, right? Yeah, good point. Yeah, she oh, doesn't man. exist apparently, or who knows? I don't know. That's that's one of those weird question marks. Oh, you're saying as... Norma's mother slash um, yeah, uh, food critic, yeah. <laughs> secret food critic. Exactly. Yeah, she was she was sort of written out in the book, so she's sort of a question mark. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. It'd be interesting if they. Bring bring her up or not? Yeah, yeah. It's it's gonna be strange if they try to say. And you know, part of me is starting to think that the only reason that they acknowledged Annie is because they wanted to use her message from Firewalk with Me. Oh yeah. Oh for sure. Well, and because it's such an important message, you know. Uh, but yeah, I, I definitely think that's true. Like they were sort of forced um, the, into it. Like listen, if they could find a way to not mention Andy at the, all. The like question, they would have done that. I think the the, the question is, <laughs> you know, the show didn't write Andy out of anything. So you know, for the show, you know, it's uh, she's there. So it's it's really more about why did the book do that? In my opinion, not like how should the show cover for the book um because it's such a baffling thing and i can't wait till the show's over because you said that mark frost said right it all makes sense when the show's over so yeah. i which will be really cool i mean that's that's actually really cool like interactive kind of experience to so, like read a book and you know go to a, from a show to a book back to a show and and the show say something about you know this like big mystery from the book that'd, right. that'd be interesting and there's also the follow-up book yeah, yeah, then you'll get the follow book. Yeah. And maybe so, that maybe the answers are there too. Yeah, something. I'll have to I'll have to delve into that um when that comes out, I think like October. Um so yeah. What's we'll it, is see. it the real secret history? What's it called? The final, oh, the final dossier. The final dossier, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe 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 he'll just go full sci fi and you know, the first book is an alternate reality 
and you know after whatever happens at the end of this series you know it'll be like oh you can make alternate realities and then right. or something or time travel or something you know and then and then the, this the last book will be like the real sort of accounting and uh you know more in line with the show right 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 yeah, so, I mean, I guess, like, officially speaking, you know, Annie exists, they're not denying that, but I guess uh, what I'm still kind of suspicious about is that they sort of use her existence in the most minimal way possible, which is to say, that was it, you know? Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. she's never mentioned again. I feel like that's possible. Yeah, yeah, I mean, at this point, though, no one's really been <clears throat> in a position to mention her. You know, like, Doug Cooper's out. <laughs> you know, uh, Mr. C would could be the only one, I think, that sort of remembers where she was and in terms of, like, what we've seen so far, that he's been at the hospital, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, or I guess maybe, uh, you know, Doc could would would say something you know he knows that was norma's sister and he knows like um well i don't know if he knows about cooper and annie but i'm just thinking would he would he care about her being a patient there right <laughs> and interested in like her outcome you know or maybe she needed surgery yeah i mean it's you know what actually happened to her and how long she was there and all that stuff is would would be nice to know yeah, 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 and it just seems like, I don't know, it just seems like something that I would expect them to address. It seems like it even comes up naturally in the story, so yeah, I'm just, I'm surprised how I, little relevance yeah. it seems to have. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. I think, I think it's, if anything, it's likely to come up after Cooper comes back. Yeah, well, that would be, the, at this point, that's, yeah, <laughs> absolutely if it's ever going to come up that's going to be it but uh mm-hmm. yeah we'll see we'll see it'll it'll be i don't know i'll be i'll be surprised at this point um but you know i never thought they'd say her hey. name at all well and i didn't think agent jeffries would be a player necessarily in this plot and all that stuff and i think i think for the most part they're bringing they're bringing back the oldies so yeah I think That's she's true. got a fighting. She's got a fighting chance. That's Come true. on, Heather Graham. <laughs> <laughs> you can do it. Um. All right. So, anything else about this uh, double R thing? Bobby's usual is spaghetti and meatballs. Oh yeah, yeah, and like garlic toast or something. Well, yeah, that's a given. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Gotta have the toast. I forgot. Yeah. Um, so I was a little confused, I guess, by the recap. So with, with the, the whole pie situation. So is, is Norma's store making less money because she spent, she spends too much on her pies. So her profit is less, basically he's saying compared to the other places. Yeah. Is he is he also saying that? Because I thought that I thought there was a thing, and maybe I made it up that that her store was selling more pies than the other places. Was that a no, thing, or I did they make I that up? I don't think they said that. Okay, okay. 
I guess I inferred that from from her pies being better or something. Right. Um. Yeah. Okay. I think I was just like misunderstanding the scene when I first saw it. Okay. Yeah. All right. So basically, he's saying you are spending too much money on the pies, but I thought she said something about the recipes. What did she say about the recipes? She said she gave them the recipes and they must not be following them. And then it comes to light that they're following them. They're just not using the same quality ingredients. Okay. So I guess that's why I was thinking that meant that her pies were better. And therefore she's selling more. Of them. Yeah. I mean, it could be true and it just, yeah. it, doesn't, it still doesn't matter because the ingredients are so expensive. It makes me think, like, maybe just raise the price. I mean, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, That would be one solution. You know, if you want the special pie, you just pay more for it. Yeah. And you're getting the original Norma's pie. I mean, come on. What do you want, people? Interesting. All right. Well, there's pie finances involved on the show now, so... Or pineances, if you will. That's exactly. just sitting right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Someone had to say it. Yep. All right, so you ready uh, for the next Yeah, part we can go to the next part. All right, so we go to Nadine at Run Silent, Run Drapes. Dr. Jacoby buzzes the door, uh, and Nadine comes out. Uh, Jacoby likes the window display of the shovel, the golden shovel that she has there. Um, Nadine uh, says she's uh, been able to uh, shovel herself out of the shit. Um, Jacoby says the last time he saw Nadine, she was uh, on her hands and knees looking for a potato in the um, supermarket. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's uh, that's what happened. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, so, yeah, like we said before, uh, this um, sort of answers that question about why she has to shovel <laughs> yeah. in her store, and she's just an admirer, and from afar. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay, yeah. What else are you, what else to say about this? She does know he's Dr. Yeah, this is, I don't know, this seems like a brewing Nadine, Dr. Jacoby romance, which is kind of strange, but, mm-hmm. you know, um, maybe... Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. They both have eye apparatus. True. True. <laughs> um, so they have something in common there. Yeah. Maybe that's, uh, yeah. They're both inventors. Right, right, <laughs> good. And business people. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I mean, on paper, it looks pretty good. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> what could go wrong? Everything. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, what happens? Like, they find true love, and Dr. Amp, like, like stops hassling the man or something, or... Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yikes. 
But, you know, the idea that Nadine, you know, is giving him a lot of credit for changing her life or whatever, um, uh, and, you know, she, she, she's really shoveling herself out of it, uh, uh, suggests that um, she would not be with Ed still, I think. Yeah. Like, she moved on. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that would make sense. Um, and presumably we drinking, will find out about that. Yeah, she's always drinking shakes. She's really into those shakes. All about those shakes. Uh, she does have a ring on her on her spiritual finger. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I can't exactly tell if it's a wedding ring, but yeah. Uh, all right. Run silent. Run drapes. Run silent. Run drapes. All right. Uh, so shall we? Uh, yeah. Next from here. So then we go to Sarah Palmer uh, at home watching a repeating loop of an old boxing match and drinking. Uh, and we talked about the weirdness as far as the. Oh, um, so it's just looping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you, yeah, like, it's, yeah, it's the same short clip. It starts with, like, he hit him on the ear, he caught him on the ear, something like that. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. Right hand catches the big guy by the ear, yeah. That's where, that's where it starts. Like, there's a little, like, weird static sound, and then that, and then it plays again. I see, Um, yeah. And it ends, now it's a boxing match again. And then it goes, yeah, so you hear the bell. and So, yeah, it's uh, very strange. Um, I, I don't know uh, why, why is it doing this? Why is it repeating like that? Why is she watching that? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, watching old boxing by itself is weird enough, but watching, like, an endless short loop, uh, repeating loop of old boxing is, like, mm-hmm. I just can't, I don't know. Um, it, I, you know, now that I, based on Ray's thing, I do kind of, I do kind of not, I think Bob is still with Mr. C. So I, I don't necessarily think she's possessed by Bob or anything. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, maybe the point is that, yeah, she's just kind of, um, well, living this sad alcoholic life. I think, um, it connects to when we first saw her and she was watching the nature video with the, the lionesses mm-hmm. or whatever attacking the, the wildebeest or whatever that was. Um, it's the same kind of thing. It's the same kind of like raw violence. Uh, and so I think this is just another version of that and that might ex- sort of explain why there's okay. a clip that she's going over and over. Um, the clip when he gets like knocked down. Yeah. Okay. She's just sort of pummeling herself <laughs> in a right. way right. with that with that clip. That that's how it comes off to me. Um, that it's it sort of connects back to that that scene. Yeah, I'm also. I think we brought this up earlier, but I'm not a hundred percent convinced that this scene is actually supposed to be after the last one we saw. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> kind of seems to me like maybe it should have been before. <laughs> Because, like, it, it does seem like it's established she's out of alcohol here. Mm-hmm. And it would kind of make or, sense to follow that up with a trip to the grocery store. Or what's weird is if, like, the room she goes into, like, she goes into the kitchen where, like, the groceries could be. Because it's after the store and the, and the 
and the bag boy brought them, but but the bottle's empty because she's already gone through that. Like, right. I guess it could be that. That's weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think it. I think it does come off like it's supposed to have been before that. Yeah. Yeah. Like just another night, and then this is gonna prompt her to go to the store and get more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, it's one of those like weird isolated moments, you know. Mm-hmm. Where it feels like they're just like, well, we can just well, like, listen wherever. You know, this is actually starting to become a pattern that I don't think was really happening, at least as apparently in the first part of the series, uh, in this first season. Um, because, you know, because we have, you know, I'm thinking of all the anachronistic scenes, which is like this scene, uh, Dougie and Sonny Jim playing in the backyard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and even this, like, uh, you know, what maybe the like these double r scenes or the bobby weird. double r thing yeah the becky yeah. yeah so that's three times you know uh in two parts mm-hmm. where we've gotten these scenes that you know on some level are sort of obviously out of order or something so yeah i think that's kind of interesting uh now it could be a, just a product of you know as as the we get towards the end of the story they're going to have you know potentially more one-off scenes to 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 throw around and not have great places for so we could just be getting that just sort of a product of how they're telling the story but i wonder if you know if it you know put the crackpot theory hat on if it is some sort of um you know intentional uh structural thing that that that's kind of happening that would make sense as we keep going you know if it happens more you know like i like my like i joked we're you know reversing towards the singularity or something you know like and and time is slowly going to get weird and fractured and scenes are going to play out of order or something yeah uh we'll see yeah i mean one thing is oh good no go ahead i was gonna say if we keep getting these scenes like this um, it'll be interesting to see if we, if we see any kind of pattern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, uh, I don't know, there's there's a few, um, yeah, little, little segments like this. Um, and, yeah, the, I mean, the original, so uh, I, one thing is that, like, as the, as the series goes on, uh, you know, the more we get in Twin Peaks and the more we, have like certain storylines like progressing i mean just the more chance there is for um a continuity thing to cause a problem like you know earlier in the series like not that much was established so they could show an Mm -hmm. ice scene like this like we had a scene just like this early on and it was you know there was no sort of reason to think anything about it in terms of timeline Mm -hmm. so i feel like that's that's one problem just you know, yeah, as they insert these later, there's just more of a chance that it causes a conflict. Yeah, that's what I mean by saying, like, as we get later into the show, they're just going to have all these parts of stories to just throw places. Yeah. And, yeah, it'll just uh, not really make sense. Yeah, yeah. We just kind of have to... <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It makes me wonder about... about the the editing like it's it's um i like i sort of wonder what would the 18 hour version be you know um like having to edit it into something like hour chunks like how did that affect 
mm-hmm. you know, the editing that would have been different if it was literally an 18 hour movie mm-hmm. all cut together at once, you know? Yeah. How many road, uh, roadhouse scenes could we be spared? You know? Yeah. For example. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's definitely a good example of like stuff. They are, they're just dropping in wherever, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, those, those roadhouse scenes, you know, um, aside from the ones with the actual Twin Peaks characters, the the ones with the random characters, I mean, yeah, that could be that could be now, earlier. It, it doesn't. There's no reason why. <laughs> never, be, never. Yeah. Hey, even better. Uh. So yeah. Um. Uh. It's weird. Um. Maybe it'll make sense at the end, and maybe it'll just be like this is a crazy project. Um. And it's just it's just a bit all over the place timeline wise. Um, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, all right. So are you ready for the next? Scene? Yep. All right. So. Whew. So we go. Uh, we go back to Audrey, Audrey and Charlie, and pick up where we left off, more or less. Uh, Audrey wants to know uh, what Tina said. Um. And Charlie is, uh, you know, not very responsive as usual. And Audrey says she feels like she's somewhere else and somebody else. And she thinks she's not herself. And she asks what she's supposed to do. And Charlie says, uh, go to the roadhouse and find out about Billy. And Audrey asks, is it far? Charlie says, you know where it is. And Audrey (laughs) says, where is it? And Charlie says he'll take her there. Is she going to stop playing games? Or do I have to end your story too? Uh, Yikes. What story is that, Charlie? Mm -hmm. Uh, We get our titular line, sort of titular line there. Um, Audrey sits down. Uh, Charlie says, now it looks like you want to stay. And she's like, I want to go and I want to stay. And, um... Uh, she asked Charlie which one he would be. I didn't really understand that. Uh, she also says it's like Ghostwood here. Don't understand that. And she cries. Yeah. Thank you, good night. <laughs> yeah. This is also, you know, playing into my reverse singularity theory. Um... Where, you know, which is kind of like that idea from season two, where as we got towards the end, people's hands were shaking and stuff like like as the story goes on, like weirder things are happening. Yeah. Uh, And all of a sudden she's just weird now. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, last time, you know, uh, we talked about it. The you know, the theories were flying about Audrey in terms of um She's she's still in a coma and it's all in her head. Um, mm-hmm. You know she's it's it's like a spoiler alert. It's like a Shutter Island thing. She's in some kind of institution, and um, this is Leo DiCaprio of, Shutter Island. Yeah, <laughs> he was dead the whole time. <laughs> all right, spoiler alert. Y'all, patience number fifty-seven. <laughs> <laughs> That's a line from Classic. the movie. 
but yeah, uh, you know, there, there's some other, th- like, she's the acting thing. I don't really believe that. But I, I really didn't buy it last week. I really just thought, mm-hmm. like, oh, it's a weird scene. But, you know, a lot of scenes on Twin Peaks are weird. It doesn't have to mean that it's some kind of there's some kind of extra level to the scene or whatever, but, uh, it, after this, I really started starting to think that it's true, that there is something weird going on here. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, uh, to me, based on what I'm seeing here, I'm feeling the shutter Island scenario. Um, that like, maybe she's been committed to some kind of institution, maybe something to do with, uh, <laughs> you know, the Richard stuff, um, uh, maybe after what happened to her when she was in a coma, I don't know, um, maybe something more recent, but, um, yeah, but, and, and that she's, she's here, like, acting out these fantasies or something. I mean, this injure story too. It's like, what the fuck? Like it's, this is some kind of contrived scenario. So it really does feel like that to me. It's weird that she doesn't know where the roadhouse is. Like, like Mm -hmm. is it far? Like that was, that was the thing that made me think, well, maybe they, maybe they aren't in Tweet Peaks or maybe they're not right by the roadhouse as I had originally assumed um mm-hmm. you know were are they ever really gonna leave you know um, well yeah so i mean i agree generally that you know the, the the previous scene uh with audrey was suspect but you know it just seemed like a normal weird scene this had this ratcheted it up by a factor of 10 yeah and um it you know you you at least have to i think i think this scene warrants the question what's going on with reality i don't think the previous scene does yeah uh but so um that's why i'm on board now one one thing you have to connect it to is you know what is what they're what they're saying and does it connect to the real world right so that's what i can't get over we that, know that Billy's missing. The Billy thing, yeah, like that seems yeah. to be based so it in can't reality. Be, it can't be like a dream, like a real, like a what you might expect a typical dream to be. Or she's still in a coma. I don't think it's that. Now this idea that like this is all real, this is a real place. They're in, you know, you know, objective reality, um, but this is some sort of therapy where she's paying this guy to pretend to be her husband so she can deal with something and she can leave whenever she wants to or something, but she doesn't really want to leave her reality here. Right. Um, this game that they're playing or this story that they're playing out. Like, that's weird. Um, but, you know, if if this is, you know, the the, the one thing that would drive a character to do something so over the top is uh you know coming across mr c uh so i think you know if this is supposed to be like her therapy for for potentially being raped or something yeah you know and 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 having having uh if she knows that richard you know is his kid too that's another mind fuck so that you know that i could maybe buy um that's it, it, crazy but but maybe i could i could buy that as as something uh 
um, that would explain explain this. You know, this whole thing about it, it, it feeling like Ghostwood is crazy. Yeah. Because I, I feel like it's like okay, Audrey. Since when did you have anything weird to say about Ghostwood? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like the fact that it's like on our minds now because Jerry's tripping out there. Right. It seems like, oh, now you're going to come say that and make mm-hmm. us think like, okay, we're supposed to be thinking about that. But it's like, she, I don't remember any history she has of like thinking Ghostwood is weird. Yeah, uh, you know, besides like the lore, you know, the sort of mythology that, yeah. that they, you know, urban legends with, that the town knows or whatever. Right. So that's kind of weird. Um, uh and yeah she says it and it's a really it's a really weird it makes it, it the scene was already weird and then she says that yeah uh which is like has she gotten lost out in ghostwood before did what happened to jerry happen to her before mm-hmm. is her foot her foot you know these kind of very basic questions <laughs> um yeah but yeah i i'm very very reluctant to think that this is a dream and she's still in a coma and and yeah i'm 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 very reluctant to to think that i think if anything it's this sort of like psychological thing you know he did mention a contract you know uh so again like maybe she agreed to this therapy and some stipulations or something it's weird that the story is like ripped from the headlines though it's weird that it 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 seems to correspond with things that really happened um but it, it would kind of help with, like, the the flurry of random names, you know? It would make that seem, like, a little bit more reasonable if, like, none of those people matter because it's just a contrived scenario. Except mm-hmm. for Billy, you know, where it seems like well, Billy's I mean, you have a to, real character. You have to deal with the fact Billy's a real character. You have to deal with the fact that, you know... Um, uh, what's his name? Charles? What's this guy's name? Charlie. Um, Charlie. He called somebody, right? I mean, I right. think he talked to Tina. Was it Tina he was supposed to That's talk to? That's what it seemed like, yeah. So, I mean, was that supposed to be acting? Or are they paying someone else to pick up the phone? You know, like, that's... You'd right. have to go down that road with the psychological thing, and that's kind of weird. Yeah. And I guess the coma theory could be something weird, like, this is going to sound ridiculous, but... You know, uh, uh, Miriam was in the hospital, uh, and, you know, obviously she was attacked by Richard Horn, and, you know, maybe Audrey's, like, in an adjacent room or something, and, like, some police officer, you know, whoever from the sheriff's department or something, they're talking Mm -hmm. about, oh, yeah, and there's this guy, Billy, he's missing, and... You know, the last one to see him was Tina. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like it's like she's overhearing it and like incorporating it into her, you know, sort of crazy coma dream delusion. Well, listen. First, I want to applaud your uh, storytelling acrobatics. I mean, that was that was some diligent work trying to make that make sense, and I think you succeeded. Um, <laughs> that was some acrobatics there uh valiant effort um one of the things though this this theory you're posing has to satisfy is how does she give birth to richard if she'd been in a coma this whole time well yeah she would have to give birth in the coma i guess (laughs) like she never met him she never knew about him Mm -hmm. yeah 
it makes that part weird. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it's... I, I, I don't really think it's the coma thing. Uh, but if she's in some institution, then I don't understand. Did she really have an affair with Billy? Like, I just... I. I mean, she she, she, you you could loosen the constraints of the psychological test, uh, you know, program idea and and say she she can still live her normal life. She's just somehow living part of it through this way, you know, Um, that, that I think that's the only way to make that work, you know, so she can still sort of come and go as she pleases or whatever, you know, um, this is just like extended therapy, you know, or something like that. Uh, so, um, but you know, I'm going to, I'm going to just hold, hold firm to the belief that this is normal reality. This is not a psychological program. Um, this is more of, um, not necessarily Audrey's world being weird, but more that we're seeing sort of, uh, the effects, you know, become a pattern, like some wider range of weirdness that's going on, you know, perhaps like, you know, the Laura vision to, to Gordon and, mm-hmm. and, you know, Gordon's hand was sort of shaking and, uh, you know, the, uh, uh, you know, the, the sick kid in the car right. and, you know, the, the sort of slow buildup of strange sort of things happening, um, in and around Twin Peaks, you know, of late, um, I, I, I'm going to put it under that umbrella and say that's why it's being, you know, whatever's happening with Jerry in the woods, you know, and she connected it to Ghostwood, too. So I think right. I think we're supposed to connect those two things. And so I'm going to say, yeah, it's not that she's in an alternate state of reality or consciousness or that this is a psychological testing. It's, it, that's that's a tough one. Um, it's just this is, you know, something weird's going on. This is real reality, but something is affecting her strangely right now uh yeah that's what i'm gonna go with yeah 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 i i don't i uh, i'm i'm not really happy with any i'm not really happy with any theory that i've heard um because they all have problems uh since when are you happy with theories What a luxury. Ah, occasionally, you know, occasionally one sounds believable to me and, and I can I can kind of get behind it. But yeah, I can't quite reconcile all the elements here because uh, it, it really feels strongly to me like this is a contrived thing, but also a real thing. So yeah, I'm just, I'm kind of stuck there. Uh, I don't know. I don't really know what to think. Um because but... don't forget, you know, this is not unlike what happened with Maddie. You know, Maddie had a sort of similar crisis of reality where, you know, and, and like identity, I guess, you know, um, that whole thing about, you know, I, I know I'm Laura's cousin and I love her. Right, it's all right. I know, you know, and I, I just got to town and, you know, it's just like her world seemed like a dream at times, too. Right. Um, so I feel like it's, you know... If anything, it should connect to something we've seen before. And I just think if it was, if this was a dream, it'd be clear it was a dream, you know? Yeah. Um, you know? Yeah, I agree with that. That's why I'm, I'm more inclined to, to make it, it, it is taking place in, in the real world, just, but that there's something, uh, there's something, um, 
yeah, contrived or scripted or something. There's uh, some element of this is is not just normal life playing out. Um, mm -hmm. There's some kind of program happening here, but maybe something to do with the contract. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I I I still don't I, I still don't feel fully satisfied with. Any theory, but this this scene made me think that, that that was a possibility in a way that the previous one didn't. So, yeah, um, I I will, uh, yeah, I'll give it that. Um, it's this is strange, strange storyline. Uh, I think it makes sense for it to tie into the bigger thing, and and you know, if Audrey really is Richard Horn's mother, which I think she is, you know, I mean, that that could be, I mean, that could mean she has maybe some more significant role in the, in the larger plot since clearly mm -hmm. Richard has some significance, um, you know, based on the giants, uh, thing at the beginning. So, uh, yeah. yeah. So I, I think, you know, uh, it could, it could be going somewhere that, that kind of and ties in. It's also, you know, descriptive of Dougie's Cooper situation too, you know, sort of being somebody else, um, the, you know, all that duality stuff. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. The weird, yeah, identity crisis or something. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. All right. So you ready to... Uh... <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. So we go to the roadhouse, our obligatory roadhouse uh, bid here, and tonight it's a very special performer. We have James Hurley, uh, James Hurley and the two young ladies, I don't know. James um, Hurley and then not Maddie and not Donna. Definitely not Maddie. <laughs> there you go. There you go, yeah, um... Uh, performing his classic hit, Just You. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, we have... In parentheses, and I. <laughs> and I, yeah, exactly. Uh, and we have uh, Renee from... Um, I think that was part two. She was in the booth with um, Shelly. When, uh -huh, when, okay. when she says, uh, James has always been cool. Like She says, like I think he's looking at you. He's got a thing for you or something like that. Mm -hmm. um so yeah this is her uh, and she's clearly uh affected by the performance as we all were <laughs> yes <laughs> we he's are all cool. see look he's still cool <laughs> so cool what i what i love about this uh in a way that i think is just hilarious is that you know so in the original i think maybe we mentioned this at some point but it's this funny thing that like they they sit in the living room it's james mm -hmm. and maddie and donna and they're like, okay, we're going to do the song. And like, you know, it's like, quote unquote, diegetic. The idea is they're actually performing it there uh, yeah. live. If you actually know how to listen to music, though, you can yeah. hear that there's a bass track and there's a oh, drum yeah. track. Uh -huh. And there's just no way. <laughs> they're not, they're not, they're not playing that. And then you go, well, are they, you know, this doesn't make sense, but are they recording the vocal track on top of that stuff, you know, right. like that's where you'd have to logically go to try to make it fit. But right. it's really just that it switches between 
you know, diegetic and non-diegetic or whatever. Right. Because the guitar uh, seems like it's supposed to be him playing the guitar. Oh, for sure. Uh, but the other stuff, yeah. So it's just, so the thing that that's funny is that it's the same setup here. It's James and the I two completely agree. I women. thought the same thing. I'm like, you still don't have a backup band. They like could easily have a drummer and a bassist there. They've had so mm-hmm. many bands there. Like, yeah. I, like, but then it wouldn't it wouldn't be as big of a callback to the original yeah. performance, you True. know, with with James and two and two girls. Yeah, yeah, they I, they really got me with this. I was not expecting this whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is the kind of thing like you know this weird hit of nostalgia, like really like calling back hardcore, mm-hmm. and you know. The whole song. I mean, even more of the song. Yeah, even more of the song. We got in the original. It's like we got it beginning to end, and uh, yeah, it's like I guess the series has been so far from my expectations, and so different from the original series, and so not, um, you know, trying to go for like reliving the old series that like yeah. it just caught me completely off guard. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just couldn't believe that literally the whole thing was happening, that, that James was performing there, that he was doing this song, that we were hearing the whole song. Mm-hmm. It was just like, wow, you know, I mean, God, I, if, if Maddie and Donna could have been there. <laughs> I, it, for, they're looking for, uh, from the Black Lodge, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, I guess Donna's not necessarily dead. <laughs> True. Um... But yeah, I agree. I agree. It was, um, you know, I think when they had uh, Rebecca Del Rio play, that was a, a similar hit of nostalgia. Oh, yeah, this yeah. weird like meta callback thing. But yeah, this Definitely. having James, you know, especially considering we've seen so many people like random people playing at the Roadhouse. Yeah. Uh, it, it was surprising not only to get this call back but the idea that that james plays there from time to time yeah. was like i had something i didn't think about that's the fact that he even still knew the song right you know i'm like i could totally see him going wow i haven't played that song since laura died mm-hmm. you know whatever you know like yeah. it's just not a thing anymore um so that was kind of surprising too this idea that he's this is still a thing he does right yeah. And I feel like this is the only song he can play on guitar, right? That's kind of what I was thinking, too, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, song. gosh, no, this is the only song I ever learned. Like, this is, you know, there's no no need to do anything else. <laughs> yeah, and I was actually a little surprised, and I guess this would have just been overkill for the callback, but I was surprised one of the girls... Um, oh, no, never mind, never mind. I was thinking one of the girls should have been blonde, but no, they were both brunettes. yeah. Uh, so it works. Never mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is overkill. Yeah, yeah. They definitely got the they got the visual yeah. happening. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. Wow. It's and it's such a it's such a dreamy song, you know. So coming after yeah. this Audrey scene where you're like, is this a dream? Mm-hmm. And then you go into this other dream like reality of this like song that just like repeats and repeats and. Mm-hmm lulls you off to god knows where <laughs> yeah 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 it's got that weird 50s thing mm-hmm. happening um but yeah not a not a normal structure it's kind of yeah it's just it just kind of goes on and on mostly repeating, mm-hmm. like you said there is like a bridge section 
Yeah. Um, but it's pretty much just that one part. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's it. I mean, hey, you know, whatever works, but... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but this was, uh... This was definitely a strange moment. Um, and, yeah, having a character after all these bands, it's like Nine Inch Nails one week, and now it's James. James Hurley. Yeah, like, wow. What? Mm-hmm. Like, that's, uh, I mean, no offense, but it's just kind of a step down in terms of, you know, <laughs> drawing power, <laughs> you mean, I would You think. mean for Nine Inch Nails? Yeah, exa exactly. Come on. Yeah. No one can compete. I, listen, I think there's more people here for James's show than for Nine Inch Nails. <laughs> I don't know. It's hard to tell. He's a local favorite, you know? He's a local legend, yeah. I was just going to say, yeah. Yeah. They like their... <laughs> like their hometown heroes why not mm -hmm. they can have that um you know speaking of the roadhouse i just realized we haven't had another story point from uh from jean michel yeah true. um and his whole scheming right yeah yeah they paid for two or they gotta pay for two mm -hmm. yeah 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 they haven't gone back to that that was yeah We'll see. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I don't know how much. I just I mean, imagine him like stiffing James on paying him for this performance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could see that. I could see that. <laughs> you say you saying one one lyric for twenty what? minutes. Yeah, I know. What you want me to pay you for that? <laughs> I don't even know what that was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could see that happening. <laughs> All right. All right, well, uh, last stop. So we go to Big Ed's gas farm. We see Big Ed sitting there alone eating some soup, I guess. And he burns a uh, piece of paper, I guess. Um, that's about it. <laughs> Credits roll. Oh, man. Ed, Ed, Ed. What happened? What, what happened? What happened, Ed? Where where did the time go? <laughs> um, yeah, what a sad ending. I mean, you already ended with the saddest song ever written. Yeah. You know, and then we we go to we go to this sad, you know. Yeah, lonely. Life yeah. un life unlived. Yeah. You know, what it reminds me of this, especially just him sort of being at his business with life passing him by. It reminds me of uh, you know Robert Forrester, uh, who's also on this show. Uh, in uh, Jackie Brown. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, at the end, where he just sort of lets you know this big. Oh, he lets a woman get away. It's the same thing, actually. Now that I think about it, yeah, it's not just similar. It's like kind of the exact same thing. You're right. Where he's just sort of stuck at his business, and he's sort of knowing the mistakes he's made. Norma's his but Jackie he's... Brown. Yeah, Norma's his Jackie Brown. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes uh, Mr. C is uh, Samuel Jackson. Um, <laughs> Ordell. This, with Ordell, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's totally Ordell. <laughs> and Chantal is British Fonda. Yep, yep. I was <laughs> and they were both that. in they were both in uh, single white female together. So there's a there's a Hollywood oh, connection. Yeah, that's true. That's um, yeah. Then then Hutch is. <laughs> Hudge is Robert De Niro. Right, right. <laughs> Lewis, yeah. Why is this plot line Jackie Brown? 
why is there so much Jackie Brown on Twin Peaks? Yeah, it's strange. I think you're, I think you're about to crack the code here. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Ray is um, um, uh, Chris Tucker's character <laughs> that he kills. <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah, I could see that. Um, who else is there? That's like all the characters. Um, yeah, I think that's like all the main characters, right? More or less. Yeah, wow. Anyway, just this thought of that, uh, it reminded me of that whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Because it's the same thing. But anyway, yeah, it's, it's tough. So I'm really hoping that since they're sort of coming back to where they left off, uh, with, with, with these characters sort of unrequited love or un fulfilled love or whatever mm-hmm. um i hope that means it'll be different by the end <laughs> right i hope that means something will prompt them to change and you know we do have uh hurricane dougie in las vegas you know raining positivity on all those around him right so if he does come to twin peaks either in dougie form or cooper form maybe that will be the catalyst uh right. For 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 um, good old Ed to uh, step up to the plate. Mm-hmm. Get rid of old uh, what's his name? God, I already forgot. Uh, mm-hmm. Walter something. Yeah, yeah, Walter Lawford. I'm not can. I think there'd be a nice little twist on his character if he's like secretly stealing from her or something like that. Yeah, like he's yeah. like he's like Hank. And he's doing the same thing Hank did was to, yeah. you know, try to just like make money through Norma's business, you know, right. and has all these bright ideas, yeah. you know. Um, so I wonder if he's like going to be that character and that'll be when they break up, she'll she'll figure it out or something. Yeah, yeah. That sounds possible. I can see that happening. What, what do you think the thing he's burning is? I couldn't. I thought it was just the piece of paper uh, is it you think it's something you know they don't think it's anything yeah i don't think it has to be but I, I don't know where did he get it from i don't know does he just have it in his hand let me say and watch it i so he's just it's just uh i think he and norma have the same telephone <laughs> very similar it's an old phone old phone Lynch loves his old phones. Uh, I remember someone was like, because uh, Charlie used a rotary phone, they were like, that, see, it's clearly, it's clearly a dream. It's oh, like, no. <laughs> Lynch loves old ass phones. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows that. Yeah, he, yeah, okay. Yeah, he had the note, the this piece of paper sort of on, yeah, sort of in front of him. So, yeah, I, I, I mean, if anything, it, it does seem significant, so... Uh, it was maybe a letter to Norma. Yeah. We need to talk. They've done that before. Yeah, they, yeah. That's the most logical thing. That's kind of what I was thinking, but, um... Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting that they have a a Roadhouse performance, but it's not the credits, you know? Mm -hmm. It's, like, right before the credits. Mm Mm-hmm. And it involves a character. They're continuing to come up with twists on the formula. Yeah. It's, it's they're it's, still keeping that fresh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. They didn't... ish <laughs> <laughs> sure 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 to a to an extent but but still yeah it's not as 
repetitive as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Uh, when the first few came out and it was, it sort of seemed like, um, they were doing a like specific thing every time. Yeah. That, um, that would have really drug. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Dragged. It's dragged. Yeah. Dragged. <laughs> I think. Yeah. Have dragged. Yeah. Cause it's, uh, yeah. Yeah. I think it's to have driggened is the correct. <laughs> just, you didn't like that one. Yeah, maybe they can say that in Ireland or something, but <laughs> not here. All right, take that, Ireland. No offense. Um, all right, so well. So there we are. What a weird episode. Yeah. Yeah, this episode was weird. I don't know what to make of it. I don't. I don't really know what to make of it. Huh. <laughs> uh, and we just did a podcast on it, and they still don't know what to make of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, we had some good stuff. We had some... Like, was it good? Uncertain stuff. I, I don't think it was great. It wasn't the, the best. It wasn't the most exciting. But, um, you know, it didn't, like, sort of actively bother me the way uh, Part 10 did, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I enjoyed the the Mr. C stuff, the Ray stuff, you know, that was interesting plot development. Um, you know, we moved forward the Dougie storyline, which is always good. Um, and, you know, I enjoyed some of these, uh, you know, Twin Peaks moments, relatively speaking, uh, just you and I was uh, amusing. The Audrey scene was kind of interesting. I would say overall it was a decent episode. Um, you know, not not one of the best, but not not one of the worst for me. Just kind of like fine. Mhm. Mhm. You know. Yeah, I'll buy that. Yeah. Well, I so uh, listeners may know this by now, but uh, the next part was accidentally aired. Um, oh, yeah. before it was supposed to in Europe, so some people have seen part 14 so I'm very interested to see uh, what every, what a lot of other people have already All seen. people are talking about, yeah Mm-hmm And yeah. uh, yeah, I hope that doesn't happen again. That's, I mean, I haven't uh, read any spoilers about it, but but yeah um, it's, it's weird. It's, they really they really fucked up <laughs> Like, oh man, I would be so irritated. Yeah, especially people who watched it thinking it was 13. Yeah. And, I mean, at what point do you realize it's not, right? Because you're going to be watching it, and then it's going to be weird just on a continuity level of like, huh? Like, you're going to see stuff they haven't set up. Right. Um, And then you're going to see stuff that's like, this is happening? Huh? Yeah. Yeah, that that must have been such a and then you have to like when you realize the mistake, you have to sort of parse out your experience of the show from the mistake, you know, it's right. uh, Yeah. Yeah, it sucks. All right. Well, um on that note, yeah. Another one, another one goes by. Only uh, five left. That's Counting crazy. Down. Yeah, That's crazy. We're, we're getting to endgame territory at a certain point here. Yeah, it was a slow build. I feel like the first couple of... The first, like... It took, seems like it took forever to get to the first ten. 
and now it's yeah. like it seems like the these this this last eight is going pretty fast yeah um yeah definitely all right well thanks for listening we'll be back next time thank you see you next time